since the dawn of time, there's been geeks. People that are viewed a little bit unique, a little bit different. Uh, they dance to the beat of a different drum. And uh, these people, they have not always been accepted by the public. And you know what? I like to think that even back in the days of the caveman, that the one that created fire, that was the first geek. When all the other cavemen were out there hunting and, you know, bonking women over the head, cave women over the head, dragging them back to their cave. I'd like to think that the geek caveman was somewhere, you know, deep in a cave. He's drawing cave drawings, you know, early cave drawings. Maybe like the first comic book, for all we know. But you know what? Since then, geeks have come a long way. It's 2014, bitches. And every year, geeks, nerds, cosplayers, Trekkies, Dungeon Masters, Jedis, Padawans, superheroes, and villains get together for one weekend to get to see all the latest news about comic books, movies, and entertainment. They get to get up close and personal with the creators and the stars of all their favorite properties. And this year is no different. We've come a long way since the days of the caveman. So ladies and gentlemen, strap yourselves in because myself, Jake and Frank are going to dive into San Diego Comic-Con 2014! Damn that boy can sing. He must be crazy. He good. He must be crazy. Episode 52. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about pop culture and all that. Makes us happy like shooting at a wall. It's a trap. Good it, toss it, good it, taste it. Do we love it? Hey, let's face it, can't erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture. Carry over counterculture. Pushovers, pop culture. Leftovers. And the uncool kids. What's to say has already been said. Leftovers. sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers. Are, are, are you ready for the only podcast hotter than a human torch? It's Pop Culture Leftovers. Five, four, three, two, one. Hey, welcome to Pop Culture Leftovers, the only podcast that sounds even better the second day after it's been uploaded. I'm Brian. I am Jake. And, and we're, we're the Leftovers. leftovers. Yeah. All right, yeah. So uh Frank, I think that's the most on cue I've ever been at, that the, is. <laughs> at the beginning. Yeah, you're on point, man. Um Frank is uh back in uh back in the house. What's going on, Frank? Not a whole lot. Good to be here. SDCC baby. Woo Yeah. Don't ever do that again. <laughs> yeah, because like you were like, great to be here. SDC woo. It just got progressively sadder. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to contain my excitement. Don't contain excitement. <laughs> and no one wants to hear your wet noodle of excitement. <laughs> whoa, whoa. <laughs> yeah, I'm so fucking pumped. Yeah, this week uh, we are covering all things San Diego Comic-Con, all the news that came out of Hall H and the coverage uh, from the rest of the con. Uh, we are not going to be covering any emails this week uh, unless they pertain to you know anything at the con. 
Um, but uh, we'll be doing emails next week. So Yeah, tell us everything we said wrong about the last two episodes next week. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, we are going to have uh, an abbreviated uh, good pop, bad pop, uh, good pop, bad pop this week because uh, most of it's going to be San Diego Comic-Con coverage. Yeah, definitely. So, But, yeah, we did see some movies this week, so did want to talk about a few of the movies that we did see. So that's what we're going to do, good pop, bad pop. If I can find the fucking sound clip, that's why I keep rambling on here. It it's, our, it's our second annual Oh yeah, it's our San Diego and, Comic Con yeah. episode. We yeah, I know. Wow, it's a two year tradition, Jake. Yeah, two year <laughs> I got um, I got the champagne glasses. So <laughs> yeah. play this cue, and we'll we'll pour our drinks. Frank is the only one that did show up in a tuxedo, though. Frank is fair. in a tuxedo. He I looks know. great. He looked sure. really nice. He looking, cleaned up real nice. Looking like a dapper motherfucker. Hell yes, motherfuckers. <laughs> what? <laughs> I said hell yes, motherfuckers. <laughs> Gotta be ready for this shit. You better watch your mouth, Frank. Your aunt's gonna. Not gonna like that kind of language. <laughs> yeah, what's up? <laughs> what's up with Aunt Myrna? <laughs> she's she's like totally new to Facebook, and she's like in her late sixties, yeah. and. She she for some reason I thought I thought she was like suffering from dementia. <laughs> she could be. I've never met the woman. She I think she lives in like Florida or some shit. I think she but, lives yeah. in a state of <laughs> her own of her own being. <laughs> Hell yes. And I, uh, I I'm pretty sure she thought that this was like a band or something. And she's she like, has, yeah, she's talking about karaoke. Do you need a singer? I'm like, uh, yeah. I, <laughs> we're talking about episode 51 being up, and all of yeah. a sudden your aunt Myrna gets on there. <laughs> <laughs> what, what's this all about? Is this about uh, what is this? Well, how do I get in on this? Is this like a, a karaoke event that everybody's right, right. going to? And then like your tone, like it was just a Facebook post, and you responded. But I could totally get your tone from it. It was like Aunt Myrna, <laughs> <laughs> like 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 you're holding her brittle hand. And you're kind of like walking her through this, like Aunt Myrna. Come on, <laughs> right? This is a podcast. It's kind of like radio. You had to explain like the whole podcast. I did. I had to put it in context so she would understand. She doesn't even know it's me. She thinks I'm my dad because we have the same name, right? Oh. So I'm, I'm like trying to be as nice as I can. So Aunt yeah. Myrna, you need to get off Facebook, <laughs> right? <laughs> the like is nice. It's great that you have right. interest, but no, don't yeah. comment anymore, yeah. please. Yeah, sorry to bring that up, Frank. That that just cracked me up. No, that's okay. That it, it was on. it was out there, you know. Because <laughs> I had no idea it was like a relative of yours, and like I replied to her, like, "Are you talking about the podcast?" <laughs> right. Yeah, I figured I had to jump in and kind of save her a little bit before everybody's like, "Who the hell is this broad? And what the fuck is she talking about?" Right. Yeah, I thought there was gonna be like a flame war there. Right yeah, no <laughs> on the internet. Yeah, well, it's, it happens. So yeah, all right. Uh, everything San Diego Comic Con, but we are going to start off with some good pop, bad pop. It's time for more leftover reviews with good pop, bad pop. All right, so uh, let's see here. Uh, we do rate things. Uh, on the show, and if it's your first time listening, <coughs> excuse me. Sorry. Wow. Right in the middle of my rating system drop. This is a good time to clear my throat. <laughs> good. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to move a face away as far Tonight's as Tonight's first bad pop. <laughs> right. Frank's actions on the podcast. Oh, man. <laughs> Toss it. I'm, I'm in trouble with this podcast. <laughs> I, <laughs> if I could stop laughing. 
All right. Uh, anyway, yeah. Uh, anyway, if it's your first time listening, we do have a rating system. Uh, Frank, you need to cough now. I, no, no, I'm good. I, I think all my good. bodily functions are all under control. If it's your first time listening, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we want we want you to be familiar with our rating system, so I'm gonna play that uh, that drop here. Frank, get a cough. Are you good? I'm straight. All right. The rating system is simple. If the leftovers don't like something, they toss it. If they do like something, they suggest you taste it. And if it's brilliant, it gets a Tupperware rating. If all the leftovers love it, then it gets the pinnacle of success: a Tupperware party. All right, so uh, yeah, we are going to be rating things throughout the podcast. Maybe even some uh, announcements that were made at San Diego Comic Con. Yeah, that's good stuff. Tupperware, the or you know some of the stuff that we saw, the teasers and trailers and yeah. announcements. Yeah, we'll try to get to some of that uh, rating, some of that stuff. So uh, I saw for Good Pop Bad Pop, I saw Hercules this week, uh, directed by Brett Ratner from the X Men: The Last. <laughs> Rut row. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and the Rush Hour movies. So. Yeah, he did the worst uh, Hannibal Lecter movie, in my opinion, too. Which one was that? The remake of Red Dragon. Uh, oh, I missed that. Yeah, I didn't like that at all. Ralph Fiennes was in it. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I thought it was okay. Yeah. Oh, I couldn't stand it. Really? Yeah. Um, all right, so here we go, Hercules. Uh, you guys remember the, when you were younger, watching like the old Conan and Red Sonja movies as a kid? Oh, oh yes. yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you guys like those Yeah, movies? I love those oh, movies. Oh, yeah. Okay. I remember them being like a ton of fun when I was a kid. Uh, they always had like the the, the, ca- the cast of characters, like the, the, the ragtag group that would fucking hang out with, you know, Conan. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, Co- yeah, do you know uh, Red Sonja, that is not Conan in that movie. He played like a different warrior. What now? In the Red Sonja film? Yeah. Um, go to IMDb and double check on that for me if your internet's working. But I believe that um, Arnold Schwarzenegger in the Red Sonja film was not Conan. He was a, just a different warrior. So I, I see what you're saying now. I think you're right. I can't remember what his name was. Yeah, they never referred to him as like Conan. He was just a different warrior. And Wilt Chamberlain, yeah, Wilt Chamberlain he was in the second Conan movie, right? think he was in the second one i know he was in yeah calador is his name yeah he was calador um oh but uh good news on the comic book front they are doing a um a uh, conan red sonia crossover that's uh, in the comic books written by uh gail simone oh that's awesome and uh, doing red sonia and teaming up with brian wood is off the project apparently and they're getting is it zeb wells Oh, he's good. Yeah. They've so. had a lot of good writers in the Conan franchise for a long time. Yeah. I know Kurt Busiek did a bunch of stuff with the Conan franchise. Yeah. You know, that may have been like eight, ten years ago, but. I was a big fan of the Brian Wood stuff. Yeah. So. I loved that shit from when I was a kid. That and Kroll and, uh, fuck. I can't remember what else. Yeah, Kroll was a good one. That's good. But in those movies, they always had like your, your big warrior and then there was like a female warrior. You know, you had a thief, a wizard. You know, they were just a ton of fun for me watching them as a kid. And as an adult, I realized that, you know, these weren't cinematic masterpieces. But, you know, watching Arnold Schwarzenegger swing a sword as big as my leg or cold cock a camel in the face was just fun. You know what I mean? Yeah. That scene where he gets drunk and the camel looks at him weird and he punches it in the face and knocks it out. Fuck yeah. Shit was funny, dude. It was They were just fun fantasy adventure movies. 
Um, so that's why I wanted to see The Rock and Hercules. Uh, so did it live up to my childhood experiences watching Conan and Red Sonja? All right. Now, what can I say about this movie? It is not your traditional Hercules movie. Uh, it's not the traditional story about him being the son of Zeus. Uh, that, it, that does come into play. From the trailer, you don't really get to see what the tone of this movie really is. There is a lot more comedy in this movie than any of the trailer footage suggests. Um, and how did that work out in the film? Really well, actually. Um, I had a lot of fun with Hercules. The characters are fun. You get the rock as Hercules, and he's jacked in the film. I heard he was eating like seven meals a day. Wow! Yeah, to get, I was to get you know ready to play Hercules in this film. I was watching uh, his Twitter feed when he was doing the filming, and uh, he was working out. I think three and four times a day. He was eating seven times a day, eating like rice, fish. I mean, he posted his meal. Uh, plan while he was doing this, it was intense. He put a lot of work into his physique for it. I know that. Yeah, yeah, he looked really good in the film, and, and he did a great job at playing a different kind of Hercules that we haven't seen in another film. You've got your Amazonian female Amazonian warrior. She fights alongside Hercules, as well as this guy named Tidius. He was a man. He was raised by animals. And he at times reminded me of the Tasmanian devil in the <laughs> way that he would fight and act and stuff like that. Uh, the humor, though, in this film, it's, it's not over the top. It actually works for me because it did remind me of all those Conan movies that I grew up on as a kid. Uh, this is a great throwback to those kind of films. And, and at one hour and 38 minutes was just the right amount of film for the, uh, for the movie. Nice. Uh, yeah, exactly. It's not two, two and a half hours. You know what I mean? It's yeah. Good length. Good length for a film. This movie is not what I expected at all. I expected very dry, wooden performances, but I was really surprised at how charming the characters were. John Hurt was in this movie. He was great. Uh, I, I'm seeing Ian McShane is in it. I love yeah. Ian McShane from Deadwood. Was, yeah. he, was he good? Very good. Very good. He was a... Uh, uh, a buddy of Hercules, and they had a great dynamic between them. And okay. he was very good in this movie. Uh, the action was really spectacular. Um, when Hercules hit somebody, he really hit someone, and that never got old watching. I mean, he would punch somebody, they would go fucking flying. And that's what you want to see from your Hercules. Uh, there were some great battle scenes in this movie, as well as some great archery by the Amazonian. The special effects were not the best, though. Mm. There were a few times watching the film that the special effects took me out of it. Uh, there were these green – right at the beginning of the movie, it took me out of it. But got, it sucked me back in with the, with the good characters. But there were these green snakes at the beginning that yeah. couldn't have looked more fake if they tried. <laughs> did you see it in 3D? No, no. No, I did not. Gotcha. But all in all, I enjoyed the film, and I'm going to give it a taste it, which is surprising for me. Yeah, I would have expected this movie to be a toss it. No offense, right. just from what I've seen of it. Yeah, I'm glad to hear that uh, it is a taste it because I was worried that it would be a toss it, and with uh, my time constraints this week, I had to kind of pick which one I was going to see, and uh, I did not see Hercules, and I uh, I'll probably still try to check that out. Yeah, I mean, it's really it's surprisingly surprisingly okay. It's, it's, yeah. it's, I'm not saying like, you know, I mean, I can see kids watching this and having like maybe the same, like, uh, you, you root for the hero. Gotcha. It's PG 13. I, I, okay. You know, it's, it's like back when you were a kid watching Arnold Schwarzenegger as Conan, you rooted for him. This yeah. was your hero. This was, 
the guy. And like, this is what you got out of this. Like, there's a, there's a scene where it's like, you want to see Hercules take on the bad guy. You want to see how that's going to turn out. You want to see him kick his ass. And when I watch a movie and I get to the point where it's like, I really care about this character and like, I want to see him succeed. Yeah. That's when I know like a movie like this is, is doing its job. I mean, this is not by any means anything that's going to be like nominated for anything by any stretch ever. But as far as like, just trying to capture like your imagination watching the movie getting into the character it did a good job huh, that's interesting i'm excited to hear what you have to say about the other movie you saw uh, and then kind of yeah. compare the, the the two movies sure. i i'm poor brett ratner i mean if you say this is pretty decent this is kind of gonna how's it doing on like rotten tomatoes and everything i think last i saw it was like a 60 maybe a 62 yeah it's meta score is a 54 right now out of 100 yeah so, yeah. The Rock is really well suited to these types of things. I mean, Scorpion King? No, 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 not that. I mean, that was his first movie That's debut. That's sort of thing. Yeah, that is the sort of thing. He wasn't, I mean, that was his first movie that he did. He, the things he's done in like Fast and Furious and things like that, it, I mean, you need to keep, okay, so I watched Snitch a while back. He's not the type of actor where you want to see him in a real serious role. I mean, his whole thing is like Arnold Schwarzenegger. It's all action. You need to have the over-the-top action scene. I liked him in that one movie. I can't remember the name of it, but he was, wasn't he like the football coach with the kids? Yeah, yeah. I missed that. I, I liked see it. That one. I thought that was one of his best movies, and it was more of a serious role. Really? Okay, see, I missed that. I've seen him in like the Fast and Furious stuff, Snitch and things like that, and any of these roles where you know, he gets to flex his muscles and blow things up, usually that's that's when he's at his best. Yeah. The the rock's hit and miss with me. He he's definitely not a draw. For he's me. more miss with me. Yeah. Really? If I if I hear the rock's going to be a, in a movie, that doesn't make me want to see the movie anymore. Right. It's kind of a fifty fifty thing. Uh, the what the movie's about really has to do with more or less whether or not yeah whether or not I'm going to see it. Yeah, I would rather see the rock be a supporting person in a movie than a rock movie that's a vehicle for the rock or yeah. something like this where you know it plays to his strengths. Yeah, but that makes me not want to see it. <laughs> hey guys, speaking of the of of the Rock, you guys want to rate the '90s sitcom Rock? I don't even know what you're talking. Me about. neither. Do you don't remember <laughs> no. Rock? No. The '90s sitcom on Fox? No. It had the the black dude from uh, Chris Rock. <clears throat> no, um, the dude from uh, Oh, R- I do remember Rock. Yeah, it was R O C. I do remember yeah. it now. And then it went live one season. Yes, I, I know exactly. He what was you're talking in about uh, now. Alien Three. I'll taste it. Yeah, I'm gonna that, taste it. Yeah, it was who was that? That was an Alien Three. God, are you doing the research? No. Oh, <laughs> 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 like talk, talk, talk. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, I totally still have no idea what you're talking about. Didn't see it. I'll taste it. What about Herman's head? Oh, I loved Herman's. That was head. Cool. Yeah, I'm gonna Tupperware Herman's yeah. head. Yeah, it had a uh, Yerdley in it. Yeah. That Lisa Simpson's. And uh, what's his name? Fuck. Uh, Hank Azaria, he was in it too. Hank Azaria was in it too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I love that. And I was too. I mean, we didn't have the internet back then like we do now. I never found out why it didn't succeed. I mean, obviously ratings. It was on like four or five seasons. Really? No, I don't think that long. Really? You could be. You could be right. But was that right around the more uh, than two? And I'd be shocked. Right around like ninety two, ninety three, something like that. Yeah, and like ninety one. Okay, ninety two. All right. Yeah, but uh, what about uh, Parker Lewis can't lose? That oh, was I love Parker. That Lewis was can't cool lose. as shit. Swatches. Yep, yep. Swinker night. Yeah, synchronized swatches. Yeah, synchronized <gasps> swatches. 
There was uh, Kubiak. Kubiak, yeah. And he he went on – he was in ER for a little while too, wasn't he? The yeah. actor that played Kubiak? Yeah. yeah. See, that squared off against the uh, Ferris Bueller TV show uh, that first season when it came out. Uh, there was a Ferris Bueller TV show and Parker Lewis Can't Lose and Ferris Bueller were like going head-to-head against each other on different networks. I remember that. Wow. And the Ferris Bueller TV show featured – not, not the guy didn't even look like Matthew Broderick. It was no. a blonde guy. And that show went off the air after the first season. Parker Lewis went on for a few seasons. Yeah. See, I don't even remember the... Uh, and then they just changed the name to Parker Lewis after a few years. <laughs> I don't even remember the um, the um, Ferris Bueller part. The fucked up thing is, like, uh, we I, I moved from Florida uh, in 92, right before high school. Parker Lewis was real big down there. So my fucking dorky ass comes up here wearing the fucking flashy shirts, and that did not go over well. That's funny. <laughs> Three seasons for Herman's Head. Three seasons, okay. Uh, yeah. 72 right. episodes, so that's a lot. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's talk about the uh, second movie that we saw uh, that I, uh, me and Frank saw. It. Yeah, I saw that. I movie. wanted to see it. I just oh, I could not get the time this week. Uh, we saw Lucy. Uh, we watched Lucy with Scarlett Johansson, Morgan Freeman. Uh, interesting fact. Angelina Jolie was originally cast as Lucy, and then she dropped out of the film. Huh. So, you know, I can't see her doing a horrible job. It seems like something she could have done. No. Yeah. I'm glad it was. Um, I'm more excited to see it as a Scardra movie. Sure, than, yeah. I think this is kind of a movie that's like kind of right up, you know, her alley though. Yeah, yeah, yeah it makes sense. Yeah, uh, it's about uh, Lucy's about a woman who gets caught up in a deal gone wrong in Taiwan, and she's forced to be a drug mule and carry an experimental drug called CPH4 to Europe that has been surgically implanted into her abdomen. Things go wrong when the drug leaks into her body, and it starts to unlock parts of her brain that she or any other human have not been able to before. Um, I don't know. I'm gonna, Frank. Did you want to talk about it or rate it or whatever? Yeah, I, I can do that. Um, I went into the movie already knowing that it's kind of a trope that humans can only use ten percent. And keep of- this kind of spoiler free. Oh, I appreciate that too, guys. Yeah, yeah. No, I, w- I won't spoil it. I know it. you, Frank, though. Once you get off a tangent. You right. Start, yeah. And at the end. Sure. No, you'll talk about one thing, and then you'll jump straight to the fucking end. <laughs> right, yeah. Hey, let's talk about X-Men Days of Future Past. <laughs> I, I know I'm jumping ahead, but. but. <laughs> at the end of the movie. Yeah. Yeah, that ADD doesn't do me any fucking favors. No, um, I, I'm going to toss it. I'm going to toss the movie. Uh, the special effects were good. That's that's about the only redeeming quality. Uh, I, I I think the premise is ludicrous. I did try to ignore some of that going in, but the extent at which they took it uh, and watching Scarlett Johansson behave like a robot for about an hour straight after the uh, drug got leaked into her body, I, it, it was horrible. I, honestly... I would have rather had the ability to go back and clean my bathroom for an hour and a half. Wow. Are you tossing this movie too, Brian? I'm excited now. No, this is definitely not a toss it. It's ludicrous. You said the movie was ludicrous, but your rating's <laughs> ludicrous. Um, I mean, the movie, it's really cool in the way that they use imagery to portray the things that are happening in this film. Uh, in the film, there are times where she's being chased and they'll slip in a quick shot of like a, like a cheetah. Uh, getting chased by a gazelle. Okay. Really cool imagery like that I thought was awesome. Uh, I liked how in the movie there are different abilities that the mind unlocks when she reaches certain percentages. And then, and then again, the screen, when you're watching the movie, lets you know when she hits a certain percentage. Hmm. Uh, it'll say like 40%. 
and then it'll go or 80 percent you know and it's like you're waiting for like what abilities is she going to be able to unlock now um i'm not like i said i'm not going to get into too much spoiler territory on this one i thought the action sequences were done quite well the special effects were pretty good scarlett johansson was pretty good when she wanted to play the character that was kind of like driven by fear and being kidnapped she did it really well I do and, agree with that. And yes. then when 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 the drug took over and it unlocked certain parts of her brain, I think they did a good job of explaining that she had no fear anymore. She had no emotions. She had no feelings. She could control these things with her with her mind. And so you weren't going to see somebody with a lot of emotion. She's turning into Dr. Manhattan before our eyes. And I thought that was interesting to see it from like a female character. And not just like a male character like we've seen in like Watchmen. Yeah. You know? And I thought that was very cool. Um, Morgan Freeman is Morgan Freeman. (laughs) But he's always a Tupperware in any movie that I see him in. The guy is just a born actor. He, you know, even though he started off on the electric company, which is the children's show. (laughs) Um, I'm going to give Lucy a taste it. Um, I loved Hmm. the concept of the movie, you know, unlocking different parts of your brain and gaining new abilities. Most of it's executed well, but. When it comes down to her reaching that 100% capability, I would love for Hollywood to be able to do something a little bit more mind-blowing than what actually happened. And it's thrilling and exciting watching her gain new abilities at first. It should be even more exciting once she hits the plateau. What can it do for her character that will get us excited about her once she hits 100%? Um, you know, I'm, it, it just gets a kind of like a tropey ending. Gotcha. Can I ask you a question? <laughs> so I'm going to give it a taste it for that reason. Yeah, go ahead. What what does the drug what is the drug supposed to do? Is this the effect that the desired effect that the drug's supposed to do in the first place or yeah. is it a side effect that happens to her because of some reason? The chemical is a synthetic version of a chemical that is produced by pregnant women to help babies grow and develop bones and things like that when they're inside the womb. Okay. Uh, and it's, it's just a synthetic version of the same chemical. And they have, uh, they've put this in her stomach and I mean, none of this stuff is spoiler-ish because I mean, you already kind of get the idea with the trailers that it leaks into her bloodstream. Gotcha. So what the drug is, is kind of the spoiler. Uh, am I getting into spoiler territory asking these questions? Not really. No, not okay, really. Okay. Okay. No. No. I don't think so. But, um, I guess the thing, okay, so like in some of the stuff that you see in the trailers, and like I said, I mean, we're going to stay spoiler free. I was really excited by her acting for the first half hour or so, like Brian said, with the fear, and she had, she was great at emoting what ha- would happen to somebody if they were abducted and forced to be a drug mule. And, you know, what immediately happens, and this is in the trailers too, where, you know, she spreads her legs to try to get her captor to come closer to her so she can attack him and try to escape. The action sequence that followed that I think was awesome because I get the idea that the more percentage of your brain that you have in control of, you know, you'd have more control of your body. I mean, snipers and things like that after years of training can figure out how to, you know, shoot people miles away. And she exhibits you know, similar qualities and being able to have complete control of her body. It's just, I guess for me, 
the level at which they took it to, I think they could have done a lot of different things with it to make it more interesting and tactile. The the extreme sci-fi elements just completely really took me out of it. And I understand that what they were talking about is that she loses desire and things like that. But uh, that's not. We might be getting into too much. No, but I still I still didn't really get the answer to my question. Is that what the drug's purpose is? Is to unlock a hundred percent potential of your brain? Not is, in the level that she took no, it in. No, it's like they were people were just snorting it, and it was supposed to like I don't know expand your mind or something. Okay, gotcha. maybe it was supposed to activate certain. They don't really tell you. Okay. I mean, they just say that. I mean, there's one guy that one of her abductors tells her that the kids are going to love it. That's really it. And I mean, there's some things that they didn't explain plot holes. Uh, I mean, and this isn't spoiler stuff towards the end of the movie where all of a sudden her cop buddy ends up with the entire police force on his side. Where did they come from? I mean, why are they there? She, she basically, uh, well, no, I can't say that because of spoiler stuff. I mean, Frank, come on. They're after. Wrap it up, chief. Yeah, there, uh, <laughs> too many plot holes, and it, it was just entirely unbelievable. I mean, I'm sure it ruined it for me, the fact that I know that the idea you that— You know what I like about science fiction movies is that most of them are totally, entirely unbelievable. But That's it's what a, I like about science fiction. But it's fiction. a trope. No, 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 no. I mean, let's talk about a movie where a bunch of apes start talking. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, that's a trope. But the way they explain that is a believable thing. The entire premise of the movie is that humans can only access 10% of their brain, and that is a trope. That is not accurate. And I didn't look this up. I already knew it. And, I mean, anybody that wants to look it up can find out that at any given time, people have access to 100% of their brain. They just can't activate it on command or at any one time. Neil deGrasse Tyson over here. I know. Fuck. (laughs) Well, I, I I do like I fucking love science on Facebook, but... Uh, I mean, and that's just me. I mean, if you can ignore that, I guess, sure, maybe, but it's just, to me, I, I think that how far they took it was, I don't know, it was beyond belief. It too far. Too right. far for me. Thank, all right, Beekman. Brian. <laughs> Toss it! What's better, Hercules or Lucy? Oh, well, okay. Now you're asking me, like, to compare apples, apples and oranges. oranges. Do it. What's better, the apple or the orange? <laughs> They're both tasteless, man. I, I, you know, it's like, and people are going to wonder, like, you know, how can you rate, like, you know, um, Lucy a taste it and Hercules a taste it and give them the same rating? It's, they're two different types of movies. Hercules was trying to accomplish, like, being a fun action adventure movie with humor and it accomplished that. And then, you know, Lucy was trying to be this high concept science fiction film. And when you're going against other science fiction films that are Tupperware, like, you know, 2001, A Space Odyssey, or, or even The Matrix, then Lucy just falls a little short, you yeah. know? All right. So, I gotcha. Which one, if you, if you have to go to the theaters and see one, which one do you see? Yes. Honestly, they're both kind of, I, I don't know, like, when, when I get out of a movie, if a movie's easily forgettable, yeah. like, and I don't really, like, revisit it back in my head, it, it kind of, it's kind of telling. I mean, they both were kind of like this. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I'd go see Lucy. All right. 
See, I kind of, when I was trying to figure out which of these two to see, because I knew I could only if have time shown, to watch if one. If they would have shown Scarlett Johansson's tits in the no, movie, no, no. he would have given it a Tupperware. No, I mean, ScarJo, okay. <laughs> All look, disappointment. Look, yeah. look at her performance in the Marvel movies as... If they would have showed some side boob, it would have been a taste. <laughs> <laughs> or grind it on somebody's ass like they, oh, she did in Don John. No, 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 no. Seriously, seriously, though. <laughs> Whoa. I mean, she, He takes it, oh, takes it to the next level, <laughs> doesn't he? In all seriousness, I mean, I expected her to – I I don't know. And I'm not talking about like just looking at her like, oh my god, she's so gorgeous or anything. I expected more from her. I mean I've seen her play Black Widow. What movie was the ass grinding in, Frank? That was Don John. Oh, OK. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, I mean, honestly, I mean, you wanted I, her to play Black Widow in this film, just doing a bunch of karate kicks. No, not just a bunch of karate kicks. I thought it would have been more interesting to see her in complete control of herself, not controlling other people, but being able to manipulate people. I'm not talking physically. I'm talking about having such a degree of control of her mind that she could figure out. You know, just by talking to somebody, what their desires would be and manipulating through conversation or some kind of physical when action. When you are on your way to be possibly something omniscient, who gives a fuck about manipulating one fucking douchebag to do what you want? You're thinking about the greater good. Who cares about manipulating a few fucking little people? And What, what pleasure is she going to get from that? She's already said she's got no emotion, no fear after this. She's losing her humanity but, throughout this entire movie, Frank. But that's even not even entirely true because there's a part where she called. How long does this process take to go from 10% to 100% in her time? It's about 24 hours. Tw- oh, just a day? Yeah. Okay. That, that's fascinating. And, so yeah, and she didn't have time. To from like- a scientific point of scientific point of view, and again, not a spoiler. I mean, she's talking about how it accelerates the aging of cells. So she didn't think she was going to make it that long. Hmm. So the the only I, I don't know the only blessing for me was that it was only an hour and a half. At least it wasn't like Transformers where it was twice as fucking long, and I had to sit there and get butt hurt. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> All right. So who's winning in the box office battle between Lucy and Hercules? I think we called it when uh, Michael Cornish asked us who would win. Lucy opened up on Friday with $17.1 million, placing it in the top spot for the box office opening weekend, ahead of the competing film Hercules, which debuted in the number two spot with an estimated $11 million. Oof. That's low for Hercules. Yeah. That's and- not good. Think it's probably got a bigger budget too. Oh, I bet that movie cost at least thirty to forty mil. I would think, and the average—I've seen tons of commercials for it. Yeah, they spent a lot. I bet they spent at least five to ten mil on advertising alone. Yeah, yeah. Ooch, not good for Brett Ratner. No, 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 no. Not but I'm good. checking out. Uh, not good for The Rock. I'm trying to check out uh, Rotten Tomatoes rating for uh, um, Lucy right now. If I'm not mistaken, it's lower than Hercules. Hmm. So, I mean, there are other people that... Well, that just makes you right, then, doesn't it, Frank? No, I didn't say no, that. No, look at you over there, getting some satisfaction. <laughs> Rotten oh. Tomatoes has Lucy higher than Hercules. Hey, we talked yeah. about the uh, Rotten Tomatoes rating for Hercules. I just figured it would be uh, fair to compare apples to oranges. What are they? What are the comparing ratings? I'm checking it out now. Right this day. second. do 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 <laughs> Are you using dial-up over there? No! He's got an abacus. Alright, I'm moving on. I'm moving on. Let's talk about the Eisners. 
Eisners. Yeah, so the Eisners happened. Let's do it. This weekend, and uh, there were some comic awards given out. Uh, Frank's still looking. He still wants to prove me wrong. Yeah, I'm gonna. Pl- I'm not proving you wrong, but I'm, I do have it. I'm Lucy's fifty-eight percent. Hercules is sixty-three. It's I'm close. Up but the Eisners. I I cannot like it. Yeah, so we got some comic awards for the best, uh, you know, creators and issues and comic books th- th- this year. Uh, it was the Eisners. E I. And uh, let's uh, let's go over some of these, uh, and then we'll jump into San Diego Comic Con. Um, best single issue. Or one shot was Hawkeye number eleven, Pizza is my business by Matt Fraction and David Aja. So I think that was the Pizza Dog issue. Yeah, I'm seeing the cover of that right <clears throat> yeah, now. Yeah, that was the Pizza Dog issue. Best continuing series Saga by Brian K. Vaughn and Fiona Staples from Image Comics. Best limited series The Wake by Scott Snyder and Sean Murphy, which I have that entire run except for the last issue yeah. uh, that hasn't come out yet. And I haven't read a single page of it yet. I'm going to read it all in one big chunk. Uh, best limited, uh, oh, best new series, Sex Criminals by Matt Fraction. Wow, big night for Matt Fraction. Yeah, and Chip Zdarsky from Image Comics. Sex Criminals is really good. So I read the first <laughs> issue of Sex Criminals. I've read like the first three or four. Yes. Uh, best writer, Brian K. Vaughn for Saga Image. That's a no-brainer. Uh, best penciler, inker, or penciler, inker team is Sean Murphy from The Wake uh, for DC. Best painter, multimedia artist for interior art, Fiona Staples for Saga Image Comics. And best cover artist, David Aja with uh, Hawkeye. I love those Hawkeye covers. So, yeah, those are some... Uh, yeah, I do, too. They're really good. I, with the Search Award cover they did, I thought was super unique. Yeah, they're really good. I, I like those Hawkeye covers. Some of them look like Bond. Yeah, I agree with that. Like James Bond, you know, stuff. But, uh, yeah, we're going to uh, take a break and uh, then cover the San Diego Comic-Con news. Um, as we break, I'm going to let you listen to... A little bit of little tease from San Diego Comic Con. Season four of Key and Peel is going to start, and they did a teaser for season four where they play uh, Stan Lee. So I'll play that right now. So the other thing I'm thinking is maybe the plasma bolts, instead of going the traditional way and having them actually emanating from his hands, what if they came from his aura and just came? Uh, Mr. Lee is here. Oh, God, thank you, guys. This is so exciting. Marvel legend Stan Lee calls me on the phone a couple of weeks ago and says, I'd like to stop by. So I just thought that'd be a great treat. So he's... Excelsior! Hey, <laughs> Mr. Lee! All right, all right. Sit down, sit down. Let's get going. Oh, you, you're here to pitch us some characters? You bet your bottom dollar I have. <laughs> he's a works a little bit rusty. Don't touch that. Okay. Introducing... Heyday. He lives perpetually in his best year, 1982. His nemesis is the evil writer's block. He'll live forever as long as he continues to come up with great, interesting, and relevant ideas. Well, that got nothing. No, 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 sir. It's, it's... No, 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 yourself, Sonny. This ain't my first rodeo. <laughs> I've been around the writer's room, and I know when something gets diddly squat. Okay. Dr. Balance. He's an aging robotic scientist 
who never falls in the shower. Also, he never has trouble putting on his own slippers. That got zilch. Get out of here, bozo. Moving on. I know how to read a room. All right. This next one is... Where am I, man? No matter how late at night he gets up to go number one, he always knows exactly where he is. <laughs> Imagine that. And get out of here, kid. You bother me. Okay. How about a lady superhero? <laughs> I know you two fellows would like something like that. Here's the Gray Chaser. Her special powers are she's 40, has no kids, and she's got a rockin' hot bod. I'm talking Tina Turner hot. Plus, she's only into older dudes with ponytails and liver spots. Mr. Mr. Lee, I just, I just feel you were really busy this morning. Get to stepping, lady. All right, how about an evil villain, huh? It's the overweight Jamaican maid, otherwise known as Jamila. She steals things. It can't be proven, but her boss is 90% sure. 90, that's sufficient, isn't it? Plus, her son's always coming by. And he smells like grass. Mr. Lee, Mr. Lee I'm, I'm, I'm so sorry. Just with all due respect, I don't think that... Uh, with all due respect, I don't think that we could use any of these characters. So say the room? Yes. Yeah. Oh. Oh, I, I, I understand. Don't mind me, uh... <laughs> Sometimes you're just shooting blanks. <laughs> I know when I'm not wanted, just toss the rest of them in the uh, trash compactor, whatever you got these. It was days. a real honor, sir, to have you. Uh, <laughs> Eureka! I've just been inspired. Now, this is a superhero team, a ragtag group of multi-ethnics known as the Fired Bunch. They possess the testicular fortitude to bite the very hand that feeds them and are cursed to walk the streets for an eternity unemployed. What do you think? We love it! <laughs> All right, hey, we're back. Um, I, I forgot to talk about a movie that I just saw today, just real quick. I yeah, don't go for it. Too much detail, but um, I just thought it was cool. I like watching documentaries, and uh, I went today and I saw Life Itself. It's the uh, documentary about the life of uh, Roger Ebert. Oh, nice. And um, I just wanted to say I really like the movie. I'm going to give it a Tupperware. It's hard to rate somebody's life. That was someone local here that uh, made that movie, wasn't it? I think so. Local yeah. from Peoria, I thought. Yeah, it was really good. Um, a lot of things I didn't know about Roger Ebert. I mean, he grew up in Urbana, you know, uh, and uh, I mean, went on to become probably the Michael Jordan of film critics. You know what I mean? Yeah, without thumbs up, thumbs down, we wouldn't have toss it, taste it, Tupperware. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> So, you know, I mean, I thought it was a great movie. There's a, they have outtakes of like him and Siskel on the show. Those guys, of course, they were best of friends, but also like 
best of enemies. I mean, there were times where they just went off on each other, and there were some great outtakes from like some of the things, like when they were trying to like record like promos for the show. There's one promo where Siskel's trying to say like, uh, "Yeah, this week we have three thriller movies that we're talking about," <laughs> and like Ebert's like, "You're not saying it. You're not excited enough. You need to be more excited." And they're just going back and forth. And so finally it comes down to like Siskel saying, so yeah, this week we've got three movies, two critics, one show, and one asshole. And then he just like walks <laughs> off. And it was just – there's a lot of cool things in this movie. It's definitely if – you're, if you're into that kind of thing and like want to know what it's like, like to be you – know, uh, to learn about the life of a, of a movie critic – it's a good movie to watch. You know, Siskel and Ebert was one of my favorite shows when I was a child. It really was because you really didn't have – I mean, we didn't have the internet when we were kids. Right. right. And you couldn't just see whatever movie trailer or clips for movie you wanted to see at any time. And they did everything. Yes. They was, yeah. A French film to like, you know, The Last Action Hero. It didn't ma- – Land Before Time. It didn't matter what it was. I mean, these guys were reviewing it. Yeah, and it would tell you what was coming out that week on VHS. Yeah. And, you know, all the new movies, you'd see trailers, clips, and everything. It was, as a kid, it was one of my favorite shows. And that was At the Movies, right? Yeah. Name of the movie? It was called At the Movies. It was also called Previews. It was also called, like, Sneak Peek at one time. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of different stuff. But, yeah, it's called Life Itself. Check it out if it's in your area or if you can watch it. I don't know if it's available somewhere. But, yeah, let's get into San Diego Comic-Con news. Oh, yeah, I was supposed to do that again. What? A woohoo! <laughs> no, no, it's the it was the. Oh, oh. yay! <laughs> you know what I want to talk about real quick before we go forward? I don't know how many licks it takes to get to the center of a tootsie roll tootsie pop, but I do know how many subscription it takes to get Jake's HBO Go shut down. <laughs> oh no! Yes, we've been shut down, everyone. I don't know. Let me know. Contact me on Twitter if you can still get on because I just got a message. I sent a picture of it to Brian that we have too many users on the uh, on the HBO Go. We exceed the ma- <laughs> exceeds the maximum limit. So apparently there is one. Um, I, I think I've shared the password with over 60 people now. Yeah. And up until now, ev- it's worked for everyone. I may be the only one locked out, but we're going to have to figure something out. I'll probably have to change the password later this week. If we can figure out, like, what the cap is. Yeah. You know, I mean, I've got HBO, too. I can share mine, and then uh, we can, like, balance it. No, you're, you're being <laughs> monitored now, man. Yeah, you're, like, well. you're, like, you're red flagged. Yeah, I probably am red flagged, so... <laughs> I apologize, everyone. I'm going to give it a week, a week from today. So if you, if let me know if it, HBO Go still works for you. So get those Game of Thrones and leftovers watched. Yeah. And now, now it's going to be uh, Frank's HBO Go. I'll give it out to like the next ten people that message on the uh, podcast website on Facebook. Yeah, I'll change the password and I'll give it out to a bunch of people again. But we'll just have to be a little bit more lenient with it this time, I guess. So <laughs> we'll see what happens. All right, so San Diego Comic-Con news. Uh, there was a bar near the convention called Ky- uh, Carl Strauss Brewing Company. They had a special beer on tap for this week, and, uh, this weekend and this weekend only that was inspired by IDW's Lock and Key comic book series. Nice. The beer was a blonde ale they called Lock and Brewski. <laughs> and Carl Strauss said they will never serve the beer again after this weekend. Nice. It had a label and everything. Uh, I, I don't know. I, it was on tap. Oh, on it, tap. Yeah, it gotcha. was on tap. 
So, yeah, that's cool. I bet they'll continue the tradition next year and come out with a different kind of, like, comic-related beer. That's something they do at a lot of the cons. I know um, I've been to a lot of C2E2s, and even at C2E2, they have a C2E2 beer that's like a microbrew that they only serve for that event. Oh, nice. It's a bar right next to it. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I guess it's a good way to get people to come in. Yeah, know? yeah. So. Uh, at the Legendary Pictures booth at San Diego Comic-Con, Guillermo del Toro was there taking part in a very cool virtual reality experience via the Oculus Rift called Pacific Rim Jaeger Pilot. Um, you guys are familiar with Oculus Rift, right? Yes. Yes, hell yeah. It's the virtual reality um, technology, and it's actually really cool the way that uh, that they that they Oculus Rift does it. Yeah, that so. is. I wish I could try that out. It's commercial now, but they are coming out with a home version soon. Oh, I would yeah. wait until the home version is high definition because I think the first wave is not going to be. Yeah. So I would wait on that until and you know when you first buy any fucking product, you're paying for the technology. Yeah, exactly. Right. Wait for it to be out a while. Wait for the kinks to be worked out, and uh, then get in on it when it's a little bit cheaper. And of course, when it comes in HD. Everything I've seen, it's like high end shit. I mean, so it's going to be pricey, but like the the quality of it's going to be worth it. Uh, the Pacific Rim Jaeger Pilot experience begins with a legendary employee handing out a Jaeger Pilot badge and putting an Oculus VR virtual reality headset on your head. You can uh, – let's see here. Let's see here. Yeah. Um, headphones are placed over it and the green screen seen through the goggles begins to disappear. The green drains out and you are standing in the head of a Jaeger. You look up, you see the ceiling, you look down, you see the mechanics of the massive body behind you, the back of the head. Wow. No, no matter where you turn, you are fully immersed in this world. Uh, the easiest way to describe it is imagine if you put a huge pair of smudged glasses on. You could still see everything around you, the floor, ceiling, but it just looks slightly unrealistic and digital. That's Oculus, except in this case, it's not your reality. This is the world of Pacific Rim. Um, look at me, you begin to hear. Turn to your right, and you realize you aren't the only person in here. You can pilot a Jaeger alone, of course. Uh, here's Raleigh Beckett, complete with the voice of the actor, Charlie Hunnam. He explains he's glad to have you as his co-pilot, but things are about to get serious. You have to get ready. Just then, everything starts shaking, Turn your head straight to look out of the Jaeger and you see a huge kaiju coming towards you. Raleigh says to get ready and your arm lifts up in time with his as you prepare for a powerful elbow blow. In this particular experience, you aren't controlling anything. You're just enjoying the ride. But you'd imagine in the future you'll be able to control all these movements. A direct hit on the kaiju. It's rocked, but just then he rams his head into your view. The Jaeger is stunned, and then the kaiju rips your co-pilot out with his claw. As your drift connection goes away, the Jaeger starts to fail, and experience and the experience is over. All this takes place in about three minutes. Uh, they say it's really awesome, really interactive, and the gaming possibilities are just endless with this kind of technology. Oh, yeah. I can't wait to play Resident Evil like this. Yeah, man, it's gonna be crazy. <laughs> and you know, you know, you talk about uh, first-person shooters being hard for you to play. Yeah, I wonder if this might be something that's a game changer for you because it's like you're living in the real world. You turn your head, and the fucking shit just moves. Yeah, I think it'd be a little bit less of a tunnel vision problem, right? 
I've seen uh, different rigs that they've got for it to where you're almost standing like a ball uh, to where you can walk and you know you're not feeling awkward as you're moving forward in the game or whatever it is. Yeah. Uh, it's crazy stuff. Yeah. Yeah, 20th Century Fox also did uh, an Oculus Rift experience for the X-Men. Uh, Fox devised an experience that simulates Professor X's Cerebro, uh, devised as a 90-second uh, virtual adventure. The experience will take place on the Comic-Con show floor right by the Fox booth. Uh, the attendees sit down in a replica of Professor X's wheelchair and virtually, cool. yeah, and virtually hunt shape shifting mutant mystique in the San Diego Convention Center. Uh, each experience will be recorded and made available for the users to share on their social media. Oh, that's really fun! So it's kind of like badass. A, yeah, it's kind of like uh, when you ride a roller coaster, you get your picture at the end. Yeah, it's so. cool. That is neat. Uh, all right, uh, the new Christopher Nolan movie Interstellar got a new trailer that was shown at San Diego Comic Con. Uh, the description that I'm going to read uh, comes from Slash Film. Andrew, uh, Andrew, I was going to Andrew McCarthy. Why was I thinking him? <laughs> what weekend of Bernie's? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, Mannequin Three is coming out, by the way. What? I'm fucking with you. There's no Mannequin Two, is there? Oh, I there. Don't know. Yeah. Kim Cattrall's aged a little bit. I don't think she can pull that off. <laughs> uh, let's see here. No, uh, Andrew. I almost said it again. Matthew, <laughs> Matthew McConaughey. Uh, is on a very dry earth with his kids in a small town. <clears throat> Jessica Chastain is very evidently playing his grown daughter, presumably years after Cooper leaves on his mission. We see sand and dirt everywhere, dust storms plague a baseball game, and small town life. A countdown begins in the background, and the montage begins to feature more technology, shots of spacecraft, what could be some NASA installations, and Cooper and other astronauts prepping for their mission. Anne Hathaway appears to be his co-pilot on the mission, but there are others in what could be a cryosleep. Finally, the trailer goes truly into space with spectacular galactic vistas. We see Saturn and other planets. The, sur the surface of one planet appears to be covered in water. At another point, Cooper steps out of his craft onto an alien landscape. So, ah, I'm excited. Totally excited for this movie. Yeah. Big time. Matthew McConaughey, he's really coming back into his own. I mean, lately he's fucking hot property. Oh, he definitely. He hasn't come back. He's arrived. He was never really huge. Right, he, yeah. I get you. But you he's know, big now. I mean, fuck. I'm talking about, like, acting chops. I yeah, mean, yeah. This guy was – I don't think he ever was the actor that he is now. I yeah. think he's he's changed his craft, and I think he's probably talked to his agent and said, you know, I need to – I need to change these types of movies. I'm doing too many rom-coms, too yeah. many comedies. Let's, you know, come on. Let's let's stretch my acting ability here. Right. And, and Dallas Buyers Club did a great job. And I still got to see that, True man. Dallas Buyers Club, I still got to see that. It's really good. So, yeah, I'm totally looking forward to Interstellar. I guess it's about there's no more food left when, on Earth. When do we get Interstellar? Uh, I believe it's November 7th. Okay. I'm, I'm, of this year? Yeah. yeah. Sweet. Yeah. There's been trailers in the theaters for it already. Yeah, I've seen it. I just, I guess I didn't catch on to the uh, release date. All right, uh, more Comic-Con news. Announced at Comic-Con, Sam Raimi and Bruce Campbell, they announced that they are working on an Evil Dead TV show. 
there are no writers or directors attached, and uh, no specific TV station is being mentioned, but this is pretty cool news. Yeah, hopefully yeah. it happens. Yeah. I hope it's more campy as opposed to the Evil Dead remake they made a few years ago. Yeah, I didn't even bother no, no, no. watching that. They produced. They did not make right. it. That was a completely different director. Yeah, that because was... That came off to me like that torture porn shit that's all over the place now. Yeah, that's what I heard. I, I just stepped away from that. I think yeah. we were on the show and you saw that. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, I can't remember what I gave it. Yeah, I don't I think wish you were I very high on it. it. No. I mean, if I had to give that fucker a rating, it would have been a toss. It. I'm not into horror movies, but I love the original Evil Dead and you know Army Darkness shit. Yeah, that's exciting. Uh, I hope it really happens. I get scared when they say things like we don't have writers, directors, and – Whatever. Do you really hope it happens? Yeah, a little bit. If if Raimi and Campbell are going to be involved, Campbell yeah. Campbell gives me hope, man. He's awesome. I fucking love that guy. I just want to see him do Army of Darkness too. That'd be yeah. badass. I Fuck this TV show, man. <laughs> Give me Army of Darkness too. Yeah. Hail to the king, baby. Hail to I would the take king. that too. Do you remember the original? You ever see the original ending to Army of Darkness? Where, yeah, yeah, that's really neat. Where yeah. he takes too many drops and he's uh-huh. in the future and everything. I yeah. totally Isn't did like, not see that. Like, he's like frozen there in the future. No, he he's there and like the world. There's this hilarious shot where like um, all the different monuments are all like collided together. Yeah, and yeah, he's in the future and there's like people, I've seen yeah. it. It's been a long time. Is that an extra on like the Blu-ray version or something? Yes. I've got the Blu-ray. I totally need to check that out. Holy shit. Yeah, you should check it out. It's pretty funny. Wow. Damn. Okay. All right. Do you guys have any uh, news that you wanted to bring up? Just kind of on that same vein, uh, Sam Raimi, um, they're talking about uh, trying to make a movie version of a video game called The Last of Us, which was a really good game last year on the PlayStation 3. It's a Sony exclusive. And it actually comes back out remastered on the PlayStation 4 on Tuesday of this upcoming week. And uh, they're talking to Maisie Williams uh, of Game of Thrones, who plays Arya Stark, about playing the role of Ellie. Now, I mean, there's nothing concrete, and they, they don't have a director or anything like that, but they have stated that they've talked to Maisie about it, and I think that'd be amazing. Maisie Williams is an incredible actress, even at such a young age, and the game, for anybody who's played it, I can't recommend it enough. I haven't finished it, but the story is so good. I mean, I don't know if you can look at YouTube, but the first 15 minutes of the game – but it, it's fucking incredible. Yeah, send me a link if you can find something. I that. will definitely do that. I fucking love this game. I did not finish it on what's, the place. What's the hook on this game? What's it even about? It's not really about zombies, but it's about something similar. There's an infection that infects people. and It's called the Frank? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's it, The Last of Us. Uh, and it, it, this, it start, I mean, I'm not going to give away any spoilers because the first 15 minutes is worth the fucking price of admission alone. Um, it's similar to like a world populated by zombies and you know, zombie apocalypse, things like that. But it, it's all about interpersonal character development. Um, it's, it's absolutely amazing. If you're a fan of The Walking Dead, you're gonna jump right into this and be fucking blown away. It's Did you explain so good. the science behind it? I haven't played Mr. Far, Wizard. I haven't played far <laughs> enough into it to tell you what the infection is or it's from. Uh, I don't even know if it's ever explained. The long story made short is they, there's a, uh, a guy who, he's the primary character. He's who you play as in the game. 
and he's trying to get this girl who is immune to the virus to people who could possibly figure out what the genealogy is behind her and why she's immune and maybe come up with some kind of a cure. Uh, and the girl is Ellie and she's tough. I mean, Maisie Williams would be a perfect fucking fit for this girl. Uh, the one of the first things that you see her do is they get accosted by some military types. And she, I mean, this girl is right around the age range of Maisie Williams, 12, 13, 14 years old, whatever it is. And she grabs a gun and fucking caps the fucking military types. I mean, she's hardened. It, it's awesome. And it's very character driven. Uh, it's fantastic. Can, can I ask you a question? Yeah. What company announced this at Comic Con? Uh, it's been all over the fucking news. This is a. It's been on Forbes. Uh, this is a Comic Con story. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. I'm, I was confused. Yeah. Uh, they even asked her about it when they were doing the Game of Thrones panel. I think. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. I think yeah. I did read a little bit about that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they've talked to her. I mean, and this is all to be taken with a grain of salt because, like I said, there's no director or anything attached yet, but. There's a lot of video games that would play a hard time trying to fucking put out a real good movie adaptation. This is one of them. It would be fantastic. Maisie Williams, I mean, I've seen some of the screenings from her. Are you in the Maisie Williams fan club? <laughs> Pretty fucking much. I mean, I've seen, I've seen audition tapes of her and Sophie Williams or, uh, Sophie Turner who plays, uh, Sansa on yes. Game of Thrones and, Sansa, the actress and the character, are both a few years older than Maisie, and you can tell Maisie Williams, she's such a fucking good natural actress. She has a natural talent for it. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? Uh, oh, man, I turned to look at Brian's face, and Brian's just, oh, my God. I mean, I follow her on Vine. I mean, her personality, it's he, so He's good. right outside her window. Yeah. No. <laughs> I did find this disturbing when I was trying to look up some shit on the No, no, no. When I was trying to look Talk up Talk about some- disturbing. <laughs> your, your fucking obsession with Maisie Williams. No. When I look, I mean, she's such a great Frank's actress. like writing her handwritten letters no. and shit. Oh. No. Spraying, she'd, she'd be a perfect – Spraying, spraying Dracar Noir on it and shit. I mean, if, if you're a fan of the show, Game of Thrones, you know that, I mean, she can hold her own in a fight. I love Maisie Williams. Exactly. I mean, she is she is Ellie to a fucking T. I don't know this game, though, so oh, it, it's just, none of this is it's resonating so to me yeah. as far as why she would It's hard to match part. your excitement for this. I, I, I'm really <laughs> hoping this ends up coming out because, I mean, Sam Raimi is involved, and I can't see this being a fucking failure. The story that the uh, and basis, Maisie Williams, Maisie Williams is in it. You'd have to play the game to understand how much depth the character of Ellie has. She is a tough little girl, and I mean. And side note, this I don't is a little. I don't think you've talked about how tough this little girl is. Could you go into more depth about how tough she is? <laughs> I understand she shoots people yeah. in cold blood, right. but I, I want you to just elaborate for maybe I don't know twenty more minutes on how cold and calculated this little girl is and and just drop a Maisie Williams bomb in there every five seconds I'm I'm really fucking excited I'm a big fan of (laughs) I'm a big fan of the game property I'm a big fan of the actress I'm really hoping this comes to fruition I I, I don't think it can lose with the combination of Sam Raimi the storyline that Sony has built Maisie Williams 
Yeah. Let's you talk about the, Williams. Let's talk about the Game of Thrones panel. Did you read all about that? No, I did not. I didn't have time. Let's um they announced a bunch of new uh cast members and characters for the next season. Okay. And check this out, Brian. Alexander Sadig is gonna be in Game of Thrones. He played uh Doctor Bashir in Deep Space Nine. Holy shit. Oh no shit. Yeah. Who's wow. he gonna play? He is Oberyn's brother. Doran Mart- Martell. I can see that. That'd be so fucking cool. Yeah, he actually was gonna was in the talks to be Oberyn before they cast Oberyn too. So now he's jumping on as I'm, his brother. I'm glad the way they went though. I mean, I I stopped reading about halfway through book three because there there's starting to be differences between the book and yeah. the, and the uh, TV show and. I, I'm usually a big proponent of the books are always better, like the Harry Potter series and stuff. This is like the opposite. The TV show almost is better because it's fleshed out so well. I've stopped reading. I'm so fucking excited to see. I know a little bit about what they're going to be getting into this next season. But, yeah. I mean, I've stopped reading for over a fucking year just for the fact that I want to see what the show does first. Yeah, and I mean, speaking of differences, they also announced um, one of the things uh, George R. R. Martin said is that um, Rob Stark's wife is going to be in the uh, prologue for the sixth book. Just to not to say any more, but just to already point out some major differences between show and book. Okay. All right. I mean, I know I I got a glimpse a little bit of what what people were talking about, and I heard that people were giving him some shit about how there was some differences between the show and the book. Yeah, you're always gonna fucking have that. You know what he said? His favorite scene from the last season was the um, Hound versus. Um, oh, I'm I'm blanking now. That's uh, Brienne of Tarth. The, yeah, Brienne of Tarth stuff, and that's stuff that wasn't in the book at all. And he no, said that was his but favorite it's stuff. So good. Yeah. I mean, having read the books, I know how that went down. I'm not going to say how it did, but they did such a better job in the show. That was so fucking good because in so many things you have this good versus evil thing, and you don't really too often see two different shades of gray battle it out. And this was so good because you didn't know who to fucking root for. Yeah, this was really good. Um, That's that San Diego Comic-Con excitement I want out of you, Frank. I got it, man. I was trying to hold it back. I only got so much in me. I'm old. (laughs) (laughs) Not that. (laughs) Sound like a dying owl. No, no, no. Yeah. Yeah, I, so, I cannot say that there's any. I mean, so I was it a was it a good Game of Thrones panel? Yeah, was it was exciting. exciting they showed a video, and they showed a video with all the new actors and actresses um, introducing who they were, wasn't what character the, they played. Wasn't it the first uh, uh, first Game of Thrones panel that they had after the first season ended, where the author, what's his name, R. R. Martin, uh, yeah, yes, where he showed up and was talking about Amelia Clark and how great it was seeing her naked yeah. and how uncomfortable she got after that and she said she wouldn't appear naked in any more seasons yeah yeah there's been a lot of talk about that it's yeah. funny i've seen her on talk shows for late night and stuff and yeah. she was talking about about how you know her dad was watching the show and how like after the like the bath scene in the first season aired when she got in you could see her boobs and stuff he wouldn't like make eye contact with her for the first week after that and then after that he would discuss with her like how good a job she did uh, but like she was talking about how people were trying to talk about, uh, you know, envisioning her naked or like photoshopping her on stuff. And she, her comment was like, "Why would you need to photoshop it? You can see all of it right, right here." Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's- She's such a good sport about it. 
I don't. I think she's very much not a good sport about it. Really? It sounds like. Yeah. 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 She said that she's she's done, done doing that kind of. She stuff. refuses. Well, to after be you have some fucking creepy old guy saying he yeah. really enjoyed those scenes or whatever he said, I'm probably taking it out of context. Yeah. But yeah. I. It's it's fucking creepy. Yeah, that is pretty creepy. Yeah. I guess I didn't get that out of the interview that I saw with her. I mean, she was like laughing and stuff no, because it, it, it was takes her dad. the artistic out of that whole scene and it just puts it on like oh here here we are just showing some you know some uh, nudity yeah and that's kind of the argument i think people have though is whether or not you need that for the storytelling or whether it's just hbo sensationalism a i think bit. you did need it for the story i'm not talking about her being naked but the whole fact that they tell her that the bath is too hot and she just doesn't care she gets in it anyway yeah she can't get burned so there you go there's plenty other examples though of seeing uh Khaleesi's boobs in episodes of Game of Thrones that are probably a little unnecessary. You know what, though? I mean, if you've watched it from the beginning until now, she's it helps to develop the character. At the very beginning, <laughs> even her brother treats her like a piece of meat. No, 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 no. I mean, I've seen so many fucking tits in my lifetime that seeing hers don't mean deck shit to me. But, but how does the- it enhance the story, though? Like I, I can kind of see both sides of it. You know what I'm saying? I get the idea that from the first season that she's looked at like a piece of meat, even from her brother Viserys. Like she's the tool to get something that what he wants. She's looked at by a piece of meat by George R. R. Martin, apparently too. <laughs> but from there up yeah, until when now, you've got we're the at. creator of the series talking about those scenes, it takes away the artistic integrity of it and it turns it into something fucking creepy. And he should have just not said anything. Is this something that he said recently? Did I miss that this part? Was at the this was at the panel. first panel after for Game of Thrones after the first Game season. What were his comments? I don't have that I don't have exactly. Him in front of me, right. But he did say something to the point where it was fucking creepy. Okay. It takes the artistic integrity away from the actress who's not doing this so old authors can get their rocks off. Right. It, it, she's doing it because she's trying to do this for th- – this scene is necessary. And when you kind of like – say comments like that it takes away all the artistic integrity i completely agree however but brian when you get caught up and you get through uh the third season and you see the development of this character and her boobs i'm not talking about the development of the character i'm not talking about that i'm talking about the author saying something kind of crude about the actress playing the character out of the entire game of thrones realm Okay. This is like real life. I agree with that. That's if there's anything creepy. derogatory, yeah, I don't know what it was he said. I'm just talking about what I saw myself. It, it regardless of who said what, she goes from being a pawn to being a fucking queen. And I'm not talking like queen like in title. I mean, you need to get caught up on the fourth season because she goes from being a nobody to being the fucking boss bitch. And I love that. I'm not that. disputing that. that yeah, has yeah no, I'm not. To do no, with what I, I'm saying. That's like a different argument. I, I mean, the character is great. I love the character. I think she kind of suffered in the last season and was a little boring in the last season. A little bit. Yeah. But, but previously, she's been one of my favorites. My, my only point here is, is, is it necessary? For I mean, is she right to say I'm not going to be topless anymore? And did that any of that even matter in the first place? Like, did they have to have those scenes in there? Frank, yeah. Frank is kind of making a good point that yeah, like for the show to really hit home, they and to portray the fact that you know she was this woman who was like you know 
it wasn't empowered and like being abused and things like that. That 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 the nudity did play a part in some of the shaming of that right. character. Yeah, and I can see that. Even her, I mean, I know you saw this in the first season. Even first her brother season. fucking grabs her boobs. Yeah, and she she's looking down the whole time, and she doesn't have any self confidence. Now she's fucking Daenerys Targaryen, and. I fucking love that. I love the fact that she has gone from somebody who has been used as a pawn to where she is the fucking badass bitch. I mean, I have not read past the half of the fourth book. I'm hoping this bitch goes back and fucking takes over the fucking Seven Kingdoms. She is my favorite character next to fucking – Macy Williams. Yeah, <laughs> hey, she's one of them. Are we, but are we done with the Last of Us? Can we? Get, yeah, no, I think we've moved on to Game of Thrones. Now. Yeah, we're on Game of Thrones. Now. Yeah, no, uh, fucking Tyrion. Tyrion's my second favorite character of the whole thing. Yeah, and and she, I just like the fact that she has come literally from nothing, and she has built herself up with all these sets of circumstances into the position of power that she has, and she fucking owns it. They haven't shown Dinklage. Uh, they haven't shown his Dinklage, have they? No, we no. haven't seen Dink's Dink. <laughs> okay, no. just checking. Yeah, no, no, yet. but it, it was it was a great panel for Game of Thrones. Yeah, then? it was a good panel. It was super exciting. So you're excited for the uh, next? season? I'm excited for the next season. We can see it places we haven't seen for the first time. So you it's know? going into season four now. Season five. Season yep. five. Season wow. five. And Uncharted territory, man. I, I don't I don't know any of what's really going on because they covered so much a half of the fourth book in this season. That I'm clueless, and that's why I've stopped reading. I want to see it. I don't want. Yeah, I think it. we're at the point where even if you're caught up on the books, there's a lot of uncharted territory, which makes it even even more fascinating. There's certain things they've talked about leaving out. I'm not talking about what they are uh, for spoiler reasons, but I don't know if these people will show up or if they're going to throw new elements in. But uh, I'm really fucking excited. Yeah. I love Game of Thrones. The, the, the only show – it is the only show I think is better than The Walking Dead. I will forget every fucking thing other than Game of Thrones when it's on. Yeah, Game of Thrones is definitely my favorite currently running show right Hell now too. Hell yes. All right. Let's talk about a uh, movie trailer that was dropped that had no nudity in it and has had no nudity in the previous five films. Let's talk about the Hobbit Battle of the Five Armies trailer that was shown to the audience in Hall H on Saturday. Uh, here is a description of the trailer. Uh, Bilbo starts off the trailer saying, I'll remember everything that happened, those who survived, those who didn't. There's then footage of uh, Smaug. Smaug. Smog. <laughs> right. Blowing fire on Lake Town, a decimated city, soldiers and huge armies walking. Then finally, Billy Boyd's song from The Return of the King hits, setting a somber downtone. It promises the defining chapter of the Middle-Earth trilogy as we see footage of a chase scene on ice flashes of Sauron, then Bard asks Thorin, will you, have a pe- will you have peace or war? And he responds, I will have war. A few more epic shots before anything gets quiet. Thorin, will you follow me one last time? Then you see the title, The Hobbit, Battle of the Five Armies. Dun, so, dun, dun. Kind of dun, a cool dun, dun. teaser trailer that was shown to the audience. I wonder if um, The Battle of the Five Armies will have more uh, false endings than Return of the King did. Oh, my God. (laughs) I saw that on opening night. Yeah. And it was like four in the morning before I got out of there. You know what I mean? Because, like, you kept thinking it was over because it would cut the black. It would fade to black and and then it would fade back. back. Oh, my God. Oh, it's so ridiculous. And I was just like, wrap it up. Come on. The Hobbit, the battle for five endings. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, shit. 
All right. Uh, Jake, Godzilla 2, they had some news about that one. Godzilla 2, yes. They're, um, the director is going to do Godzilla 2. Um, Gareth, Gareth Edwards, Edwards is back. Is back, but he is first going to do his untitled uh, Star Wars spinoff film before getting back to the Godzilla stuff. Um, oh, my stupid internet is loading slow. Such great podcasting, my bad internet. Um, and he's announced new monsters that are going to be in the Godzilla movie. Um, off the top of my head, I know Mothra is one of them. Um, Rodan and Ghidorah are... I'm not a big Godzilla hype. I know Rodan and Mothra, but Ghidorah, I bet I'd know him if I saw him. Yeah, I probably would too. I'm not sure. Yeah. So that that's exciting. I know you were super down on the Godzilla movie. Yep. Are, are you? Do you even give a shit about Godzilla too? Oh, God, I'll watch it, but you know, I'm not going in with the ex- ex- expectations that I went into Godzilla. Yeah, I, you know, honestly, I'm kind of surprised that Gareth, that's what Gareth Edwards would lock himself into. You would think if you're going to do a Star Wars spinoff movie, you would kind of. Wait and see where the wind took you after that movie, especially if that movie is a huge success. You'd think it could be a stepping stone to something else other than just going right back to the Godzilla well. I'm, you know, I didn't know that movie was such a giant hit. That Well, they had actually locked him up. Legendary had locked him up mm-hmm. for Godzilla before I think he was approached by Disney. Godzilla 2 even also. Godzilla 2. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's okay. like Legendary Pictures and uh, who else are they working with? Universal. They locked him up before Disney even approached him. I think Disney was kind of like waiting to see how this movie performed. Performed really well in the theaters. Made a lot of money. So are we still thinking that he's going to be doing the Boba Fett film? Yeah, I think I think we think that. Yeah. And I guess this is a good segue to... Um, I believe it's also Legendary Pictures that announced that they're going to do a uh, King Kong movie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Skull Island yeah. is the proposed name for yep. it. Head of Legendary Studios, Thomas Toll, he walked out on stage and he revealed that they are planning a Skull Island movie. And we all know Skull Island from the King Kong movies. You know, there's the the huge rock on the island uh, yeah. shaped like a human skeleton. Uh, you know, uh, a skull, excuse me. Uh, I mean, it's a it's a cool visual anytime you do see it. Um, the island is a place that time forgot, and there are still, like, dinosaurs living on the island. It's where King Kong rules, and he's worshipped by the natives on that island. Um, Thomas told he then showed some footage that they had been working on for the movie. The clip started showing a rainstorm pouring down over big waves in the ocean. There's audio narration included lines from The Heart of Darkness, which is a short novel by uh, Polish novelist Joseph Conrad. It was written as a frame narrative about Charles Marlowe's life as an ivory transporter down the Congo River in Central Africa. Uh, That goes, the narration is, going up that river was like traveling back to the beginning of the world when the plants ran wild and the trees were kings. Then the attendees at Comic-Con saw shots of an island, lush jungle, monkeys and creatures. Back to the narration where they say, being alone in the wilderness, it had looked within itself, and by heavens, I tell you, it had gone mad. We penetrated deeper and deeper into the heart of darkness. They then showed a cave on the island shaped like a skull. Then there was the reveal of the logo for legendary uh, Skull Island. Um, So now a lot of fans are now speculating... 
with uh, franchises, you know, going the route of the shared universe, <laughs> that we could see a King Kong versus Godzilla film. And um, what are you guys thinking? Yeah, I, I'd like to see that if these movies are good enough. I still haven't seen the first Godzilla movie, so I kind of have to hold my opinion, I think, a little bit. I'd love to see it as long as they actually show the fucking battles and make them the draw instead of trying to throw in the crappy human element. Yeah. Now, I've, I've heard um, that they announced that the Skull Island is going to be m- like an origin story for King Kong. We're going to find a, out. It's a prequel. We'll fi- it's a King Kong Begins. Well, you is, know, kinda. is this, is this going to be like – so is – is Peter Jackson's canon? No. In this one? No. It's not? No, I don't think so. Well, okay, if it is a prequel. Because, like, the King Kong with Peter Jackson, that was the only King Kong movie ever where they showed skeletons of previous Kongs. Like, oh. all the other movies, like, Kong had, like, ruled that island, and he was the only Kong. Yeah, I think that was just fan service. I don't think... I think that's Peter Jackson's King Kong. Yeah. And stands outside of canon for like King Kong canon. And I know there was Son of Kong and all that other stuff. Yeah. Like before Kong, they're saying like he was the first Kong. So yeah, Peter Jackson's had like, there were skeletons of dead Kongs. I remember that. So I'm not a big fan of the Peter Jackson King Kong. Can I tell you that? That's fine. Yeah. Yeah. I liked it. The ice skating scene, I thought it was at least 45 minutes too long. It was about 45 minutes too long. Um, But I liked a lot of it. I think it's a taste it for me. (laughs) Yeah. I did see it with my brother who was like, um, I think he was like six or seven and he cried when King Kong died. Yeah. And that was pretty fun. Oh, spoilers. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Somebody would have to correct me if I remember right. I think – I mean that came out right when we were in the middle of the battle of HD DVD versus Blu-ray. It came out in 2006. Yeah. yeah it, it came out free with the uh, – HD DVD player. The yeah. HD DVD player. I mean even the one that went uh, to the Xbox 360, which, yeah, I don't know how many people remember that. But, yeah. Uh, I do. I had the Heroes Edition. It was like you? a limited Heroes Edition with original artwork from the Heroes TV show. Oh, wow. So Of yeah. the Xbox 360? Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, you know what's also crazy about King Kong is they have no writer, no director, but they're already pushing for November 4th, 2016. Wow. I just want, I want you guys to think about this, like this shared universe thing, back to the King Kong versus Godzilla thing. Yeah, I like a giant monster shared universe. I want you to think about this, though. Does it make sense? Uh, okay, I, and they could do it differently, but like I was thinking about this for a second. If they did that, then this would be the largest King Kong that we've ever seen on screen because if you watch King Kong in the Peter Jackson film, yeah, he was 25 feet tall. Okay. Okay. Godzilla in the Gareth Edwards film yes. was 355 feet tall. Holy oh, shit. wow. So we're used to seeing, you know, King Kong climb sky, uh, like skyscrapers. We're not used to seeing him actually be the size of a skyscraper. Yes. So this would have to be a new vision envisioning of King Kong. He would have to be the largest King Kong we've ever seen. Now, how did they... I mean, we've already had King Kong versus Godzilla in the old movies, right? Yeah. Didn't they juice up King Kong size in those movies, too? They may have, but as far as, like... the, I'm just going off of the Peter Jackson film. I, gotcha. I couldn't tell you the... But And I do know for a fact that the Godzilla in the Gareth Edwards film was the largest one that was ever on screen. So gotcha. all previous... You know, That's a very good point you're making. It might be silly to have a Kong that big. Uh, yeah, a, a King Kong, because like King Kong, I mean, when he climbed the Empire State Building, it's not like he 
he had to climb it. Yeah, he could use the Empire State Building for a toothpick to be at a size where he'd be a formidable opponent right. for Godzilla. Right. Yeah. So the easiest way to do that is just to say that Peter Jackson's isn't canon, and then try to bring King Kong into the world of Godzilla, or just not do it at all. Well, yeah, that'd probably be the easiest way to do it is not do it, like not do a crossover. Yeah, but I kind of want to see that, man. That'd be fucking badass. Yeah, but who do you root for? Uh, I don't know. Fuck. Probably Kong. I think he's more, as a human, you more relate to Kong. You, you, you know what? That's 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 Jake chanting USA, man. Yeah. You know what? It is, man. USA, USA. So, so fuck it, yeah. I hope we have a 400-foot King Kong, and I hope he just fucking lays Godzilla out on his ass. Yeah, that's right. USA, USA, USA. I don't even give a shit you know about what I hope, the I hope, is. I hope they fucking show him wearing Apollo Creed's <laughs> red, white, and blue fucking trunks. Yeah, out there too. I've got a right, when I chant, I've got a two by four right now that I'm waving up and down, going USA, <laughs> USA. Axel <laughs> Jim Duggan. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, this that's fun. Are we saving um all the Marvel DC stuff for the end and just yeah racking everything up Absolutely. up until then? It's like Absolutely. a fucking home run. All right, I've got, I've got one more thing I'm going to go over before we get into Marvel news, but. What do you guys have to share? Did you have like any cool comic book news or did you have any – Frank, did you have anything? Well, I want to – are we going to talk? Do you have Kevin Smith talk? No, I was intentionally leaving that out. Oh, let's talk Kevin Smith. You can talk Kevin Smith. <laughs> did, have, did you see the Tusk trailer? No, I've, I've heard about Tusk. Oh, I'm going to blow your mind here. Yeah. I, I am excited. Thank you. Really? What? Kevin Smith Holy movie. shit. Awesome. Isn't it about a man, over. a man who's turning into a walrus? <laughs> yeah, it's about a man who gets like basically kidnapped almost like Misery Annie Wilkes style. Really? And is this guy is forcing a walrus transformation onto him. Yeah. And the whole thing, oh, the trailer was so good. I, I was blown away by it. I couldn't believe it was Kevin Smith. It's like he's – um. You Re- need to see Red State. I, I guess I do. This this trailer was so great. This movie looks so creepy, but yet really funny. But not like funny in the like yeah. traditional Kevin Smith kind of funny, but like awkward funny. Right. And I can't wait till you see this trailer, Brian. I, I'm really excited for Tusk. I, I was like, I can't believe. I've been following Tusk and like the pre-production and like listening to him and like you know the podcast that he's on talking about it. But yeah. I didn't watch the trailer. Just. Because I didn't want to have to even bring it up on the fucking podcast. I know you're going to probably hate on this, Brian, but when uh, I had reported a few weeks ago about that fake script and then Kevin Smith went out of his way to actually address the fact that he did not do it, he threw in there that he was doing Tusk. And if I remember right, he had a a link to the trailer then, and I did not click on it because I'm like, this is fucking bullshit. I don't want to see this. Talk about what you're talking about, not nothing else. But uh, why yeah. do you have to turn? No, fuck you, Frank. Why do you nice this time? Why do you have to fucking turn Jake on me? God damn it! Seriously, <laughs> he, no, shut the fuck up. <laughs> I was being good. Finally, he's being good, and then you've got to play devil's advocate. No, shut up. I, I've heard it. I'm done with you. I'm done. I'm d- no, no more. No, I was super excited to see um, Haley Joel Osment is in this movie. Yeah, I didn't think he was even acting anymore. Yeah, um, they actually, I they were talking about it on uh, Tell Him Steve Dave, one of the podcasts under Smodco. Uh, yeah, uh, and they they were talking Haley Joel Osment and his buddy. They play podcasters. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And he's a podcaster, and this guy invites him to his place to um, give him an interview, and he, like basically begs the guy to come give him an interview. And the whole thing's basically a ruse. He just he kidnaps the guy and holds him captive, 
and forces an actual physical trying to physically transform this guy into a walrus. And it looked like a cross between a Kevin Smith movie and the human centipede kind of. And it, I mean, it was really, wow. the trailer's really creepy. It's hard to believe it's a Kevin Smith movie. This movie looked legitimately like, I wouldn't say scary, but it, it might make you uncomfortable at parts. It's kind of dark. Very dark. Wow. Very, very dark for really? Kevin Smith. Yeah, that's different from what we've seen from him. You, you need to see this trailer. I was Please blown away. Kevin Smith is inspired by his close-knit group of friends from a, with a lot of his movies. Clerks was about his experiences, you know, working in like, uh, you know, like the video store with his buddy Brian Johnson. Yeah. You know, and so a lot of his movies are inspired by, you know, growing up in New Jersey and a lot of his friends. I think this movie might might be inspired by like Walt Flanagan, who's like a big fan of like like the classic horror movies and like stuff like that. Walt Flanagan loves that kind yeah, of Yeah, I read he was planning the trilogy of movies kind of in the same vein. And I I'm gonna say this, I think the Tusk trailer is the best video footage I saw coming out of San Diego Comic Con. Wow. I was blown away by it. Wow, Holy we don't shit. even have to ask you about it. Now you just spoiled the rest of our podcast about all these <laughs> Yeah, it was my favorite thing I saw. It came out of complete left field. Did you see the Horns trailer? Yes, I did. Yeah. When I clicked on it, I was like, why am I even clicking on this Kevin Smith garbage? I just I'm I I you know, I'm just trying to watch everything. And then, wow. I, and then it was over, and I was like, "Wow, I think I'm more excited about that than anything I've seen." This you makes know, me happy. I, you know what though? I mean, <laughs> if I, you bring up something uh, negative no, no, about no, no, Kevin no, 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 Smith no. after I'm finally getting this guy to like one thing the guy's done, <laughs> I'm no. going to go over there and wring your neck. No, it's I didn't cool. Think he could ever do anything I would like ever again. That's kind of the thing you. is I'm that the fact away. that the fact that Jake's into it makes me definitely want to check it out. I can't wait till you see it, Frank. Text me after you see it. Yeah, I'll, I'll do that tonight. I'll text you the link after the show. I'm gonna, I'm gonna buy Red State and make you watch that. I will watch it. <laughs> I really enjoy can. I watch Red it. State. I have all the streaming services. Can I watch it on any of them, like Netflix or Hulu or you anything like that? You might be able that? to. I'm not sure, but check it out. All right. Red State is definitely wor- worth a viewing. Like me growing up, like in church and stuff like that. Yeah, watching this movie, I really, really enjoyed it. So um, nobody else has anything. Um, no. We can go in. L- let me double check real quick, but okay. I think we're pretty much ready for Marvel and I've DC. I've got one more thing. That's the guys. stuff everyone wants to talk about is the Marvel DC. Yeah, I know. Everybody's waiting for the Marvel DC stuff. The Marvel I-, DC I can't blame stuff. them, I'm um, really quickly, um, I-, I was really excited by the Mad Max trailer. I had Brian watch it before we started recording. Yeah. and yeah. Um, Great action scenes, man. That wasn't even on my radar before uh, San Diego Comic-Con. Yeah. But I thought the trailer was really good. You can, It's actually, you can see it online. Warner Brothers uh, released it officially. Yeah. So you can go to their website and see it. Yeah, the only big draw was like Tom Hardy was going to be in it. Yeah, Charlize Theron is in it too, I yeah, believe. I wow. But for me, yeah. You know, she's okay, but I mean, I like her. I get me don't get me wrong, I like her, but like, you know, it was Tom Hardy. I like everything he's done pretty much. Yeah. yeah. Was it uh Warrior? Except for was it was he in Gangster Squad? I have not seen Gangster Squad. I can't remember. Was it Warrior the movie where he had to fight his brother in like, that the UFC? Was great. Oh yeah, it was fucking such awesome. A, such a good movie. Very good movie. Very Tom good. Hardy is pretty good. Yeah, he is. I'm a big fucker for dude. His traps, his trapezius muscles, it's fucking in crazy. They were nuts. He was huge. He was a fucking animal in that movie. It was good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, he was. <laughs> <laughs> I got the giggles a little bit again here. What else do we got before we can jump into Marvel and DC? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make these people wait as long as I can. Just bring up as much <laughs> in, insignificant bullshit. Foreplay to, before to you To stall the Marvel and DC as much as we can. 
Destiny, Destiny. I've been giving out beta codes for Destiny, and now it's fucking free to everybody. I don't know if people are going to be able to get in on it. I think it ends the 28th. I'm not sure what time. but Let's uh, let's do it. Let's talk Marvel and DC. There's so much. No, I got one more thing. Oh, okay. All right. You got something. Good deal. This is probably the most exciting news that came out of Comic-Con. There's a new cartoon. It's coming to Adult Swim. It's the most bizarre concept I've ever heard of in my entire life. <laughs> it's called Mike Tyson's Mysteries. Holy Whoa. shit. And it, st- <laughs> and it stars the voice acting of the real Mike Tyson. <laughs> and the trailer looks absolutely hilarious. The animation is the old school Hanna-Barbera animation. Holy shit. And it looks like an episode of Scooby-Doo. <laughs> it stars Mike Tyson as himself. And he's joined by a ghost called the Marquis of Queensberry, his adopted Korean daughter, and a talking pigeon played by Norm MacDonald, <laughs> which is hilarious because was uh, I love Norm MacDonald. Well, Tyson, Mike Tyson, wasn't he in the media for owning all those pigeon pens? Yeah, and like, wasn't there like a rumor that he wasn't cleaning up after them, and there's like pigeon shit all over the place? And- yeah. Like, didn't he get his pigeons taken away from him or something? Something like that, yeah. And he had ferrets, too. Like, when he was married with Robin Givens, and Robin Givens would, like, (laughs) after they got divorced, was talking about how they're like, there's ferret shit all over the place. Oh, Jesus. (laughs) I'm just fucking looking at a picture of him. Hold on, hold on. Let me get through this, Chief. (laughs) The premise of the show is if people have, like, a problem (laughs) or a mystery that they want solved... Frank, (laughs) take it down a goddamn notch. Let me get through this. Sure, sure, sure. (laughs) Remember that San Diego excitement I wanted you to have? Tone it back. Put that on the back burner. (laughs) Right, sure. (laughs) The premise of the show is if people have a problem or a mystery that they want to be solved, they call Mike Tyson to fix it for them. Some people they just call him so that they can he can pick them up from the airport or like help them decide on which house to buy. But then the stories get into more supernatural stuff. I don't have a release date as to when this will be airing. It's for sure going to happen, though? Yes. What network? Adult Swim. Cartoon Network. That's hilarious. Uh, But it looks hilarious, and the trailer is on YouTube. And I give the trailer for the idea for this show a Tupperware. And I'm going to play the trailer as we break the audio from it. I give it a Tupperware, too. Just from the animation alone, I got to give it a Tupperware because Frank, we didn't even need to ask you. The whole time you're getting your rating and you're laughing like a maniacal. You got to see this; it's so good. Just the pictures of him drawing. <laughs> I'm a pugilist specialist. Frank, is, you're on an island of your own. You're no, on the no, no. island of Frank. I'm yeah. totally looking it up right now, man. I'm I know seeing you pictures are, Frank. Of the guy. I can, I can, they I, got everything, including his fucking it's tooth It's very gap. audible. <laughs> it's very audible that you are on that site yeah, right that's now. That's cool, yeah. I'm, I'm aware that you're there, Frank. Cool. I think everybody else is, too. Yep. Frank can't wait for this show. I know. Fuck yeah, I can't. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I'm going to go ahead. We're going to stop. We're going to break, and I'm going to play... And this is that's and Frank just broke his iPad. He just broke his iPad. This is what you get, Frank. You need to a little bit. Frank, come on, take it down a notch, Chief. Did you? Oh, it's got a scratch. Nope, that's hair. Yeah, it looked like it hit the corner. I don't think you had screen contact. Seriously, Frank, watch out the concrete floors though. They scare me. 
Oh, gee. It's <laughs> crazy. Mike Tyson it's in what his I get. Uh, I'm trying hat. to show Jake just, just, some shit. Yeah. You know, when you're going to cause yourself bodily harm or break electronics, Frank, you're taking it over the line there, man. <laughs> I mean, I know it's funny. But mean, electronics, yeah, mean electronics don't get along very And well. words, apparently. Right. <laughs> Word crimes. <laughs> All right. Let's take a break so Frank can, uh, I don't know, calm down a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we'll watch the trailer and come back. Drink All a right. glass of warm milk, Frank. New. Every one of them has a message from someone that needs the help solving the mystery. Oh man, oh man. It's so dark. I can't see my hand in front of my face. Oh shit. It's a chupacabra. He, he beat me with his mouth. Oh. Michael, why are you smiling? Because now I know what I have to do. I'm going to use my fist to beat the shit out of Chupacama. The only thing I've never beaten the shit out of yet. I haven't been sleeping well. Why haven't you been sleeping well? It's because you're a ghost and you can see through your eyelids? No, you know, I just find I can't turn my brain off at the end of the day you know i just i lie there worrying about the dumbest things it's ridiculous and the next day i'm tired and a bitch to everyone around me and uh, and i don't know how i feel about you going away to college well we have to talk about it at some point i'm 18 18 where did the time go i remember it like it was yesterday you were just a little baby but you told me, stop living for yourself. Who is my mother, and why did she leave me on Mike Tyson's doorstep when I was a baby? Probably because she didn't want you. There, mystery solved. What the is this? Guys, do you remember what we're here for? No. The open bar. I can't go. I have an internet whore coming over tonight. Oh. You know, the second they see you're a pigeon, they're not going to have sex with you. Yeah, every once in a while they do. Ain't got no time for bursect. I want to fly. Okay, that can't be a song. Yeah, that was a song. Ain't got no time for bird sex, man. Yes, don't have no time for bird sex. Just tell me one more time. Oh, shit. No more time for bird sex. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna try to play it when we're synced up. Look how classic Hanna Barbera it is, where they got a ghost. I've always fucking found him hilarious, man. He broke him. <laughs> <laughs> broke. He's broke. 
Oh, shit. Is that normal? Yeah. That's right, everybody. You've been listening to Frank watching the Mike Tyson's Mysteries. Oh, you were recording yeah, that? Yeah, I was recording this entire <laughs> You broke him. You broke Frank. <laughs> and that was real. I'm glad, you re- I'm glad you recorded that. So people people out, out there will, will, won't accuse Frank of just acting excited for yeah. something. Like it's fake. This is in real life how Frank reacted to this. He's a broken man. <laughs> I have never gotten this much enjoyment from anything in my entire yeah, I life. Know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking love Mike Tyson anyway. We know. It's, it's so fucking great. Hey, Frank, I'm going to blow your mind here. Think yeah, about yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A cartoon starring Mike Tyson and Maisie Williams. Oh my god. Oh, come on. That's two different things. It's so fucking good. <laughs> <laughs> Maisie Williams should be the voice for Mike Tyson, maybe. The best, the, the best thing about this is the fact that it's his fucking voice, man. It's just, it's so good. You know, you can't even get better than if somebody was fucking mocking him. It's just so fucking good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can't believe you recorded that. That's hilarious. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm seriously like, I don't know if I'm entertained or just like, <gasps> I'm, yeah, entertained slash worried. It's yeah. so far out of context of anything in the real world. It's exactly what I fucking needed right now. <laughs> it's fucking medicine. Well, we know for what my Frank's day. favorite thing out at San Diego Comic Con was. Oh shit! I didn't even know about this. This is fucking great. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, Frank, I've got a dinner with schmucks coming up next week. Yeah. I want to take you. Fuck, no. I've seen the movie. I know how that shit goes. No way, man. I'm the ass of my own jokes, not somebody else's. Oh, jeez. All right, yeah. Uh, we'll take a break and we'll come back. <laughs> a real break uh, this time. With Marvel and DC news. No Mike Tyson. We'll try to fix Frank. Wow. I'll be all right. Come wow. On. Wow, <laughs> it was so good. <laughs> I couldn't tell. I couldn't have told. So, so, yeah, really. Tell. <laughs> right. I, I, what do I rate it? <laughs> oh shit! Yeah, get it together. Get it together. Get it together, dude. Uh-huh. I don't know. That was. It was kind of like I don't know. Like I'm sure it was funny for everybody else, but it was yeah. a little horrifying watching Frank <laughs> kind of melt down <laughs> in laughter. Yeah. Wow. That was I was nuts. just sitting back and like watching this in awe. 
I didn't know if he was going to like flip over the table. I, I, yeah. <laughs> once he threw iPad, I thought maybe I should secure mine. Yeah. Did they get to hear that? Y'all, y'all yeah, that happened on, on air. I was trying to show Jake something as I pulled it up, and I fucking dropped my iPad right on his fucking concrete, concrete floor. And I got a crack in it. It's not on the screen. I don't give a shit about that. But, oh, my God, it's so good. It was fucking worth it. <laughs> yeah, they heard. Yeah, yeah, it was. Oh my god, that made my week. That's fucking therapy right there. <laughs> That's hilarious. Wow. <laughs> I don't know if that was therapy or maybe you should seek therapy. <laughs> yeah. They have tried, man. There's no fucking fixing me. No, I'm just glad you had a good time with that. Tra- I oh, had so no good. idea that that trailer was going to elicit that reaction. Yeah, wow. That good, was just good job, right? I know. Hell yes. <laughs> wow. It's so far out of fucking left field, man. It's so cool. That's what I said. I said at the beginning, I said this is the most bizarre thing to come out of Comic-Con. But you know what? I think your reaction is the most bizarre <laughs> thing that's ever come out of that trailer. It's so good, man. You, you know, I mean, you think you're far out of left field. Like, okay, yeah, whatever. My, oh, my God. It's so good. You all got to check that why shit is, out. Why is Mike Tyson wearing Western clothing? <laughs> <laughs> it's, yeah, the cowboy hat and everything. Yeah. I was wondering. He's <laughs> driving around a fucking like little minivan, He's like, like a rich oil baron. <laughs> <laughs> He's driving around like a little Mike Tyson version of the Mystery Machine. It's so fucking good. Everything about it. Oh my god, I got to check that out. Hey, before we jump into the the Marvel DC movie stuff, um, I really wanted to talk real quick about, and we we can't talk real quick about anything. I don't know why we ever say <laughs> I want to talk real quick about something. Right. <laughs> Real quick means less than a half an hour, I think, sure. in, in our standards. But um, in the uh, Cup of Joe panel, which is the uh, Joe Casada, he does the Cup of Joe panel where they talk all the big oh, Marvel yeah, comic yeah. news. Yeah, they announced the uh, first three Star Wars comic books. Yes, and we didn't get much Star Wars news out of Comic Con, but we did get this. Do you and- think that that's going to be like a Star Wars celebration thing? Like that's where we're going to get our news now. I think it's it's not Star Wars celebration. It's whatever the um, the Disney Con is called in May. It's the D whatever. Yeah, uh, it's got like a number. Yeah. I forget what it's called or whatever. D twenty three. Yeah, it's the big D twenty three, the yeah. big Disney con. Yeah. I think that's where the big Star Wars hits are coming now. Yeah, yeah, I bet you're right. But um, they announced three new comics. One is just called Star Wars, which is like the main ongoing, and then two minis: uh, Star Wars Darth Vader and Star Wars Princess Leia. Is Mark Wade doing a book? Yes, I was going to announce all the teams Fucking real quick. A. Uh, it's all awesome. Yes, all three is going to take place after the events of uh, Episode Four. Um, the Star Wars main book is written by Jason Aaron and drawn by John Cassidy. Nice. Um, the Star Wars Darth Vader is uh, written by Karen Gillian. And uh, interior art by Salvador LaRocca with covers by a- Adi Granov. And then uh, Mark Wade is doing the uh, Princess Leia book. Oh, wow. Which is being drawn by uh, Terry Dodson. Oh, wow. So, And th- and they say that when one uh, miniseries ends, another one will start. There's always going to be like two perpetual Star Wars miniseries Marvel, going on. Marvel, seriously, take my money now. Yeah, and so we're going to... All three of those teams sound absolutely amazing. And I think we're going to see more teams. You know, I think we're going to see continual like Marvel top writers and artists getting to step up to the plate. Yeah. And take a crack at Star Wars, which is just my fanboy dream, basically. Now, do you think, okay, you know, Brian Wood was just doing the Star Wars books. And yes. all the Dark Horse books are going to end here in August. Yes. August is the last month. So, uh, Brian Wood's 
Brian Wood actually could do another Star Wars book in all actuality. Yeah, he's in very good terms with Marvel. Yeah. Um, I, I believe he still does one of the uh, Ultimate books currently going on by Marvel. I, correct me if I'm wrong about that. No, I think you're right. And I, I believe he does a mini here and there for Marvel. Yeah. He did some Ghost Rider stuff just recently with Marvel. Um, did he do the X-Men the adjectiveless X-Men book. The, he was involved with that yeah. at the end of, of its run. Yeah. Um, maybe since the beginning of its run. Yeah. Um, X-Men with the vampires and everything. I yeah. believe that was him yeah. and, and stuff. But yeah, um, yeah, Marvel take my money now. Seriously. I'll buy almost every book that comes out if they keep up this caliber of um, artists and writers on it and everything. Who else would you like to see on a book? I, I would really like to see um, the guy, uh, Jimmy Chung. I may be mispronouncing his name. But he, I think he did some of the original Sin work, and he did um, the Young Avengers, Children's Crusade. Yeah. He's one of my – I'd really like to see him draw Star Wars vehicles and stuff like that. It's, now, I just totally got onto the Marvel Universe, uh, Marvel Unlimited thing based yeah. on what you were talking about last week. I literally just signed up like the past couple of days. Is this something that's going to show up on that? The Star Wars stuff? Yeah, like in six months down the road. That's unknown. Unknown. Um, I hope it does. That'd be um, badass. I, I bet it probably will. I bet it probably will. But I'll be, I don't buy any paper comics right now, and I will be buying these comic books. I'd I like will to have see, to have these. I'd like to see Matt Fraction on a, on a Star Wars title. Matt Fra- I'd like to see Jonathan Hickman do Star Wars. Oh, wow. How, how yeah. fucking concept crazy would that be? Oh, wow. It's got to be something they got to talk to him about, absolutely. And, and his team, too. Uh, Dustin Weaver doing vehicles and yeah. stuff like that. Oh, my yeah. God. I mean, the the possibilities are endless with um, who Marvel has doing writing and, and art right now. Do you think these stories are going to be canon? Yes. I think they've announced that they're going to be canon. They have? Yeah, at the, at the con. They announced that they will be canon. Okay. That they've been working closely. Oh, where did I see that? Actually, our buddy Star Joe's posted a really good article about it on nice. their Facebook page and they talk about how they'll, they'll be like they're going to make these Aaron says he's going to make this a big event That's you know awesome. as big of an event as any other Star Wars thing he can you know they couldn't have picked anybody better than Jason Aaron no Jason Aaron's great yeah he is it's going to be funny it'll be dramatic he, yeah. he's got the stuff I mean no knock against Brian Wood but I'm, oh yeah I'm really pumped for this Star Wars ongoing yeah yeah. So, and that Brian Wood Star Wars book is good, but it still wasn't the best Star Wars book. It is good. I I wasn't reading Star Wars comics and I I jumped on and read the first yeah. 5 issues of that just yeah. to check it out. It still wasn't as good as the Star Wars Legacy book that they had coming out at the same time. No, I remember you saying that cuz they both kind of launched right then. Yeah. Yeah, I'm excited for Marvel to take back Star Wars. Yeah, absolutely. It'd be cool. I'm really excited for that. Yeah. All right, let's get into Marvel news. Uh, some, sh- you know, little small stories for Marvel news. Uh, Lucy Lawless will be joining the cast of Marvel's Agents of Shield. Mm-hmm. So that is a thing that is happening. So that's kind of cool. That is cool. I don't know. I dropped off after the end of the uh, the the mid season. I plan on watching it like a like a marathon of it at some point here. When it hits one of the streaming services. I'm with you, Jake. I saw the first episode and thought it was good. I got halfway through the second episode and I was like, meh. Yeah, the but, second episode was pretty rough and yeah. I just never came back to it after that. But, uh, you know, with everything as far as like the tie-in stuff with the Winter Soldier, you know, I really got to get caught up. I kind of want to see how that all pans out. They dropped the Agent Carter trailer at yes. Comic-Con. yes. I'm excited about that. Yeah. Uh, Tara Butters and Fazekas are the showrunners, uh, two of my favorite people. That they were the showrunners for Reaper, one of my favorite shows. 
and it looks like uh, they have some uh, great talent uh, that's going to be behind them as far as like directorial wise and even writers. Uh, I'm very impressed with all the news that I'm hearing coming out of the show. I think that this I'm going to make a prediction. Agent Carter is going to be better than Marvel Agents of Shield. Ah, I'll back that. I'll co-sign that. Um, I really think um, they've got the same director as the Captain America Winter Soldier directing episodes of the show. Yeah, Joe Russo and Anthony Russo uh, will be directing the second and third episodes of Agent Carter. Joe Johnson yeah. wants to direct the fourth episode, uh, but nothing's been finalized. And Christopher Marcus and Stephen McFeely have written the pilot episode. They wrote Captain America the Winter Soldier. That's a deep line of talent right there, man. You know what else I'm excited about about this show? Um, they've said Howard Stark is going to play a big part in it. And they've, he's still going to be played by now. What, what? They've teased that. They, te- they teased they tease, oh, they, oh, gotcha. they tease the actor. Gotcha. They don't know. But I think it is. I hope so. I think he was is. so great in he Captain America. He was. As that character. Yeah. So I'd like to see. He'd be great. He's a lot of comic relief and quirkiness from Howard Stark. From what I understand, the character is going to be there, but they tease the actual actor. So, gotcha. But I think I think that's what they're going to ultimately lead to. I don't think they want to like let the cat out of the bag yet. I, want, I think they want it to kind of be a surprise. Gotcha. So. Yeah, I, I hope so. Yeah. Kind of like, you know, dropping like, you know, Samuel Jackson on the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. episode or, yeah. or like Colby Smolders and stuff like that. You know, mm-hmm. you got you to gotta keep something in your hip pocket, man. So the rap has reported that three-time Oscar nominee Joaquin Phoenix is in talks with Marvel to be Doctor Strange in the new film directed by horror film director Scott Derrickson. Uh, then later, the Hollywood Reporter confirmed this, and they also added, the deal is further along than just the offer stage. So it is confirmed that he's had talks with the studio, and it sounds like these talks are going somewhere. Wow. I I Tupperware this. I, I hope he gets it. Really? You think Joaquin Phoenix is the right guy for it? Yeah, I think Doctor Strange is someone that is quirky and hard to read. You know, he's kind of really eccentric. You just explained Johnny Depp to me. And see, now I'm not... Yeah. Yeah, I you don't see know. see what I'm saying? Now? I understand what you're saying. But, but that do, is, you, do you really want to see Johnny Depp as Doctor Strange? I don't want to see Johnny Depp as Doctor Strange. But I do. I don't want to see Doctor Strange as just like... The say is just some you know guy that knows magic. He's got to have some kind of quirkiness to it. From Absolutely. somebody that doesn't have a big comics background... Uh, I'm not real familiar with Doctor Strange, but I, I've i got a lot of faith in Joaquin Phoenix. I mean, he's a good actor. I mean, he's got some chops, so I think he'd probably be able to wrap his head around anything they can throw at him. Yeah, I mean, Academy Award-winning actor, Joaquin Phoenix, right? Right. Mm, he's a nominee. He didn't win for Walk the Line? Pretty sure he didn't. I think he was a three-time nominee. He's okay. still pretty fucking tough. Yeah. Man. I'm, not turning, I'm not taking anything away right, from right. the guy. Yeah. No, but when Jake said, you know, quirky, eccentric, I was thinking, you know, that a lot of people, that's how they view Johnny Depp. But do we yeah. really want to see that guy in there? Johnny I, Depp, no, but I think Joaquin Phoenix kind of can toe the line between being a character actor and also, like, bring some real substance to the role. Well, I haven't, I haven't rated it. You know, I haven't rated it yet. Um, I'm still hoping for Jared Leto. That's who I'm still hoping for. I'd be fine with either of them. I think they're both fantastic. But um, 
I'm not opposed to Walking Phoenix. I'm going to give Walking Phoenix a taste it for now. I agree. I'm going to taste it too. So, yeah, I Tupperware both choices, but I Tupperware Lita. Yeah, or Anson Mount just because of his look. Yeah, see, that's why I'm scared of Anson Mount. I 100 percent agree with you of the look, but as far as having the chops to play Doctor Strange. Yeah, I, I worry that he'd be a one-dimensional. I'll Doctor be Strange. honest with you. I've only seen him in um, Hell on Wheels. Yeah, and he plays that character, so I don't know what kind of range he has. Right. But uh, yeah, and, that's where I'm coming from. And it's a pipe dream. They're not going to get Anson Mount to be no. Doctor Strange. Yeah. Like, I'd taste yeah. Anson Mount. The I, guy's got a headline a movie. Yeah, you know, it's not like he gets like it's not like Chris Pratt where he gets to come in to a Guardians of the Galaxy movie. He's got to be this person is Doctor Strange. Well, guys. You, on the flip side, I mean, they've used the formula where you didn't know the actor before, and it's worked out quite well for him. Chris Hemsworth. Chris Hemsworth is a household right. name now. Yeah. So it's not like you have to get, you know, Joaquin Phoenix or you have to get, you know. No. If Anson Mount had the chops, if they did a screen test and they were like, wow, this guy's great, then he nails the look. And yeah. I 100% agree with you. Yeah. But I'm iffy on whether or not he would have the chops. Yeah. Well, I'm right there with you. Yeah. I love Anson Mount. I think he plays a great dark character. He does, but as for dark and eccentric, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Because it's going to be a tough role to pull off. It is. Yeah. Joaquin Phoenix, I think he can do it. I mean, I think this guy can crawl inside the head of the character. Yeah. It's just, there's just something just keeping me from giving this a Tupperware. There's just just something. I know what you mean. It's hard to put words on. I mean, I'm, I'm going to taste it too on uh, Joaquin Phoenix. I, I think he's got the chops, but there there is something weird about it, I can't put my finger on it. That it might not work. I know. Out. I maybe. I might know what's a little bit weird about it. It's Yaquin doesn't seem much like a studio player. He's such an eccentric guy in the first place. It's hard to imagine him being part of this kind of thing. Same thing with Jared Leto. Yes, but yeah. I would love to see him doing yeah, it. Both of them. It's kind of weird. It, it is. I mean, these guys are mostly guys that are doing kind of like indie films. Like Joaquin doesn't do like these huge big budget films anymore like he used to. Like with yeah. Signs and Gladiator. He's doing kind of like your, I don't know, l- lower budget indie films that get a lot of accolade. Like, uh, you know, what was that one? The the one that he did. I can't remember. Oh, yeah. Just recently. Not her, right? Not her. Okay. But that's a good example. Yeah, it's scary though when you get someone like that, like either choice, Leto or, or Phoenix, because it's like you know you're gonna want that character to be in to be in more movies. That's why they got to wrap him up for like yeah. a three or four picture deal. Yeah, as much as I love Ruffalo, I, I hate having to see the actor change every fucking movie. It'd yeah, be, it'd be nice if we can for sure get the guy. Yeah, the kind of thing with Joaquin Phoenix is I don't know if he'd commit. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. I'm scared of that. Like what? Yeah. I don't. I can't imagine him wanting to be in Avengers three and if there was with no. Okay, I don't think Marvel's going to just offer him a one-picture deal. No. Either, okay? But the thing that we've heard is that deal the the deal is a little bit – the talks are a little bit further along than just the offer stage. Mm-hmm. So it sounds like they're getting down to <laughs> scheduling maybe, things like that. So it sounds like this is something that could happen. Okay. So you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean it sounds like – I'm sure the offer was very generous and – Maybe it just comes down to scheduling and, and other projects working around other projects. So I think that this could very likely happen. Yeah. So I'd like to see it. I mean, if they can hook him for a few episodes, man, oh, my God, he'd be cool. Yeah, I hope they do. He's deep and he's dark. 
Slash Film. They talked with uh, Kevin Feige about uh, the Doctor Strange movie. This is what he had to say about the direction of the film. Doctor Strange is a classic Marvel origin story because he's got one of the best origins ever. And it is our opportunity to take a left turn into the supernatural. Now, what is the definition of supernatural? It varies. We like the idea of playing with alternate dimensions. Doctor Strange, in a very Steve Ditko, crazy Astro Trip way, traveling through dimensions and traveling through other realms is something we think is very cool. And playing with perceptions of reality. I just watched the Neil deGrasse Tyson Cosmos series, which is amazing, and which may as well be an acid trip. It may as well be Doc Strange. It is a mind-bending series, all based in physics and based in quantum mechanics. And we're going to play a lot with the notion of that as an explanation for how the sorcerers do what they do. Notice he used the word sorcerers. Mm-hmm. That's exciting. So, yes, that means, of course... We could be seeing like the ancient one, who of course that he's involved in the in the story. That's the one who teaches him the skill, the, the these arts. Yeah, Easy Money's that Dormammu is the main villain of this movie. Absolutely. Too. So Dormammu. So and then uh, Baron Mordo. Yeah, that's a good one too. So yeah, I'm excited. I can't wait to see the Doctor Strange movie. I can't wait to see the costume. Yeah. Oh my God. Just every aspect about Doctor Strange movie. Yeah. I'm excited. Can you imagine a full Doctor Strange in costume in a Marvel movie? It's going to be crazy. I can't, when that first photo hits, it's going to be a, a mind fuck. I just want to see, like, what I want to fucking see is, like, another one of those, like, scenes where, like, you know, like in the Avengers, we had the iconic scene where they're panning around and showing all the Avengers. Yeah. I want to see, like, another scene of those with, like, all the new characters that we have doing things, like Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch. And then I just want to see Doctor Strange floating in, like, this zen-like, you know what I mean? That'd exactly. Awesome. It would be awesome. I have, like, motto around his neck. Yes. Yes. Yeah. That would be great. Oh, man. So, yeah, looking forward to Doctor Strange. I think Scott Derrickson's a good choice as director. So, yeah, well, I think we're going to hear casting hopefully soon. Did they confirm a date for Doctor Strange? Didn't that happen? <sighs> yeah, I think they did. I don't have it. Oh, yeah. I, at the very least, think they're directionally correct. I mean, at least they're not going somewhere out of the box for it. I think they are going somewhere out of the box for it. Not anywhere you would expect that, like, you're questioning it, like, on the level of like Ben Affleck as Batman, doing I mean, a Doctor Strange, no. doing a Doctor Strange movie to begin with is going out of the box. And I am, and I think it's questionable that Marvel would trust it with some guy that's just done a bunch of horror movies. Yeah, I think it's very out of the box. Yeah, Joaquin? No, no, Scott, Scott Derrickson. Derrickson oh, oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Gotcha. I was talking about the casting. Oh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Well, it hasn't. It's not official. Right. It's all right. speculation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, I go with the casting though, man. I don't, think, I don't cool. think that Joaquin's too out of the box. No, no I don't either. Fuck They're no looking hippie. at. Then what's your point? I'm just talking to this awesome man. No, you said something like, "Oh, I'm total. I'm lost now." Yeah, I'm lost too. That's okay. Whatever. We'll get back. Yeah, <laughs> back on track. No, I think that's Marvel's looking at guys that can play an eccentric character, an yeah. eccentric dark character. So. Joaquin kind of makes he kind of fits that mold, so I agree. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, I want to see character actor Jared Leto. That's who I want. Yeah, that'd be interesting. Maybe they can get him to be the villain. Maybe they can get both Leto and Phoenix to be in the movie. Holy shit! Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that'd be pretty awesome. Uh, I just want to point out if you're not reading Original Sin right now, which is Marvel's summer comic event, then you are missing out on one of the coolest team ups in history 
where we get Doctor Strange teamed up with the Punisher. And that is awesome. That'd be cool Bizarre. Shit. Yeah, for, and Aaron is writing that too, right? Yes. So I'm sure that's good. It's bizarre, man. It's so. really bizarre watching these two interact. Is it funny? Another. It's very funny. Yeah. Yeah, the back and forth between them is hilarious. <laughs> you know, just two totally different characters. You know, yeah. it's just, it's really Does good. Punisher have magical ammo? Well, Punisher was involved in Doctor Strange-like stuff at one point. People like to forget it, but that stupid shit where he had the, he was like a demon and he had that glowing sigil on his forehead. Yeah. And they relaunched the whole line and everything yeah. and made him like all involved in Doctor Strange's universe and shit. Right. So some funny stuff. Yeah. This one, um, it's, it's pretty good because like Doctor Strange will be going into like different realms and things like that and the Punisher will be right there with him. <laughs> you know, it's really interesting to see like Doctor Strange walking around like being all mystical and shit. And what did they do? Put all the heroes names in a hat and pick out pairings? There, somebody, uh, you'll find out in the issues that somebody was behind the pairings in these and the pairings are so weird, dude. It's like, uh, one of the pairings is Moon Knight, um, the Winter Soldier and Gamora. Isn't Rocket with someone crazy? Um, oh, I can't remember who Rocket's with. Uh, yeah, there's just uh, there's Black Panther, and he's paired up. With, I, I can't remember all the uh-huh. pairings, but gotcha. they're, they're they're really crazy. So, all right, uh, Hall H. Let's get into some Hall H stuff. They start H. as uh, this. Let's get into the Marvel panel at Hall H. Hall H was packed, of course, as they started the Marvel panel. They dim the lights, and the crowd went nuts. And I thought that they were going to have Loki come back again this yeah, year. Yeah, they, they teased it on it Twitter with, they too. Did with, with that, that uh, scepter? scepter yeah, yeah, on Twitter they teased it. Yeah, and no, I didn't. No Loki this year. Yeah, not to jump ahead, but even like the Brolin stuff. Like if they were going to do that, it would have been cooler if they'd had him come out in character. Well, I don't. I think it's going to be mocap CGI. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So gotcha. I think they did what they could. Yeah. Um. It's kind of like that year that, you know, uh, Robert Downey Jr. came out there with, like, the Iron Man hand on. Yeah. So um, they dimmed the lights, and the crowd just started to go nuts. The crowd started doing, like, the wave. Uh, The first up on the panel was the Ant-Man cast. Paul Rudd, he came out on stage, and he revealed that it's his first Comic-Con and that he's a Comic-Con virgin. Then he says that it's unbelievable, and he's honored to be a part of everything. He goes on to say that he's been acting as a job for a while, but being an Ant-Man is something else entirely, and he's thrilled to be working with such great people. Then Michael Douglas, who's playing Hank Pym, comes out and says that he's popped enough cherries himself. (laughs) (laughs) He's always looked uh, vicariously at Marvel Studios with envy because he's always played these realistic characters in his career. He's looking forward to this new experience, playing a comic based on a Stan Lee writing Dr. Pym in 1962, a man who developed a serum that allowed people to reduce themselves to ant-sized and to communicate with them. This movie is a story about one ant-man passing the mantle to his successor. Um, They then introduced uh, Evangeline Lilly and then Corey Stahl, uh, and they have been cast in the Marvel Cinematic Universe as the female lead and uh, the antagonist, respectively. So, Yellow Jacket, I heard, right? Yeah. Um, the uh, Corey Stahl will be playing Yellow Jacket. Yep. Yeah, I got it right here. Lily, uh, Lily will play Hope Van Dyne, the daughter of Hank Pym, and then Stoll, he'll play Darren Cross, a.k.a. Yellow Jacket, um, the villain. So... 
Corey Stoll, he, he's the one who took over for Patrick Wilson, who left recently as uh, Darren Cross. Yeah, I found it fascinating that um, they, they said that um, Van Dyne is Hank Pym's daughter, and she has the last name Van Dyne. So right. we know all that connection's going on there. Yeah. So, because Janet Van Dyne, if people don't know out there, is the wasp, the wasp. in the Marvel Universe. Yep. Um, Patrick Wilson, he was the guy, He didn't he play in The Watchmen? Patrick Wilson. Let Wasn't me, he the owl I, you in know, The Watchmen? I, I'm not 100% on that. I'm sorry. Cannot confirm. I'm looking. Stall, stall. Frank's fucking tw- live tweeting as we're doing an episode. <laughs> Get your head in the game. No, I'm yeah. in the game, man. I just don't no, have anything to contribute. Well, then listen and learn. I'm listening and learning. I'm live, multitasking. You must live be, tweeting. Like he's got fucking fans out there. You must be right. Oh, yeah, he's the he was in The Conjuring. He's the main guy from The Conjuring. Was he in Watchmen? It says Watchmen, yes. Yeah, he was the owl, I think, right? Uh, I can't look that up fast enough. But there's, nah, don't worry there's what he looks like, if it helps you. That's him. Yeah. Yeah, so Darren Cross is the villain of the Scott Lang version of Ant-Man Origin. Um, he's the head of Cross Technological Enterprises. Uh, he grew the company to rival Stark... Uh, enterprises, but Cross was diagnosed with a rare heart condition and used his tech to create a nuclear organic pacemaker to save his life. The device worked, but it mutated Cross, giving him superhuman abilities, but also he was burning out of his heart quickly. Um, heart transplant would work, but only last for short periods of time. Um, so, yeah, exciting. Exciting Ant-Man news. There was uh, footage... Oh, yeah, hold on. Uh, Darren Cross, it led him to kidnap Dr. Erica Sondheim to save him and unwilling donors from the slums. Scott Lang was also in need of Sondheim to save his daughter, Cassie, leading the ex-con to steal the Ant-Man costume to try and rescue the good doctor. A battle between Cross and Ant-Man led to Cross burning out his heart and dying. So Hmm. that's kind of like the origin between those two characters. I wonder if they're going to keep that kind of like in line with... With uh, the cinematic universe, yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah, I um, I heard that Peyton Reed kind of had of a mixed uh, reception from the fans. Oh, I bet. Yeah, you know, I mean, Edgar Wright is always so well received at the cons and so loved at every con. Yeah, people go nuts for him. I so. saw people with signs that said Edgar Wright was right. Yeah, at the con and everything. <laughs> right. Yeah. So. Uh, there was some footage shown of the Ant-Man film, and uh, here's a description of that footage from Cinema Blend. The first of the two sequences began in a laboratory where we hear, but we don't see, Dr. Hank Pym talking with Scott Lang. Pym wants to take Lang under his wing and do a job for him, but Lang is extremely resistant to this idea. As the camera pans around to the left, Pym goads his young friend into taking the gig, saying that superheroes are a joke and that he should be trying to do the right thing before asking if someone has shrunk Lang's balls. Holy shit. The camera then lands on an Ant-Man helmet sitting on a table. Lang reluctantly agrees, and Pym reassures him by telling him that it's a small job. We then cut to a rooftop where Lang is wearing the Ant-Man suit, and has shrunk down to insect size. He is clearly still very uncomfortable with the whole thing and just a bit uncoordinated as he runs, trips, and falls on his face. Pym communicates with him over a radio and tells him to work on communicating with ants as a, fly- as a flying one comes down 
from above and lands right in front of the newbie superhero. Lang attempts this, but fails. Apparently, his fall has damaged the translator device within the helmet. After a few frustrating moments, Pym tells him that he has run out of time and that he needs to do, uh, and what he needs to do is jump. Lang leaps off of the edge of the building, but as he is falling, he lands on the back of an ant that is flying as part of a swarm, and they take off towards a vent. Lang proclaims, okay, I got this. Oh, that sounds really cool. I, yeah. I wish I could have seen stills from this and everything. Yeah. Um, I heard they we don't did even... see the, We did see the San Diego Comic-Con poster. Though. I did yeah, see the I poster. Saw the poster. Um, I heard they don't even have a screenplay. Not a screenplay, but they haven't even started filming for this movie yet either. How do they have all this trailer footage already? No, Edgar Wright had started pre-production on this. Gotcha. They had started some filming. Okay. But it's all very rough cuts. There's no real special effects that have been added to this. It's gotcha. all very rough and raw footage. Huh. Yeah. So, I highly doubt – I'm sure you can hear people in the background talking and stuff like that. I mean I'm, I'm sure it was very rough. Gotcha. Huh. So from what I heard, uh, here are some tweets about the footage. Um, one tweet says, early footage from Ant-Man showed him trying to escape on an ant with the instruction of Pym in his helmet. Looks fantastic. I'm still in. Another tweet, Ant-Man clip showed a tiny-sized heist with Rudd having to fly across a room. Pretty cool visuals, likely constructed by – uh, at Edgar Wright. Yeah, I heard that that was based on the Edgar Wright stuff. Uh, another tweet was, wow, very impressed with that, what they showed us on Ant-Man. Another tweet was, Ant-Man looks a lot like demo footage, because it's demo footage. Mm-hmm. They start shooting in two weeks. Admittedly, not that cool. So, some some mixed reviews there. Yeah. Well, I mean, demo footage. I can see why sure. people would be like, because eh. what you describe sounds like a very um, special effects driven scene. Yeah. And if it's not even like tweaked out or finished, it's going to look really funky. Right. I'm sure they I just mean, put it out to try to generate some buzz because of all the problems they've had, but I don't know that what they put out is enough to overcome it. Do you think that any time in the movie, Paul Rudd is going to make an anti-joke about uh, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids? Oh, you know, I just rewatched Honey, I Shrunk the Kids last week. It's so sad when Auntie dies, right? Yeah, it is. I was sad when Auntie died. But do you think that Paul Rudd's going to... I don't I don't think so. Where does really? it, why does it even belong? Just because it's the other most famous cinematic aunt? Why, why wouldn't it not belong? The people that grew up watching yeah. Honey, I Shrunk the Kids are now the people that are going to be watching Ant-Man. Yeah. And just like Robert Downey Jr. calling, uh, you know, uh, uh, Loki, Reindeer Games, or calling uh, Hawkeye, Legolas. Ah, makes sense. Why not have Paul Rudd making a joke about Honey, I Shrunk the Kids and I don't Auntie? Know. I, I guess it's. I guess there's a chance. You know? So, so I would laugh. Maybe if an ant dies, he could drop like a, I don't know, a Honey, I Shrunk the Kids reference in there. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just, I guess I'm just thinking. Yeah, maybe. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Robert Downey Jr. came out on stage, and I what I heard is he he was like dancing. Well, I heard he was throwing roses to the crowd and dancing to Michael Jackson mu- music. I didn't hear that. Is what I heard too. Really? Yeah. You're killing me, Frank. Sorry, brother. What's going on? Pause. The, pause. Sorry, the brother. Right in the middle of the Marvel. Sorry, man. Yay, internet's working again. Yay. All right, guys, we're back. That was a break, man. Wow. <laughs> Uh, no, we just kind of like stepped away. Now we're back. Um, yeah, so Robert Downey Jr. came out on stage and he started. I think he, you said he was doing the Michael Jackson. Thing. Yeah, he was dancing to Michael Jackson. Let me go ahead and keep saying what you got to say, and I'll, I'll I'll figure out what's up with that. 
All right. Uh, yeah, I heard he was throwing roses to the crowd. Whatever. He was doing something. He was being Robert Downey Jr. Just being a big old clown. Being a big uh, ham on stage because people love him. He was joined by the Avengers Age of Ultron cast. Uh, you know, of course, Chris Evans, Jeremy Renner, Chris Hemsworth, Elizabeth Olsen, Aaron Taylor Johnson, Mark Ruffalo, Colby Smulders, and Samuel Jackson. No Scarlett Johansson, though. Uh, but she did say hi to the crowd via a pre-recorded message because she's at home. She is pregnant. Gotcha. Holy shit. Yeah, I got Robert Downey Jr. came out to uh, Don't Stop Till You Get Enough and then began began throwing roses into the audience. Oh, that's awesome. And the rest of the crowd came out after that. He's a showman. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. So uh, Mark Ruffalo, uh, during the con, he said that uh, people on the street, they only know him as the Hulk. I read this. Uh, Chris Hemsworth showed off a bicep to the ladies, and they all went nuts. I also, on that um, same about Mark Ruffalo, uh-huh. um, Robert Downey Jr. quipped that he should yell at him, it's Banner. Oh, nice. <laughs> Instead of it's Mark Ruffalo. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Chris Hemsworth then came out and he said uh, that uh, he loves the madness that goes along with being Thor. And this is one of the best experiences of his life. He also said that, you know, Thor turning into a woman mm-hmm. is something he'd want to play. And Jeremy Renner said that he'd make an ugly girl, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have an interesting quote from Hemsworth where he says, um, turn him into a woman, a woman. I don't want to speak too early yet and jinx it, but I think it could be my Oscar. <laughs> He's already got the L'Oreal hair going on. <laughs> Good call, Frank. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, uh, Paul Bettany, who plays the Vision, said that his kids love the fact that he's going to be playing a superhero. And James Spader, who's playing Ultron, said that playing an eight-foot robot was exciting and, and challenging. Uh, Slash Film, they talked with uh, uh, Paul Bettany about his powers as the Vision, and he said... He has the ability to change his density, and that is, that's awesome, and exploited brilliantly by Joss in some cool moments when Vision is able to do something that is otherworldly, and he's discovering it all as he goes along. Yeah, that's awesome. And to hang on the Vision for a moment, we got to see that, um, like, all those posters that combine into that one big poster, which really gave us our first, like, visual of the image yeah i thought that was amazing i thought he looked classic straight out of the comic books vision he does the only thing is like why does he have to be so damn far in the background yeah. I wanna, that's what i you know i don't want but i think they're saving that they're saving it so i'm looking forward to it man i'm looking forward to it too um you know what that's the thing jake let me can i bring this up real quick yeah you know it's like people are talking about DC and how they're throwing every character into this universe and they're doing it in these movies. Do you think that we're getting to see t- maybe too many characters in these Marvel movies? No, I think they they bid their time for it, though. I mean, Christ, we, we ranked nine Marvel movies. I, I think they, they really built up to having movies with explosions of characters. They took their time to do it. I think the reason we're giving Warner Brothers such a hard time is because... For all intents and purposes, it's really movie part two of their new DC universe where they're just going to fucking town with all these characters and throwing everything at it. I mean, if you look at it from Marvel's perspective, what would movie two be? Movie one was Iron Man. Movie two was Iron Man 2, right? Yeah. And I mean, we're just – we're as low-key as we can get still. Even by movie four or five, we're still at Captain America and Thor and very low-key. And um, not low-key, the God of Mischief, but (laughs) low-key, like not explosions of characters. And they just slowly started – even Iron Man 2 just gave us Black Widow, 
and a little taste of that, a little taste of stuff that's all going to get all put together in these other movies. Right. And I, you know, I think if anyone can handle an ensemble of characters and making them interact well with each other and not have it seem forced, it's Josh Whedon. I really think that's one of Whedon's specialties is making a large ensemble cast not seem as a forced relationship, you know, really building these relationships between these characters. And if not having the time to build the relationships, at least giving them great dialogue that, you know, the background stories are there. Okay. Well, I mean, we looked at the, you know, the Avengers, which we all loved. We all gave it a Tupperware. And I think everybody here gave it their top spot for all the Marvel films. Yes. Okay. But that movie itself even suffered from some characters not getting enough screen time. Um, Jeremy Renner, uh, Hawkeye. Yeah. You know, um, now, we, of course, hear that they're going to remedy this in Avengers Age of Ultron, that we're going to be getting a lot more Hawkeye. Yeah. Okay, but on the flip side, do you think that there's going to be some characters now with the emergence of some of these new characters and then, you know, of course, Jeremy Renner playing a bigger role? Do you think there's going to be some of these characters that are going to be kind of put, uh, you know, kind of in the background? It's a, it's a tough juggling act. I think it's impossible to perfectly balance a movie with this much going on. Who, you, who would you guess that some of these characters are that they're going to, and Frank, you can answer this too, that they're not going to be incorporating as much into this into this film? You know, I can't believe I'm going to say this, but I feel like the Hulk may get shortchanged in this movie compared to the last movie. I'm feeling the exact fucking opposite. I think they're going to showcase him a little bit more and kind of move uh, Iron Man Robert Downey Jr. a little bit more into the background. But is that what you really want? Do we really want more Hulk or do we want like the you know like I want more Hulk of course but sometimes you give me what I want and it's really not what I wanted you know and I've said this before like Beetlejuice the movie you get 17 minutes of Beetlejuice throughout the entire movie and you don't think about it that way because it's spread out throughout the entire film yeah. but every time he's on screen it works now what about the Hulk every time he was on screen it was an iconic moment if they give us a little bit too much of what we want and pander to the audience, is it going to take away from the fun that we had from the first Avengers film? Yeah, that's a, that's a very good question. Yeah, I hope they don't. I hope Avengers 2 doesn't have sequelitis. That's a, a very valid fear that we just take everything that we know worked in the first movie and just ramp it up 0.5. Instead of thinking about individual moving parts, as long as it's context sensitive, I think it would be just fine. But you're always going to have fanboys that are saying, you know, I really like this movie, but I would have liked to see more Black Widow in this. Yeah. Or, man, I w- really wish I could have seen a little bit more Robert Downey Jr., you know, out of the suit. Or I wish I could have really seen a lot more of this character or that character. You're There's- always going to have that. You even had it with Avengers. Right. I personally am one of those fanboys that wanted to see more Hawkeye. I think Jeremy Renner's a very good Hawkeye, and I don't think he was used to his full capability in that movie. He was kind of right. just like, uh, you know, I'm, you know what I mean? I just, yeah. I, I wanted more Hawkeye. So I'm that, t- yeah. What I'm worried about with Avengers 2 is, um, I mean, the villain. I mean, I'm excited to see how that plays out. I mean, it's got a lot to live up to compared to Avengers 1, where you had, um, you know, Loki and how brilliant that performance was. Right. And I, I just don't know if James Spader can hold a candle to, um, why am I drawing a blank on the actor that plays Loki's name? Help Tom, me, H- Tom me. Hiddleston. Yeah, Hiddle- Tom Hiddleston. I don't know if he can hold a candle to him. I don't know if that's going to. 
That's going to be a combination of not only his voice acting talent, but also the CGI. And you're really not going to be able to come up with any kind of an answer until it actually comes out. Well, he's not going to be the villain at the beginning of the movie, though, either. Yeah, that's true also. We know there's going to be multiple villains. Right. Right. At the beginning of the movie, aren't they going to be dealing with – what's the villain that we saw at the end of – Barrett Mordor? Yeah. Am I right about that? Yeah, from from the Captain America, the Winter Soldier? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Because he's got Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver captive. So that's going to be part of it. Yeah. I'm just thinking, like, is it – seems like a lot when we're going to be going through the creation of not only Ultron, but also evolving and Ultron creating Vision. It seems like a lot to put into one film. And And Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver and multiple villains. Right. And giving Hawkeye due screen time, like you said. Right, and, and then they've also talked about how that like, Chris Evans is now pretty much adjusted to the world that we live in today. Like, they've got to portray that as well. I mean, uh, and some of the members of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And Colby Smulders is coming back. And yeah. we've got Nick Fury. Yeah. There's a lot of, lot of different things going on. Um, I think what they need to do is they need to take the important elements from all of the uh, Phase 2 stories that we've seen and then put the important ones up there center stage and all the other things. Like, we don't need to know about Thor's relationship with Loki right now. Maybe we don't need to know about what's going on with Jane Foster. Yeah, they kind of had that throwaway in the first movie. And and that kind of didn't work in the first movie either. I completely agree because everything is context sensitive. You want to address the things as they come up as it feels organic to the story. You don't want to force it. I mean you don't want to bring up things that don't really matter in particular to the story that you're trying to tell. It just seems weird to me that though, you know, Tony Stark, he blew up a bunch of suits Mm -hmm. and now he's like, okay, I'm going to build a bunch of them to go ahead and take care of. Yeah, it does seem odd. Doesn't it? Do you think that's because they didn't know how he – they didn't know whether or not Robert Downey was coming back? I mean it sucks, but I mean did that play a part? No, I don't think so. I do. Really? I do. I think the way that they kind of wrapped up Iron Man 3 with him blowing up all the suits and then like pulling the arc reactor out of his chest is kind of like a way of saying, well, you know what? If he doesn't come back, we did kind of wrap it up with a tight, neat little bow there. Yeah. But, but on the flip side, they could have been like, you know what? If he doesn't come back, we can just continue it with another guy playing this guy. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They they didn't have to do that. That's what I was worried about. Like every time they go into contract negotiations with him, it's like, are we going to have to have another one where they kind of like wrap it up? We have to worry about his contract every time and the movie suffers because of it? Well, here's what I think. I think Whedon is a continuity strickler. And I think there is no way whatsoever that he's going to ignore that plot development. I agree. I think it will be addressed. It's not just going to be like, uh, oh, just forget that that even happened. Right. There will be a line of dialogue that addresses that point. Okay. That needs to happen because it doesn't fit with what the direction of this film is doing. I agree. I'm going to blow up all these suits, but now I'm going to make sentient robots. and and Hulkbuster armor. Hulkbuster armor. Yeah. Come on. So, so uh, that will be addressed. 
Okay. I feel like it will. I don't I Whedon is never just gonna ignore something like that. Hopefully there's not too much exposition covering it too. Yeah, I mean, I mean it'll it, be a throwaway line. Exactly. Because yeah, I don't want it to be like, okay, let's fix all these loose ends and then that be like the first half hour of the yeah, movie. Yeah. I want it to be like an oh, okay moment and then move on. I mean think of the dialogue in the first movie. It's really smart and it's really snappy and there'll be a throwaway line uh, about what happened, you know. Downey Jr. may even joke about that he did that. Right. And that'll be that, I think. Yeah. I love Joss Whedon. Everything he has done, I think, is fucking golden. I'm really hoping that it's exactly like what Jake says. Like, you get something brilliant that fucking takes care of it real quick, and then you don't have to fucking focus on it the rest of the movie. Yeah. I think it'll just be a quippy line, and then we're we're moving on. Yeah. it's uh, Robert Downey Jr. has come out in the past. And said that this movie is very ambitious, which you can take one or two ways. You could say ambitious and it's going to be awesome or it's ambitious and, man, we're taking on a lot here. And I hope it all kind of like gels and kind of works. Yeah, I'm sure he doesn't mean it that way, but you can definitely take it that way. Yeah. In scope, there is a lot to take care of. But honestly, if I think there's one director that can take care of it, it is Joss Whedon. Yeah. And I think Josh Whedon is even more important to have on the writing spectrum of this. Like the fact that he's writing it really gives me confidence that he's it's going to be okay. I agree. He's the man. It's going to be right. okay. All right. I'm just you know I'm just trying to I'm just trying to like you know. yeah. Did you hear about um, Elizabeth Olsen almost accidentally saying mutant at the? Uh, yeah, I heard about that. No, I yeah, did not hear. I, I about guess this. it got a really big crowd pop too, and then she quickly changed <laughs> it to uh, mutated instead right. of the word mutant. Oh, she should have just said miracle. Yeah, yeah. exactly. But I, I guess there was a pretty big crowd pop for that moment too. Yeah, I thought that was pretty funny. Yeah, I did hear about that. Legalese, man, I can't fucking stand that. It sucks, but whatever. Yeah, I can't see her getting in too much trouble. Saying that at a con, though. No, no. But still, the fact that she has to jump to that hoop, I mean, it fucking sucks for the fans. And if you get a reaction like that, it's obvious. It's We all know at this point. It's more than just a nudge wink to some people. I think everyone's in the know that these right. characters are mutants. And Wouldn't it have been hilarious if, like, instead of Aaron Taylor Johnson walking out on the stage, Evan Peters was out there? Yeah, That'd that, that would be fucking funny. badass. <laughs> Where's a picture with those two together? That's got to happen, right? Yeah. Oh, both dressed as Quicksilver? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, somebody's got to Photoshop that. <laughs> that would be fucking great. They need to have a race. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, man. Um, I, would you say that Age of Ultron is your most anticipated movie of next year? For me? For any of you. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. For next year. Yeah, it's got to be Age of Ultron, I would think. For next year, my most anticipated movie is Star Wars Episode Seven. Oh, Star Wars Episode Seven. yeah. My second place is, <laughs> I had to sit in, is Age of Ultron. I just, man. Third place, do you think, in Jurassic Park, Jurassic World? I'm excited for Jurassic Park, Jurassic World, but I still have the shakes from Jurassic Park 3. Yeah, really? but I mean, guys, it's been like over 10 years since that last movie, and we've got a different director. He's going in a different direction. It's going to be filmed in 3D. You're going to be able to see these dinosaurs in IMAX. Maybe. I just don't know. Jurassic Park is so Steven Spielberg to me that with unless he's helming it, I'm worried about it every time. Story context sensitive, man. It's got to make sense or else it's not worth it. I'm really hoping it fucking comes out feeling organic, but... It does. So it sounds like it, it sounds like in this world, like of Jurassic Park, 
they've gotten to a place where like they've had the park open for a while. I That's hope so. That's what intrigues me. I want to see, you know, I want to see John Hammond's vision of yeah. Jurassic Park yeah. in operation cool. for a while to the point where people aren't even really amazed by the spectacle anymore. Like that one of the one of the things that Colin Trevorrow says is you're going to be able to see like, you know, people at the park and like going up to the glass and doing selfies with like a T-Rex behind them. Yeah. Stuff like that. That's the kind of stuff I want to see. That's the world I want to see. And then I want to see that whole world get shook the fuck up when these dinosaurs like escape the park. I absolutely agree because that really, really, really harkens back to the message that the first movie elicited that you don't have a respect for nature. I think what the first two movies do so well that the third one didn't and I want the fourth to do is just have those real white knuckle action sequences that Spielberg really killed that in the first two movies. You know, just he's so good at the tense action sequences where you're so worried for the characters. Um, in Jurassic Park 2 when the uh, glass is spider webbing and the tense and the first movie where you get the ripples in the water. Well, and the kids, and kids in the kitchen. The kids in the kitchen. The Velociraptors yeah. just crying but can't make noise. And yeah, those are the classic Jurassic Park Spielberg moments. And yeah. three had none of those. And when in four, when everything starts to break down, what it really needs to do is it really needs to amp up the fear. Well, I absolutely you know, agree with that. I think that's what they're going for is they're going to give you a certain comfort level at yes, first. Yes, yes. And then it's going to get very uncomfortable. Absolutely. It's, it's that lulling into a sense of security at the very beginning that you get and then to blow it all the fucking smithereens. It's great. Yeah. I mean, if you could tell me that they nail that feeling, then it's definitely one of my most anticipated movies. And you get the fact that you've got Chris Pratt in there who's playing a guy who typically is the one who's out there saving these, you know, dinosaurs. He's yeah. Like a, right. I think he's a vet med for them. And then, you know, he's usually saving them, but now he's going to be put in a position to where, you know, they're trying to kill him. Yeah. So, Chris Pratt is so great, too. I'm really beginning to love his, the, just the sound of his voice. I just this past weekend watched the Lego movie. Yeah. And he was, uh, he played Elliot or Evan or whatever the fuck his name was, the main character of the Lego movie. Uh, God, I can't remember what the name, main character is. Right. It begins with an E, but, you know, he just has such an even every man fucking presence about him. I yeah. really love the idea of that, and I, I want to see it. I can't believe that there wasn't a Jurassic World trailer that dropped. Yeah, I'm surprised that they didn't have any beef for that either. Is that 2015 too? Yeah, it comes out next year. Yeah. You know, and the, the weird thing, and it's being filmed in 3D. That is great news. Yeah, it is great news. We heard so many people being rumored for the, like the lead protagonist in this film, the lead male. Yeah. We heard at one time Josh Brolin. I remember that. And then Idris Elba at one time. Yeah. I bet they're so glad they picked Pratt now that he's just blowing the fuck up with Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, absolutely. Well, let's see how Guardians of the Galaxy does this first weekend. Let's not yeah. speak too much. I cannot well. see this thing. Not I know. Fucking take I'm just trying. I'm, guys, I'm just saying yeah, it. Playing has, devil's advocate. I'm playing devil's advocate. I'm just saying it hasn't come out yet. It does, right, it does right, have, right. to all the critics, 100% still on Rotten Tomatoes. 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. 25 critics. I got such a fucking raging nerd heart on for this fucking movie. Yeah. Wow. And I haven't even fucking read the comics, man. It's so fucking good. Just from the previews, I fucking love it already. Yeah, I'm excited too. I can't believe it's a week away. The it only thing like that can make Guardians better is if Mike Tyson makes an appearance. <laughs> <laughs> totally a fucking flip side of the fucking coin. <laughs> but no, I mean, yeah, I'm Guardians of the Galaxy definitely we're going to be reviewing Hell next week. Hell yeah. yeah. That's going to be exciting. I've got to watch it twice before I come fucking see it. I hope I have time to watch it twice before 
before we see it. I'll Guys, make the fucking I'll definitely time. see it at least three or four times. Before. Three times. Three yeah. times really? before we record, I guarantee you. Fuck I'm gonna see it yeah, three times. Man. Yeah, it's going to be great. This so. is all, I mean, I don't. I don't even have the fucking comic background you guys Frank, do, but Frank, you, you, I, talk, you talk so loud, man. Sorry, <laughs> I, I really, you need to step back. From that. I'm sorry, like, no, like when you look at this thing and when it turns red, that means that, <laughs> just like that. Yeah, it means you need to tone it the fuck down. I think like the first episode that I was ever on, it was like I had to fucking eat the son of a bitch. But you know, I don't. I haven't read the comics. I listened a little bit what you guys have talked about, and I've watched the previews. I'm so excited about this movie. I can't think of a movie in the past 10 years that I've been so excited about to see other than Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, they announced um, Disney XD is going to do a Guardians of the Galaxy cartoon, cartoon yeah. at, at San Diego Comic-Con, yep. so that's fun too. Right. Very cool. Uh, and then, um, oh my gosh, uh, Abnett's coming back and doing um, – uh, Guardians of the Galaxy 3000. Oh, that's exciting. Yeah. So that's a new comic coming out in October. And that was the original premise kind of of the original Guardians of the Galaxy was yeah. that they were the futuristic superhero team. Yep. So I can't wait for it. I've already got it uh, on my pull list. What what month does that come out? October. Oh, gotcha. Uh, they showed a Age of, uh, Age of Ultron trailer. And uh, I'm going to read the description of that from Slash Film. It starts on a cityscape, and the whole team is assembled in Avengers Tower. They're all hanging out, drinking beer, joking. And Stark tells Thor the whole no-one-can-grab-the-hammer thing is a circus sideshow. <laughs> Stark tries to pick it up. If I can get it, I, uh, if I get it, can I rule Asgard, he asks. <laughs> That's cool as shit. <laughs> what are you like? Don't look at me. Every time, Frank. <laughs> well, man, I'll, the only context I have is, are these fucking movies, and the idea of Tony Stark ruling Asgard is fucking absurd. <laughs> <laughs> they need to have Mike Tyson try to pick the oh, hammer up. Fuck. <laughs> uh, you know what? I'm gonna have to have. It's gonna me and you are gonna have to pick this fucker up after he gets so drunk we he can't. <laughs> yeah. You know, you know, you know who could pick the hammer. Frank up. has been no. drinking. Frank, you've almost drank this entire bottle. You uh, drank this whoa! Entire Frank drank this entire bod- bottle of cherry vodka. It's not a little airplane bottle either. I'd be dead if I drank that much vodka. Frank, I am six feet tall and a floor sander by trade. It, it comes with the fucking territory. Drink responsibly. This is like. I don't know. This I'm is this fine. is drinking with like reckless abandon. No, not like that. <laughs> anyway, I'm impressed. No, I think <laughs> this is going to go from podcast to intervention right now. No, Frank. The first step is admitting you have a problem. It would not be with alcohol <laughs> if I was to have to admit to a problem with anything. Frank, we're joking. <laughs> yeah, we're this, a, it is a joke. I'm cool it's with a it, joke. bro. <laughs> Life is a fucking joke to me, man. It's cool. I'm, I'm cool with it, bro. Hey, man, it's okay. Uh, I, I, am, I am self-employed. I cannot fire the myself. So is- life is shitty cool. <laughs> 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 All, right. All right. Okay, okay. Just cool. so everyone knows, we're going to get Frank a taxi yeah. to get home. Seriously. I've got money for it. I'm cool. <laughs> I already right. told the wife before I left the house that this might happen. All right. So Stark um, tries to pick it up. And he's and like I said, he asks, if I can get it, can I rule Asgard? And Thor says, yes. <laughs> he fails on a first attempt. 
I'll be right back. He puts on the Iron Man glove. No dice. He and Rhodey try. Nope. <laughs> Hawkeye fails. Banner tries and really exerts himself. Everyone gives him a look. Next up is Cap, and he budges it, which really gets Thor, Thor worried. He says, well, this thing tells me one thing. None of you are worthy. Just then, a huge screeching sound. You're all not worthy. Enter a brutally broken, almost zombie-like being. It's Ultron. How could you be worth you are all killers? You want to protect the world, but you don't want it to change. Contextually, I gotta ask, what is this from? Let me finish. There are, th- there's only one path to peace. Your extinction. Just then, a bunch of other robots fly in and we get the Marvel Studios logo. Now you can ask your question. Army of what Robots. Is Yay! Is this comic or movie? What is what from? This. What is this? What 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 he was just talking about? Ultron talking about how they're not worthy. You uh, blacking out and not making sense? Is that No, 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 no. Is is this comic related or is it exposition from the movie universe? Is what I I, I guess I still don't understand. Is the scene about them trying to pick up the hammer comic related? Yes. yes, And that's just playful stuff. I mean just a fun scene. It has I mean there's comic book mythology like hinted at it a little bit i mean they've had captain america be one of the only people yes. that could lift the hammer in okay. the marvel universe yeah that's a, that's a kind of like a cool nod to that because yeah. captain america at one time was worthy enough to pick up the hammer it's just like all the rest of the marvel movies none of it's directly from the comic but yet there's plenty of fan service there and nods and homages to things that were established in the right. comic book i mean i'm a big fucking fan of like mythology and uh prophecy and shit and the fact that Hulk can't pick it up and Captain America can is pretty cool. Well, he didn't in this. Okay. It budged. It budged. Right. And so that get that got Thor a little bit worried. You could I'm sure in the trailer you could tell by his face that right. it kind of bothered him a little bit. Yeah, he'd have to explain to his dad why uh, Steve Rogers is the ruler of Asgard. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> there was a remember when uh, Marvel and DC did the crossover? Oh yeah. Superman held it. Yeah, he was holding Cap America, Captain America's shield and and Mjolnir. That crossover pisses oh, me off on so man. many levels. Just the idea of that yeah. fucking blows my mind. Oh man, I've always thought um, Captain America could take Batman. Oh yeah, and but since it was a fan vote, and Batman, you know, in the mid '90s is a thousand times more popular than Captain America. Right, that he just got smoked by vote. You know, you know. Yeah. Though I mean, I I might be channeling my inner Jason, but. I think Batman would totally fucking beat Captain America. Nah, I don't. I don't even see it possible. Super really? Soldier Serum. Yeah, Captain America's got powers and has just as much of a trained fighter as Batman. Bats has got the fucking strategy down, plus the fucking technology. Yeah, I. I think he. Maybe if they fought in Gotham, that would be a big advantage for Batman. But anywhere outside of Gotham, and I think Steve Rogers would mop the floor with him. Man, he's such a fucking strategist. I'd have to go bats every time. And every time, and Captain America isn't. Yeah, I'm just saying. Captain America is like like the ultimate tactician in the Marvel Cinematic. Yeah, he's like a war general. How many wars has uh, Bruce Wayne been in? I totally understand that, but Bruce Wayne, man, he he's got he's got like the physical fucking ethereal presence. Um, Captain America has a way more physical presence than Batman, in my opinion. Yeah. No, way more. I super, totally, super human like, levels. Super ba- soldier serum. That's all I'm saying. 
Yeah. There's and, so and many There's no amount could... of kryptonite that's going to take Captain America down. I understand that, but we're not yeah. talking about He's versus a... soups. We're talking about versus Captain America. That would basically just take – this helps my point that, yeah, I mean, as far as weaknesses – you're not going to find many with Steve Rogers. Yeah. Eh. If you're Batman fighting him. I'd be totally willing to bet if you took a poll, it'd be like 50-50 Batman versus Captain Batman's America. more popular. Well, that's my point is, is, yeah, is that no, because one character is more popular, a lot of people are more inclined to say he would win the fight. Right. But I don't really just, think that that is yeah. the case. From my end, I'm just talking like sheer intelligence. I mean sheer intelligence uh, as far as like problem solving, solving ability – Batman would take it. You know who else I could, I, I think, could take Batman? Who's that? Spider Man. Spider. I've never thought no. about Spider Man versus Batman. I, I used to think about it all the time because all Batman does is throw shit. And when does Spider Man get hit by batarangs? When does Spider Man get hit by Batman anything Batman can shoot out of his so thing? So much more than batarangs. I, I know he is, but what what strategy can he think of that the spider sense isn't just going to have? It's going to be contextually. Uh, it's going to be contextually accurate. Beyond what I can fucking think of, especially now. Yeah, Spider Man all day long, in my opinion. I'd say bats, man. I wow. think I think Frank thinks it's a popularity contest. No, man, I fucking love Batman. The I know that's, that's my that's, exact my point. point. <laughs> you just proved his point by saying that, Frank. I think Batman over Spider Man. Period. The end. I don't give a shit about like proving a point. I'm just saying, though, I think your logic behind that is the love of the character more. Because, again, it's a case of Spider-Man has has the powers and everything. And I know – and I'm not saying if you have powers, you're going to beat Batman. That's all it takes is just a set of powers. You're right. going to beat Batman. But. I think it's the ability right. about okay. – think. Wolverine versus Batman. Wolverine only because he has the ability to regenerate. No matter what Batman would throw at him, he wouldn't be able to take him out because Batman would – or Wolverine will regenerate. I think Cap could beat Wolverine. Uh, I don't, didn't they have I don't the agree uh, with that. Didn't they have the what if battle of Cap versus if they, Wolverine? If they did, I didn't. I didn't read that. I think it was. I think they did. I think Captain America threw his shield, the vibranium shield. Yeah. Wolverine had the claws up, and I think it cut off the claws. Yeah. I think it cut off. See, the I think claws. that's fucking bullshit in the first place. Vibranium, though. Yeah. You don't fucking beat adamantium, the end. Vibranium does. Yeah, vibranium does. Vibranium is also a fictional Marvel metal that comes from uh, Wakanda, where the Black Panther is from. And it's, ha- it has just as much, like, Marvel magical property as adamantium does. Right, but have they ever actually put the two against each other? Well, yes. And have they? Th- the vibranium cut. The, the adamantium. Yeah. See, and that, wasn't and, the vibranium from his shield, like, wasn't that, like, didn't they lose the recipe for that, that yeah. metal? Yeah, they had a story. That was when Wade was writing, I believe. Yeah. Because Tony Stark kept trying to make him a new one, but it never quite compared. Exactly. And then See, for a while, he had the uh, one that was projected off of his wrist. Right. Because they couldn't per- make the shield right again. And that, I'm sure, comes into, the, like, the Mar- Marvel Unlimited shit, which I just got into. Which, in my mind, prior to delving into that, adamantium is the most powerful metal and strongest metal to date. So, I, I'm not sure how vibranium vibranium would react to that, but knowing what I know, I would think that Wolverine would beat that. You're really slurring your metals here. I want to have you read like the element chart here in about five seconds. <laughs> That'll be interesting. No, I'm all right. 
But yeah, anyway, Captain America yeah. kicked Batman's ass all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> I I, you know what? I hope this stirs up some conversations. I That's totally what we need disagree. to do. Yeah. All next week, what we need to do is we need to post battles yeah. on our Facebook page. <laughs> And I'll, I'll just put like Captain America versus Batman, and you know that way, like if you disagree with like Jake or myself or Frank, you can get in there and you can let your voice be heard on like who you think the winner would be, how the fight would be played out. <sighs> just make sure that like the fight is just played out on a, on a level playing field, mm-hmm. and you know it's just like yeah, like those fights uh, that you see like on YouTube between like the Hulk and Superman, the Christopher Reeve, Hulk, <laughs> yeah, uh, the yeah. Christopher Reeve Superman and the Hulk. Just them out like the desert. There's nothing else out there. And uh, oh, Batman's so much trouble in that scenario. Oh God, he's got no shadows, nowhere to hide. Yeah, yeah. Frank Hammer is going to go on record right now as saying that that Batman would go <laughs> over Captain America any fucking day because it's a popularity contest for no, you. No man, because you love a, Batman. I, no, <laughs> <laughs> you got to remember, man. I don't know the fucking comics for shit. I know. I'm just talking about like the things that I've seen, the things that I've read, and this is me, not anybody else. Batman is the fucking ultimate technician, the ultimate fucking detective. He's going to fucking find a way to overcome, period, the end, for me. He doesn't have time to do anything in these battles but fight. He is a fucking quick-witted motherfucker. Quick-witted? Yeah. Yeah. Captain America, one punch to the face. Bye-bye, Batman. I don't don't think so. Bye-bye, Batsy. In my opinion, <laughs> and I'm sure a bunch I, of people will disagree because it's will. a very. I totally contra- don't think so. It's very controversial. And, I mean, you y'all have to understand that I don't have like a deep comic book reference to delve from. I mean, like the stuff that I have to dig from is like uh, video games version of Batman Arkham Asylum, uh, Arkham Asylum, Batman Arkham City, things like that. Okay. The way of knowing how Batman Captain thinks, America versus Bane. Captain America. Yeah, definitely. Well, I mean, Bane took down Batman. You're talking about a different set of abilities versus weaknesses. Oh, you got him there, Brian. Am I right? Yeah. If if, if Captain America, no could knowledge, be Bane, no knowledge of this of fighting this character, yeah, right? Yeah. They're just. This is their first meeting. Captain America takes Bane first time every time. I yeah. agree with that. Yeah, I agree with that too. 100%. And so I think I think Captain America first battle takes Batman. Hands down. I can't agree with that. I don't that. think I, I don't think Batman think, takes him. I don't what's Batman going to do? I, I just have no any, idea. Any ba- any uh, Captain America ha- Captain America has Captain America is just as good a tactician, if not better than Batman. I don't ag- He's had more trainers, I'm sure. I do not dis- disagree with that, but I think Batman has more access to technology. What's the technology going to do, though? What's the technology? They're in a desert, and they're going to fight. Of all the things that Batman has pulled out of his arsenal in the past, you don't think that there's something that he can have that would possibly combat Captain America? There's no way that he's going to be able to get anything through that shield. Yeah. There's no way. Captain We're not Bur- talking about just the shield. I mean, he doesn't even have to destroy the shield. He just has to disarm him for a few minutes. I think Captain America, no shield, thing. still beats Batman. Yeah, I do too. I mean, Captain America, 
he drops the shield, man. I mean, he like you said, Jake, if he hits him one time, yeah. Batman is out cold. Physicality versus physicality, I completely agree. However, Batman has never had the physicality that all of these other people have had. He has had to rely on his strategy and his. So is Captain America, though. That's our point. Is Captain no. America? Captain America is a. He's not the leader of the Avengers because he's the toughest person there is. Otherwise, the Hulk would be the leader of the Avengers. I agree with that. He's the leader of the Avengers. The Avengers because he's the master tactician of the Avengers. And Batman he, is the antithesis of Captain America. In, in what ways? He has to uh, rely on his. Uh, tactical superiority to be able to play in battle and technology. You just described, but that's exactly what Captain America does. Yeah, half of that just exactly. Just but my Captain America and reason, Captain America has the super serum. The reason why I'm for bats is because he doesn't have the super serum to back him up. He has to do it on his own physicality. That's, but that's the exactly he'd why lose. he's going to lose. If he had the super serum. If if you gave Batman the exact same super serum that Steve Rogers had, Batman wins the fight. Yep, there you I, go. Batman wins. I completely agree with that, but Batman has had to fight with all these people that have had physical superiority over him, so he has had to combat that with other means. Batman doesn't always win these fights against people with physical superiority over him either. I agree with that, but I'm not saying that he com- he wins every time. I think he wins over Steve Rogers. Who no. has? A, uh, let me ask this. Let's go. Let's, let's fuck the fight. Who has a stronger? <laughs> no. Who has a stronger? Now this is going to be the tougher question of the two. Yeah. Who has a stronger will between the two? Oh, that's so hard. That is impossible to measure. Yeah. Both have like a will. That are just crazy through Any, the roof. Even to like counteract everything I'm saying, I would say Steve Rogers because his is pure. Yeah, I almost feel like it's Batman because it's the <laughs> the, the the he's got the dead parents going. It's for so him. fucked up, everybody. Steve I mean, Rogers we're, we're doesn't have the bouncing tra- back and forth. Doesn't have the, no, I mean, as far as will, we're not right. bouncing Steve back Rogers and forth. Steve Rogers' home life is pretty messed up. The yeah. will, though, I mean, you're talking like. Balancing into rage. Steve and Rogers' shit. father was a drunk, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I just, I mean, like I said, if Batman had the same super serum power, I would give Batman the win. That makes Batman, the difference. Batman does have a lot of stats that are right. higher right. than Captain America's stats. Yeah. I, I completely agree with that. But without the super serum power, he's he's done for. Side note: I like to fucking aw- awesomely admit the fact that. We are living in a day and age where we get to talk about this shit. I think it's fucking awesome. I talked story. about Batman versus Captain America since <laughs> I was eight years old. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. the fight of fights. It must have to fa- to do with the fact that I like lived a sheltered life and I didn't get to talk to anybody without this shit, but – Frank, you are drunk off your ass. <laughs> yeah, wow. You are a little so bit. drunk right now. Yeah, it's the PCL record for the most drunk this anyone's is gotten on PCL. Like this you know, no, like, this goes back bad. to Sir Slurs a lot. This is like <laughs> <laughs> Sir Slurs a lot. Yeah, that's yeah. a classic episode. But you know, seriously, Frank, I am looking. Yeah, I am looking at one drunk ass dude right now. <laughs> seriously, like you're that guy. <laughs> I still stand by it, though. 
<laughs> oh no! Hey, all right. Let's think. What are some other? Hey, let's let's, let's do one cla- one more classic match. Oh, we got off the mat. The matchup tangent is fun. Yeah. What you got? Oh, what you got? What shit. you got? Let's, uh, I don't have anything right now. Do you guys have any? Oh, um, Green Arrow versus Hawkeye. Oh, Green Arrow versus Green Arrow. Hawkeye. Green Arrow, man. Oh, I don't know. That's tough for me. That is it's hard. I'm such Arrow. a Marvel fanboy that it's hard for me to say. I'm not that not big Hawkeye. into DC, right. but I gotta say Green Arrow. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. That's a tough one. Yeah, I'll take. They both have trick arrows, so who knows? I think that one's yeah. a coin flip. Yeah, I think some of what the green. I mean, Hawkeye. I mean, depends on how what you're taking. <laughs> <laughs> Stop it, Brian. Sorry. You know, <laughs> what you're taking, like, mythology from, but, like, the movie uh, I feel like from we the should, Avengers. I feel like we should just be sitting in a bar. <laughs> no. And, like, Frank is the guy at the end of the bar. <laughs> that we're, like, asking him all these questions. Dude, no, 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 dude, no. Ask the drunk guy. <laughs> ask, him about, ask him about mythology. Yeah. Well, like, okay. If you take. So, anyway. If you take the Avengers. I'm, I'm not too familiar with this. But, but I love Batman. I love Batman. <laughs> if you take the Avengers. Adam West. Where he. Could definitely take Captain America. <laughs> oh my if God. you take the Avengers from where he's shooting people without even looking, a lot of people have said that's the technology from. The eyesight that he was using, or whatever. What? Are <laughs> <laughs> oh, talking yeah. about Hawkeye? 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 Yeah. Yes. People without even looking. So he yes. was, he was using his eyesight. There was a scope on his bow. His hawk sight. Yeah, it's a good thing that his you know, hawk eye sight. Good thing that Daredevil isn't the archer. <laughs> <laughs> oh come on now! I think if Hawkeye and Green Arrow fight like forty a hundred times, forty nine times, Hawkeye wins. Fifty one times, really? Green Arrow wins. Okay. I feel like it's a pretty even it's a pretty even match. I'm yeah. a Green Arrow fan on that. I gave Green Arrow two uh, two extra wins. Yeah, you did. Yeah. Yeah. As far as like comic characters are are as far as comic book characters and I'm not talking about the cinematic universe. But as far as comic book characters my favorite of course is Hawkeye. Yeah, me too. But it hurt me to give Green Arrow 51 wins, but I'm being nice. Admittedly, my only experience is the movies and the video game and Justice Gods Among Us. I gotta go with Green Arrow. What was the name of the video game? The game was Injustice Gods Among oh, Us. Oh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's not that fucking ridiculous. Come on. No, I'm just thinking of another game called Podcasting Drunks Among Us. <laughs> 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 we're really gonna have a we're gonna have a live intervention. We're gonna take a break, have an intervention. Floor sanding is seriously. not a career for everyone. Let me the, tell you. The messed up thing is, <laughs> is that I'm looking at this empty bottle <laughs> of vodka that is in Frank's body right now, and there's like <laughs> there's like another bottle of vodka that's waiting for him. So no. All right, let me get to the rest of this trailer. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Who would win in the fight? Four bottles of UV vodka or fresh liver? <laughs> oh gosh! I'm, t- I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the, I'm going with the bottles of vodka. I'm going with Frank's liver, man. I'm starting to have a lot of faith in Frank's liver. <laughs> <laughs> gonna, have, gonna have to disagree with you there, Brian. Yeah. 
Yeah, but see, Frank's liver is not the tactician. It's <laughs> not the four bottles of UV Yeah, it depends on whether or not what flavors of UV you It have, might be. You don't know what it have to, has to deal with on a weekly basis. The liver. Yes. I, I, I'm getting an idea of what it deals with on a weekly basis. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Thanos versus Darkseid. Oh, man. I, dark side. Dark, dark side. Yeah. Dark side. But that's because, you know, in a lot of DC versus Marvel matchups, a lot of time, the, a lot of times the DC character is going to win. Yeah. Because, and to me, this is one of the reasons why the Marvel Universe is better, is because the Marvel Universe is more concentrated on the, the character. The flaws and of the, the character. And the inner conflict right. and the character flaws, where DC, a lot of times, just seems like a lot of jacked up powered characters yeah. to me. And they and they didn't and I'm not saying that as a general rule, but as a kid, and they've tried to change that in the new Fifty Two. Yeah, but 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 you get what I'm saying. I totally get what you're like saying. Like Superman is the most jacked up, powerful. Like you can't name anyone that's going to beat Superman. Right. You know who's going to beat Green Lantern? Who's going to beat Wonder Woman? Who's going to beat Dark Side? Yeah. I mean, all these characters are jacked up to the nines. Yeah, and that's one of the reasons why Justice League stories are so good. Ones are so few and far between to me because it's like finding a villain worthy of fighting one of these guys is a test on its own fucking right. That's you don't true. think you find that with some of the Marvel franchises, though, like Wolverine? Uh, Wolverine's an exception, but Wolverine isn't one of the classic Stan Lee characters. Either. Yeah, Wolverine's Wolverine's kind of a fifth generation Marvel character. Didn't he come out in the Bronze Age anyway? Yeah, he was in like Incredible Hulk 182, 181, 182, 182. Yeah. So he's not one of the 73. Like all of the original Stan Lees, even like the Hulk has that character to it, you know, the yeah. weak the weakness. It's it it all it's all more relatable to me than DC comic characters. That's what Stan Lee wanted to do. He wanted to have his characters be superheroes, but superheroes with character flaws. Yeah, exactly. You know, not like Superman's the golden boy, you know, and then all the characters like that, except for Batman. And even Batman wasn't as dark until Frank Miller came around. Yeah. So, I mean... You know, that's the interesting thing about these Marvel characters is, like, they all have character flaws. You know, Peter Parker, Uncle Ben dying, yeah. uh, the Fantastic Four. You know, you've always got that, like, the uh, the dynamic between Doom and Reed hating each other, but also kind of, like, still having, like, a weird kind of respect. And then also, like, Reed, like, always being um, – feeling guilt for, like – him being part of like why his buddy Ben Grimm is now a rock monster. Yeah. You know, and I don't think he's ever really gotten over that. No, I don't think day. so either. So And these and Marvel characters lose. I mean, you read the first twenty five issues of Amazing Spider Man and I think Peter Parker loses more than half the fights against all these new villains. Right. He gets trounced by Doctor Octopus, he gets trounced by Mysterio, yep. he gets trounced by the Vulture. Yeah. And you just didn't see that from DC characters. You never saw Green Lantern, Wonder Woman, Batman or Superman. And that's Just a problem with a lot. Month after month, ever take a beat, you know? Yeah. And then you get to a point where it's like, well, how do you develop an antagonist for these characters? It, it becomes so difficult just due to the nature of the whole thing. That's a problem with a lot of the Golden Age characters that came up, like, in the 30s and 40s. And yeah. so, like, when these characters started coming out from, you know, Marvel in the, you know, 60s, you know, that's, that's what Stan Lee remedied that. He wanted to, like, have people relate to these characters because, like, you know... Who could ever live up to the, you know, standard of Superman? 
Yeah. I, I sure as hell can't. Or who can relate to the tragedies of Batman for the most part. Exactly. So. Yeah. Yeah, and Marvel characters are relatable, and therefore they have that handicap when fighting DC characters because they're inherently weaker just to make them a more interesting story. Right. Darkseid is probably the exception. <laughs> Stop it, right? Well, Darkseid is an exception. Darkseid is not an exception. He's a powered-up D- – that's why Darkseid versus Thanos, Darkseid wins every time because he's a classic DC example of just a real powerhouse character to me. Right. And, wh- a- and where Thanos has weaknesses, yeah. where th- built-in weaknesses, his love for something he can never attain – is an inherent weakness within Thanos that can always be exploited. Right. It's really hard to find weaknesses that can be exploited within the big powerhouse DC heroes and villains like Superman, Darkseid, Batman, you know? Oh, can, can you imagine like, okay, so it's Darkseid versus Thanos. Yeah. And, you know, of course Darkseid's getting the upper hand. And then Death visits Thanos and starts talking about, you know, what a man. Oh, yeah. Darkseid is. Thanos loses it, and that's when Darkseid, of course, gets the upper hand. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? That's the kind of stuff that's going to happen in these stories. Or she wouldn't even have to show up. Darkseid's pretty good at, at saying the things that are really going to throw an opponent off kilter, and it True. wouldn't be hard to just say, you know, right. hey, I just got back from banging Mistress Death <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah. and, or whatever, you know? Right, right. And, and that's just, I don't know, that's what makes the Marvel characters more inherently relatable to me than DC characters and also what makes them more likely to lose in fights when you match them up with DC characters. It's such a 50-50 thing. I mean, I have not been big into comics until recently and that's the thing that I'm getting is that DC is a lot darker but Marvel feels like it's more grounded in reality. There's a lot more gray involved with Marvel than as opposed to DC yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Marvel can get pretty damn dark, too. Right, but that's a part of the gray. Yeah. DC kind of, like, that's their calling card. They want to go dark. I, I feel like that's not true at all. I, really? I feel like DC is bright colors and bright superheroes, and Marvel is more than... Point me to that I shit, because I don't know Superman, what you're about. Shazam, Green Lantern, Wonder Woman. Okay. These, are, these are all bright Accepted. superheroes. <laughs> Accepted. <laughs> all right, all right, get it. Yeah, but like the new 52 has been darker and grittier than what we've seen. But I, I always feel like when DC does that, they're Marvelizing their characters at that point. I feel like any attempt for DC to make their characters more personable and darker and less just bright superhero stories oh because they i know yeah they definitely know the flaws in their character i'm somewhat taking offense to the new 52 because like they want to say that okay all this shit that we did before okay well we're not going to pay attention to that we want to try to make it to where it's more palatable it sold books though when dc was dying okay i mean dc was floundering and it sold books i guess i can admire more shit for its reality as opposed to what's going to sell but DC needs to get rid of the gimmicks, get rid of the 3D covers, and just get good writers and get right. good stories. Let's move on to um, <laughs> Age of Ultron. Um, yeah, the rest of the trailer, we see Ultron. He continues in a voiceover with a bunch of other images, and he says, I had a vision, the world screaming for mercy, people running away, escaping, everyone, in, everyone tangled in strings, banner all sickly looking, epic war scenes, um... Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm still tra- acting like it's a quote. No, his quote was, I had a vision the world 
the whole world screaming for mercy. Then you see people running away, escaping, everyone tangled in strings, Bang- Banner all sickly looking, epic war scenes, Hawkeye and others helping people evacuate, Banner in the snow, then a random hospital, Scarlet Witch on a bus, Thor smashing a tank. That's cool. Yeah, that is cool. Yeah, that is cool. Uh, then Tony Stark says, it's the end. The end of the path I started us on. Nothing lasts forever. We then see a screaming Hulk and the massive Hulk buster armor. Scarlet Witch on the Harley Davidson. Which, have you seen the picture of that bike? Yes, I have. Me too. I have not. Quicksilver running around. Andy Serkis as a human. Yeah. More explosions. Iron Man flying by what looks like a prison. Hulk throws a car at the Hulkbuster and then punches him through it. A shot of the widow and Hulk touching hands. The whole time a song has been playing about strings. Finally, we get a fully realized metallic eight-foot Ultron who says, There are no strings on me. The title card for Age of Ultron. Then after that... uh, we see Cap's shield broken, Tony Stark looking down, the camera pulls back, and we literally see every member of the team laying on the ground in tatters, and they all look dead. Yeah, that sounds exciting. <laughs> yeah, this sounds like definitely sounds like the uh, Empire Strikes Back of, uh, of these films. Yeah, wow. It sounds like Ultron is going to be the threat that they needed that, yeah. you know, wow. He can take on all the Avengers with his robot army. Yeah. I heard we see a lot of the snow action scenes in this trailer. There's a real big emphasis on the really snowy action scenes. I wonder where those are taking place. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing, too. I wonder if that prison is like, um, what is it, the the vault? Is that what they called it in the comics? Yeah, yeah. Um, where the Thunderbolts came from right. during that run and everything? Yeah. I wonder if it's that famous, the famous Marvel prison. That'd be cool if that was kind of an Easter egg. Yeah, that would be cool. Do you think that this was is what lessons is this going to teach Tony Stark? I mean, he's got to learn some lesson by the end of this movie after they defeat Ultron, which we all feel like that's going to happen in this movie, don't you think? Yeah, I would think so. Do you think um the creation of Ultron is tied to maybe the the stuff that happened at the end of Iron Man 3? In any oh, way yeah. whatsoever, maybe I think they're going to make it out to be that. Even though Hank Pym in the comics made Ultron, I mean it's going to be totally linked for sure. Something, something is linked because Paul Bettany is the voice of Jarvis. Uh, yeah. uh, Jarvis, and he's going to be the and he's playing the, the vision. vision. So something's got to be linked. Yeah. So that's interesting how they're going to play with that, right? So I don't know. I'm excited to see it. I don't think they're going to banish him completely, but. I mean, it's going to be like a lesson learned. I just don't get the why as why is Tony Stark building Ultron in the first place? Yeah, that's that's a big missing element for me. Well, I mean, Mm. the whole thing is there. I'm not saying it's a problem, Frank. I just I just they've yet to really reveal just off a guess. I mean, the end of the of Iron Man three. It doesn't seem like a Tony Stark thing to do. Right. Because the way that it ended. It's like the way it ended, it was like, I don't need these suits. I'm blowing everything up. But then he's coming back and just making tons of robots. And what's his point. what's his end game by creating Ultron? What's he creating Ultron for? Ultron is supposed to be able to take on the battles that the Avengers don't have to. Gotcha. I think that he's way, an accident. That way, that way. Well, yeah. 
that way they can take a break. No, I realize Ultron turning evil is an accident, but what's hypothetically, if Ultron works perfectly the way Tony Stark wanted it to, he's supposed, and that's what, what Brian is saying. Right. Is he's he like, is the general right. to these robots that are going to be able to fight the battles. So like if the Chitauri were to come back or something like the Chitauri, they would be able to take them on and the Avengers wouldn't have to be able, wouldn't have to fight at at the capacity that they, which they do. Because right. I'm sure that battle of New York took a lot out of Tony Stark mentally. Yeah, you know, and so like, if there's any way for him to have somebody else do this for him, if he can use his technology to do that, then you know that maybe that's why he's doing this. That makes sense, and it could be an immediate response. <laughs> From what I've read, it has to do with the upload of his personality. And I think he probably does that with the intention of probably trying to provide some kind of a moral basis to it. But the arrogance that he has, I mean, it's it becomes down to a computer logic profile as far as like a what is the quickest way to perfection. And humans will constantly fucking fight themselves. And his perception is that, okay, well, if we eliminate humans, then there will be peace. And that's what it probably comes down to. That's what they've, that's what they've said. Yeah. They've said yeah that, that makes sense. Just, uh, Tony Stark being a technology whore, basically, and just yeah. wanting everything to be run by technology. Well, going overboard with that concept. They've said that Ultron gets to the point where he's like, you know, he starts noticing things. He becomes kind of like, uh, uh, you know, aware and, and sentient and, like he starts to notice, like all these bad things are happening around us because of humans. Well, I'm, and a computer's going to think like in, mathematically and and uh, you know in in yeah. terms and like okay in in, in 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 like the the thing in this equation that needs to be eliminated is the humans. You right. eliminate the humans, everything's going to you know n- now I can build a robot society. Yeah, there's and been so, a lot of video games that have conform to this same type of thing like jake i know you've played final fantasy 10 oh yeah and it's the same kind of thing like seymour wanted to eliminate humans to eliminate the pain like you end the pain you end the struggle it's the same kind of thing yeah just cold robot ways of thinking right um let's see here. here's some of the tweets that people were tweeting after they got their reactions after they did see the age of ultron uh trailer uh, first look at super creepy Ultron. There's only one path to peace, your extinction, quote from Ultron. Yeah, that's awesome. Another tweet was, oh, wow. We see Ultron fully armored, uh, fully formed, and he is a nightmare. The roof just blew off Hall H. Um, Downey then at the panel said that Marvel's always got the next great thing up their sleeves. And then Josh Brolin walks out wearing an Infinity Gauntlet because, you know, of course, he's playing Thanos. Yes. That's awesome. And he raised it up to the Hall H, people at Hall H, and everybody went nuts. Yeah, I heard uh, Brolin ask Robert Downey Jr. where his rose was. Oh, did he? Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. So, yeah, um, Josh Brolin, I'm kind of warming up to it a little bit more. I gave it a taste. or Did I give it a taste? You tasted it. Yeah, I'm warming up to it even more. I think I'm giving it a high taste after this con. So Yeah. You know, sounds like he's embracing the character. I'm excited to see Sin City a Dame to Kill for. Yeah. Very excited. I'm excited, too. I wish that movie would have came out um, 
a lot quicker after That's, the first Sin City. Yeah, me and Jay, when we talked about that, we totally agree with you. Really? I feel like a lot of the buzz has died down. That's and, why. And, and I'm excited to see it, but yeah. it's just not like, eh. Yeah, if it would have been like two, three years after the first one came out, that would have been... I'd have been like fist pumping, jumping up and right. down, I feel like. Yeah, then. exactly. I missed, They missed the timing on this they a did. little bit. They did. Um, let's see here. But, uh, let's see here. Yeah, via video, Guardians of the Galaxy director James Gunn and then actor Chris Pratt <laughs> announced that Guardians of the Galaxy 2 is coming out July 28th, 2017. That's hilarious. I am, um, I follow James Gunn on Facebook and he's made a, a bunch of posts about Guardians of the Galaxy and now he refers to it as Guardians of the Galaxy 1, jokingly a lot. That's funny. Already before it's even out. That's it's, cool. It's <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy 1. Yeah, I can't see this. You know, Marvel has a lot of faith in this thing if if they're already greenlighting a sequel. I agree. I agree. Uh, Big surprise, though, no new properties were announced. No official announcements. So we didn't get any Inhumans movie. Yeah. We didn't get any news of a Black Panther movie. No. A little bit of Doctor Strange buzz, (laughs) but no official announcement. Yeah. And they've kind of already had been announced. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, Feige is... Confirm the movie. Yeah, he's confirmed the movie and, you know, talking about Scott Derrickson and stuff like that. But no new properties were announced because, like, wasn't it two years ago where they announced, you know, Guardians of the Galaxy? Yeah, it was it was two years ago. Yes. Yeah, it was two years ago. It was right after it was it was a buzz that it was a maybe right after Avengers hit. Yeah. And then, like, literally, like, three to four weeks after Avengers was released, it became a, an actual concrete right. statement. Yeah. So. All right. So, I kind of figured, Frank, we're taking another break. Yeah, yeah, break, big, yeah. Big fucking shocker. <laughs> <laughs> All right, hey, we're back. Uh, this is uh, the portion of the podcast we're going to talk about the uh, Warner Brothers DC panel. All right, so if uh, real quick, if you want to call John Constantine, we got that new John Constantine, the Constantine NBC TV show. Yes, uh, an image was leaked with his business card, and if you want to call John Constantine, you can call four zero four two four eight seven one eight two. Really, what happens? Tell me again. So go ahead and call. Tell me. You, you're going to call now? Yeah, I'm gonna, I'll put it on speaker. Okay. <laughs> I was just letting our listeners do it, like if they wanted to do it on their own so they didn't know. You know what I mean? Okay. They can have fun with it. All right. Well, tell me Tell me one more time and the listeners one more time so I can call after the show. All right. 404-248-7182. I'm even going to save the contact yeah. as John Constantine. It's, yeah, it is. It's a, There's an actual guy in Georgia. His name's John Constantine. Yeah. And... He like if you call him like I hear he's like going off like how did you get this number stop fucking calling me <laughs> no honestly it's 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 nothing like that it's uh it, it's for this show um it's kind of like uh I don't know would you call it viral marketing yeah they've done this kind of marketing before with phone numbers and stuff that yeah. you can call yeah I, they did it with the the new Carrie movie that came out oh yeah you could call her and you could hear her mom saying get off the phone and she's trying to talk to you and, <laughs> and uh. Didn't they do that thing for? Uh, didn't they have one where you could have Samuel Jackson call you and like? Yeah, yeah, snakes on a plane. Yeah, when they yeah. did that one. Yeah, he would call you. Yeah, that was funny. All right. Uh, we actually have one where a drunk Frank will call you. 
Oh, come on. Don't look at me like I'm the bad guy. If you're gonna get fucking, if you're gonna get fucking drunk on the show, you're gonna be the one dealing with this shit. Right, that's fine, man. I, I just gotta be drunk to deal with it. Oh, well, you certainly are. You are drunk and to deal with it. Call me now. <laughs> call Frank now. Right. All right. Warner Brothers wants Argo writer Chris Terrio to write the Justice League screenplay. Now, according, according to Deadline, Warner Brothers had, uh, were so impressed by Terrio's work on that film that they are now eager to get him back for the follow-up. Uh, Variety adds that no formal offer has been extended, but that Terrio is in early discussions with the studio. Uh, anyone but Goyer writing one of these movies, for I the agree. love of God. I agree. Ugh. I agree. We need somebody else in there. We need fresh new voice. Blood. New yeah. blood. New blood. Um, they had Batman's cape and cowl on display at San Diego Comic-Con. Exciting. Not the suit. There was that fake image of the suit. Yeah. But the cape and cowl were on display at San Diego Comic-Con. Did they look the same like they did in the promo shots? They looked different to me. Hey, that stuff always looks different without the proper lighting. Yeah. And, and, you know, it always looks different on screen, I think, a little you bit. You know, like the horns looked a little... Bigger. Sm- yeah, maybe a little bigger. Yeah. 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 It looked a devil, little different than what we saw in the action shots from the uh, league trailer. Well, definitely. That was a different That's, a different, that's suit. a different suit. That's an armor suit. Yeah, that's a totally different suit, Frank. I'm just pumped. Huh? I'm just pumped. Frank's pumped. Go, Frank. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you, you, were, you were confused that, no. that it was the same suit. No, I knew it wasn't. Okay. How many fingers am I holding up right now? Three. All right. (laughs) (laughs) They also uh, showed uh, the Wonder Woman costume in pictures. Um, Yeah, Wonder Woman. All right. This is something that we're going to have to rate. Okay. And all right. Who wants to rate it first? The Wonder Woman costume, Gal Gadot. Um, I'll go. If you forgot our rating system, it's toss it if we hate it, taste it if we like it, and Tupperware if we love it. Yeah, let's do it. Let's hear Frank. All right, Frank, I can't wait to hear you (laughs) form some really eloquent and well-thought-out, thought-provoking words. Right, right, right. It's kind of a dual-like thing for me. I completely toss Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman. I mean, you look at her, and she looks like she's wearing a wig. She looks like she's totally out of place. However, the suit, the outfit that she's in... I think they did a great job of being able to provide a Wonder Woman outfit that not only emotes some kind of sex appeal, but also strength as well. Um, I, I know it kind of sucks to be able to have to fucking split that rating, but I've never been a big fan of Gal Gadot from the beginning from the casting. But, you know, the outfit, I gotta, I gotta taste the outfit. Only given the fact that it is a toss it for the woman that is in it. Yeah, I'm gonna um gosh, this is a tough one for me. I'm gonna go ahead and just toss this outfit. I'm not a big fan of it. Maybe a lot of it's this picture. I think this picture is really dark and funky looking. Like I wish they'd have shown us a little bit of a, a more HD brighter shot of it and everything. Um I kinda think it's ridiculous of the heels. That Wonder Woman's gonna kick some ass in some heels. It's kinda it's kinda silly. Isn't she wearing heels there? It looks like she's got stripper heels on. Yeah, I saw that. 
That's kind of funky. Yeah, it's different. For me, it's her face and the complete, like, yeah, she's not fakeness of the she, wig that she's wearing. Yeah, I wish she was a little bit tougher looking as a Wonder Woman, too. Like, she's an Amazonian, for Christ's sake. She right? looks Is like. Is that why she's wearing heels so she can be taller? I'm she's sure. Actually, she's actually, I think she's in real life, she's maybe like 5'8 or something like that. Yeah. She looks like a crappy cosplay. It looks like these, the, this footwear is designed to give her a taller stance, in my opinion. I agree. Her outfit is cool. I, honestly, if it was anybody else in it, I would probably Tupperware the outfit. No, not me. I, the outfit's, mm. I don't think it's that good. You think this outfit's a Tupperware, Frank, for reals? It, it depends on who's in it. That's the thing. I think the outfit, the costume itself, toes the line between something that has sex appeal as a versus that has something that emotes strength. It's not cheesy by any stretch of the imagination. The thing that keeps me at a taste is the fact that Gal Gadot is in it. She looks like she's wearing a wig. She looks out of place. I've never been behind Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman. I just think that that is the biggest detraction from this image completely. Tupperware this costume, though, just hanging on a rack? <sighs> Tupperware the costume. Ugh. Toss Gal Gadot, right, which Brian, equals a taste it. Brian, Brian, step in here. What, what you giving this shit? Uh, as far as like Gal Gadot's casting, I gotta freeze it. Yeah, yeah. I gotta freeze it. I mean, we haven't even seen her in any action sequences at all. Um, we don't know what her demeanor is going to be like. We have no clue. No. Um, you know, yeah, people can gripe about her physique and stuff like that. And yeah, I think a female like you know Gina Carano is more physically suited for. You know, Wonder Woman. As far as the costume is concerned, if you add some more Wonder Woman color to it, I think it's a Tupperware. I don't right is, now. Is the color it's there? At a, it's at a low taste. It. I can't tell, Jake. It doesn't look like it's there. It, this looks like Daredevil armor. Yeah, that's not a good sign. I think they're trying to keep it gritty Guys, and grounded. If, if this picture was released before. If this picture was really – and just look at the picture. If you're not looking at it now, look at it now. Pull it up. But if this picture was released before she was ever announced as Wonder Woman and this picture was just shown somewhere on the internet, could you honestly say, oh, that's Wonder Woman? Nope. Because it doesn't – it doesn't – it's not – it doesn't – because of the colors, the colors not being there – in my opinion, it just doesn't look like it. Yeah, it looks like she could just be like a one, like a warrior I, that would fight beside I, Thor. I was getting ready to say you could, if I didn't know this was Wonder Woman or any of the stuff like you said, right. I, 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 you could tell me that this was a still shot from the Hercules movie. Yeah, and it's I would believe true. it. For me, it's not the outfit; it's the woman in the suit. We I mean, got she, that. Frank. No, I think it's the outfit. I think the outfit does not convey Wonder Woman as much as it should. Yeah, that the. The costume itself, if there was just a few more, if it just had a few more colors in it that, that were Wonder Woman colors that kind of popped, then I would be like, you know what, this is at least a high-tasted, if not a Tupperware for me, for the costume alone. Um, the actress, I gotta freeze it. I have no, I, I don't know. I, I just gotta see, I gotta see her in action first before I can ever judge that. I do like the uh, addition of the sword. I like that. I think that's very cool. Yeah. Um, you know, and I do like, uh, I don't like the, the heels or whatever that you're looking at, but I do like the fact that she does have a little bit of like leg armor all the way up to her knees. I think that's very cool. 
Um, it doesn't show off too much of her leg to give off that, you know, too much sex appeal. Yeah, kind of a fine line between the pants and the shorts. Right. A little bit of a right. compromise. <clears throat> but, you know, I, I do need to see, like, I do need to see some more colors in there. Um, this, like I said, like, if you were to just see this, you know, without knowing that Gal Gadot is cast as Wonder Woman, and you just saw this, yeah, she looks like somebody who would fight alongside, you know, like, you know, uh, Thor, or like you said, Hercules. Yeah. I mean, this could be taken from any other movie. You know, she could be like a uh, a warrior in the Lord of the Rings films or something. Yeah, I agree. She, right. she, her face even looks kind of elven in this photo right. and with the headband and everything. That's you know, my that's my only gripe with the costume is that it just doesn't really, without knowing that it's Wonder Woman, yeah. it doesn't scream Wonder Woman. And I think because of that, it comes off a bit generic. Yeah. I hate to say that. Yeah. But it does. I completely agree. There needs to be some kind of coloration into it to, you know, promote the fact that it is Wonder Woman. But, and other people have said that Gal Gadot in this position just looks like she's wearing a wig. I mean, I, I just don't think she fills out Wonder Woman. The end. um, From my perspective, I, have never seen a Fast and the Furious movie. I have never seen a movie Gal Gadot's in. Right. I'm not the guy, unless I'm very familiar with an actor or actress, the, the wig thing doesn't bother me. Sure. Having no, having no <clears throat> like point of reference to know what Gal Gadot's hair is even supposed to look like in real life, Yeah. none of, none of that bothers me. Yeah. But it doesn't come off as semen as weak to you. I don't, I, I would have never known it was a wig unless I was told. Wig or not, I mean, her presence in the picture doesn't come off as looking as flimsy. Does she come off as looking as flimsy? I don't know. She's she, got a pretty badass looking facial expression going on there. I, I just think the suit is bland. Well, I, I, I also don't want my gal and my Wonder Woman to just look like a cosplayer that's, you know, showing up at the Renaissance Fair. You know what I mean? Yeah, totally. Absolutely. So I do like – I like the sword. What I do like, I like the fact that we do get to see a little bit of the uh, the whip. We get to see the lasso there. Yeah. And I like that. Um, but, uh, you know, overall, I mean, uh, they. I think they need to make just a few tweaks to this costume. Um, and hopefully they will now that we've gotten some fan reaction. But – Maybe it's a little too late if they've started to film quite a few of her parts yeah. in the film. I've heard she's pretty much almost done. Really? Yeah. Really? Okay. Mm. And you know what? This could be just the first iteration of the costume. I mean, by the time it gets to Justice League, we may we may get more of the classic Wonder Woman look by that time. I yeah. Mean, the God super, knows. Yeah. The Superman suits changed. He didn't have yellow in the in the Superman symbol. Yeah. Even and, Marvel. Yeah. Captain yeah. America gets a new suit every movie. Yeah. yeah. So I mean. This may just be like her introduction. This may may, may be more of like her Amazonian, um, you know, kind of uh, costume. And then by the second movie, she's got more of her, you know, traditional Wonder Woman Justice League outfit on. Yeah, I agree, but I, I, I don't know. I mean, I feel like this this post Nolan DC universe, yeah, is still stuck into not having much color, yeah, and being as grounded as in Earth tones. As That's possible. why Batman works. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with Jake. What I got to see is here's the thing. 
Wonder Woman is, is an Amazon. You're going to go back to Gal Gadot, her figure no, 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 again. No, it's you? the physique. <laughs> I'm not talking about curves, but I mean, she needs to be intimidating. She is not intimidating. In this picture, she looks like she's wearing a wig. She does not look intimidating as Wonder Woman. I am not intimidated by looking at this picture. What I want to see is you someone... Want woman, you want Wonder Woman to scare you. You want to have like a trickle of urine down your leg as you're looking at this picture. It's not so much trickle of urine, but I want to <laughs> see a woman that I know that can beat my ass. And I don't get that by looking at Gal Gadot. Gal Gadot versus Frank. Gal Gadot. No, okay. <laughs> Any looking woman at, looking versus at a, Frank Gal Gadot. Hold on, hold on. Looking at, a, <laughs> looking at a picture of Scarlett Johansson, do you instantly think that she's going to kick your ass? Scarlett Johansson over Gal Gadot any day. It's it's. Answer my question. If you look at a picture of if, if you look at a, a picture of Scarlett Johansson, it, does she look like a woman that can kick your ass? Yes. Gal Gadot looks like a woman in a wig. She does not look like someone who is intimidating. What does that have to do with somebody kicking your ass if she looks like she she's doesn't a, a look woman like in someone, a wig? She does not look like someone who is intimidating. She doesn't look genuine. All right. It's the fact that she looks like she's just there. I'm going to I'm gonna agree with Brian and freeze it on Gal Gadot. I mean, it's all in the performance. I mean, just because she doesn't look intimidating – doesn't mean she can't deliver a good performance as Wonder Woman and come off as intimidating. I see what Brian's saying or uh, what Jake's saying, and myself, I'm going to toss Gal Gal Gadot as well as I would toss uh, the wig. Well, no. <laughs> <laughs> you have talked more about her physique. And that fucking wig. <laughs> then you've talked about anything else in the costume. We're talking about the suit. We're rating, I mean, we're she, rating the costume mostly. She, she is an Amazon. I know. I got, She's got, not you said, a 95 you pound you weekly. You said the same thing. Right. A hundred times. Yeah. I get it, Frank. Uh-huh. You don't need to say it anymore. Okay. All right. How do you feel about the costume? And not the I, wig. And I, not the wig. I taste the costume because I like the fact that it helps to elicit strength without exposing the sexuality of the character. The outfit is a taste it completely for me without considering anything as far as her ability to act as a capacity of Wonder Woman. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Thanks, Frank. There you go. Yeah. Wow. Uh, we can never have him drink again on yeah. this podcast ever <laughs> again. It's just much. Yeah, we have to regulate Frank from now on. Sorry, I, brothers. It's a hard week. The <laughs> but that wig elicits strength <laughs> without being sexual to a capacity <laughs> of that wig. Amazonian <laughs> physique. I'm not intimidated. I agree. I'll co-sign that. (laughs) Frank signing out. (laughs) Stop. Hammer time. Hammered time. Hammer time. (laughs) Tasty outfit. Okay. All right. right. (laughs) Good.
gosh. I'm, I'm with you, Frank. Fuck that bitch. Yeah, there you go. Don't encourage this. Sorry. No, no. Michael Cornish got it straight, man. It's as far as the intimidation goes. You can't have a 95 pound broad. <laughs> fucking 95 pound broad. Broad. <laughs> <laughs> don't remember, you know, Frank. We get it. We get it. There you go. All yeah, right. you have seriously. You have worn that 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 idea just through the ground. You need to listen to All this right. again when you're so when you're sober. Oh, and you, I will. You won't believe it. Seriously, I or maybe you will. <laughs> I'm a fucked up motherfucker. That's how it is. All right, love you guys. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I know. Next San Diego Comic Con, you're not drinking. He said. He said, "I love you guys." I told you he was the Bud Light drunk right now. Yeah, yep. I love you. I love you too, Frank. <laughs> you be right. blue like a motherfucker. What? What? Yep. What do you say? UV blue like a oh, motherfucker. I thought you said you blew it like a motherfucker. No, <laughs> UV blue like a motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, today's hot. Wonder Woman's costume. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, Pop no, culture. Don't, no, don't. Yeah, 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 me. That's how you, that's how you fucking sound, Frank. Sorry, brother. You sound, you, you are, serious, that's how you sound. There's Sorry, no, man. there's no yeah, yeah, yeah about it. Yada, yada, yada. You know, if you're gonna come, <laughs> if you're gonna come into my podcast studio, Jake and I's podcast studio, and you're gonna drink a whole bottle of UV shit and start slurring your words, you better fucking get ready for the repercussions of I'm that. I'm good for it, man. Alright. As long as everybody knows it's cool. With uh, with with these actions, you've gotta you gotta understand that there's right? gonna be uh, there's yep. gonna be uh, with great with wild. great drunkiness comes great responsibility. <laughs> <laughs> I am one hundred percent cool with the repercussions. Just not speech, apparently. So this episode it has a whole new turn. This is like yeah, this is <laughs> wow, and, and it all started with Mike Tyson <laughs> and the uh, UV. Well, you know. <laughs> All right. I never want to talk about Wonder Woman's costume again. But, um, no, God, Frank, no. If you say something about 95 pounds and physiques and something no, no, like no. that. I'm just talking about like how they put out her costume. You know, it's not overly sexy. All right. It's you not- said that. You said that. Let's move on. Okay. Jesus. All right. So Chris Hardwick, you've already said that you're saying the same thing over again. It's like Sorry. you're blacking out and it's like you're my grandpa. <laughs> uh, or Myrna. So um, Chris Hardwick, this, let's talk about what happened in Hall H. So Chris Hardwick was on stage at Warner Brothers, the DC panel. He was dressed as Marty McFly from Back to the Future and uh, Scott Snyder. I put Scott Snyder. Oh, no. I wish. <laughs> I know. Me too. Zack Snyder came out on stage and said – I did. I wrote down Scott Snyder. If you're not, if you're not reading the new Batman comics, yeah. Scott Snyder is the author of Batman right yeah, now. Yeah, exactly. The main Bat title for, for DC. But uh, Zack Snyder came out on stage and said that they are still shooting – and that they didn't have any footage to show off from the new Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice. And the crowd at Hall H, I mean, it took the wind out of their sails. You could tell that they were a little upset. You heard some groans at the news. So he decided 
He decided to go ahead and show them something. They were going to show him something yeah, from the beginning. I know, I know. He just wanted to get a reaction. He was being P.T. Barnum out yeah. there. He did the takeaway. Yeah. And then he gave it back to him. <laughs> and he said, uh, it's a tiny little thing. So then we get this teaser. And the teaser opens with Batman. He's on a rooftop in Gotham in the rain. And it's, there's, you know, you can hear thunder. Yeah, and it's raining real bad. It's, yeah, it looks... You can't really see a lot of Gotham, but you can – I mean, it's it's dark, gloomy. Yeah, it's it's a bad storm. Batman, he's in a full suit of armor, just like in Frank Miller's The Dark Knight Returns. Mm-hmm. You can tell. I mean, when you see him, when they do that shot and he's standing to the left of the, the bat signal, the suit is huge, man. Yeah, it's real bulky. Very bulky. Um, it's not the same armor that the promo shots have revealed. I mean, it's bigger. And his eyes, they glow white, just like in the cartoon. I love that. That's my favorite part. Very cool. Batman then pulls the lever on the bat signal, and then it shines into the sky, and the logo is the Frank Miller logo Mm -hmm. that you can see on the bat signal. And when it is lit up in the sky, it reveals, you see the... It really reveals when they do like the lightning crash. Yeah, because it because doesn't it doesn't the signal go out? Yeah, when the, the lightning crash. The signal goes out and yeah. it illuminates. Yeah, it and the lightning crash illuminates Superman, Superman hovering right above the signal, and his eyes are glowing red, which basically means he's very pissed off. And it's they kind of go from not glowing to glowing red. And yeah. I read a lot of people describing this as his response to Batman also having glowing white eyes. It's like, hey, I can make my eyes glow too. Check this no, out. No, I think it's just bad. Yeah. I think it's Superman. I think this is the most pissed off we've ever seen him. Yeah. And uh, he's pissed off for a reason. So um, you can just see that Superman is like hovering there and he's looking down on Batman. They then cut back to Batman who is staring right back at Superman and his eyes are glowing blue. Yeah. And uh, then they cut to the logo. And I'll be honest, guys. We saw the trailer. I mean, it was released online, mm-hmm. and we saw the trailer. It wasn't the best quality because it was done on someone's cell phone. Yeah, we saw it, and we saw it like three or four different vantage points. Sure. I got chills when I saw it. Just this scene. I got chills. It, it, it really did. It was the scene where you saw Superman and the lightning and then his eyes glowing red, and then when they showed – and then the music, just that music that they played – um, it was so intimidating and it was kind of like, uh, kind of like a, uh, a Mexican standoff between these two. Yeah. Just kinda, and, uh, I, I wanted to go ahead and, uh, we're going to talk about this trailer, of course. Definitely. Our thoughts about the trailer. I've got stuff to say about it. Our thoughts about the trailer and everything. But I wanted to play the audio, um, from, you know, Hall H. If you didn't get to see the trailer, if it was pulled online, you get to see it. I'm going to play the audio for you. You're not going to hear any dialogue, really, except for some of the panel. Yeah. Um, listen to the fans blow up when it ends. Exactly. Or listen. Crazy. When, when they reveal Superman, yeah. the the reaction is just an explosion. Nuts. Yeah. So maybe just take a quick look and check it out. <laughs>
that's where they reveal Superman. So yeah, wow. Yeah, hey, if you have not gotten to see uh, the uh, Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice trailer, I did a recording because I knew that they were going to be pulling it off yeah. of the internet as soon as these things come up. If you didn't get a chance to see it and you want to see it, send me an email. Uh, send it to uh, comments at uh, popcultureleftovers.com. Um, no, no, no. Send it to popcultureleftovers at gmail.com. There you go. And title it uh, Batman v Superman. And just leave me a quick message that you want to see it. I've got it on my phone, and I'll go ahead and be happy to uh, just send it to you if you haven't seen it. Yeah, that's awesome. In fact, can you send that to me yeah, after the podcast? Absolutely. I mean, I, I saw it already, but I wanted to show a couple other friends, and it's down on all the YouTube sites already. Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll uh, definitely send that to you. So, yeah, if you want if you want to see it and you haven't seen it, yeah, popcultureleftovers at gmail.com. Just title it Batman v Superman. I'll be happy to send it to you. So we all saw the trailer. I want to know what you guys thought. What were you thinking? All right, hey, uh, that's some really weird editing. But, yeah, um, we're back. Uh, kind of took a little break there. It's just going to be me and Jake finishing the podcast this week. Yeah. Yeah. Frank just had to go uh, just sit down, kind of just, you know, whatever, chill yeah. out. Frank will be back. We'll He'll hear more back. for him. Yeah. Hammer time will resume. He, it will resume. So, um, Jake, me and you both saw the trailer. Yeah. Um, I want to get your thoughts on the trailer. What did you think about uh, Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice? Just the, just the teaser trailer. Well, yeah. My excitement level for this movie as a whole is not very great, but I am going to have to Tupperware this trailer. I mean, if you're going to try to get people excited, this is how you fucking get people excited. Um, my only complaint is... I think this trailer would have came off a lot more exciting had we had not um, already added the Dawn of Justice to the movie title already. Um, we'd have been talking a lot more about what this means for Batman and Superman, what the end game's going to be, what why are they fighting about, how big is this fight going to be, is one of these characters going to possibly kill another one of the characters. I mean, the sky's the limit. Right. But since we already know Dawn of Justice, we already kind of have everything a little bit wrapped up in a bow for us. Well, and then also the reveals of like Wonder Woman coming into the scene and everything else. I mean, that's it's just all leading up. I totally agree. The title is a toss it. Yeah. 100%. Because it, it just, it, it does show like where they're taking this whole franchise. And I mean, we all expected there was going to be a Justice League movie yeah. eventually, but you don't need to spell it out for people. We're not that stupid. Yeah, especially if this is what you're going to show us is our first image of the movie is these right. two characters looking so pissed at each other. Right. Let us stew on that. Let us go, oh my God, they're so mad at each other. How is there ever going to be a Justice League right. if these two characters are this mad at each other? Yeah. 
You know, yeah. they're never going to resolve their differences. Look at them. Yeah, when you watch a UFC fight, it's so and so versus so and so. Yeah, you know, and that's what makes it cool. Is it's just that mano y mano. It's a battle. You know, I mean, <sighs> it. I don't know, man. It's. Love- I, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna tupper with the trailer. But yeah, the trailer was great. I mean, love the glowing eyes. Yeah. Hard not to get excited when you see Superman and Pissed his off. eyes glowing and everything. Yeah. 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 And everyone knows my feelings of the Man of Steel. Yeah. So f- to say that I'm Tupper wearing this, I think that says something. I mean, I you know, even cold-blooded me against this franchise couldn't help but, yeah. you know, I would have given a standing O if I'd have been in Hall H. Uh, I don't even know if I need to ask you. Maybe it's like maybe more so – like what? What? What are my thoughts on this? But I'm going to ask you anyway. Okay. In that trailer, you've got the the showdown. You know, they're 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 staring at each other. They're little Mexican standoff. You yeah. Know? Superman's hovering above, looking down on Batman. All right. So as you're watching this, in your heart, who are you rooting for? <laughs> I, I'm rooting. Are you for- rooting? Hold on. Are you rooting for? Henry Cavill, Superman, the movie that you did not like, yeah, or Ben Affleck, Batman, <laughs> the casting that you taught. That, now that makes it more interesting. I don't even know what to say. <laughs> I'm putting you on the spot. That is putting me on the spot. Oh man, I'm a, I'm gonna root for Ben Affleck, Batman. Because ha- even though I tossed the casting, I still haven't tossed the movie that he's in yet, yeah. of which I already have for Henry Cavill Superman. Yeah. So Ben Affleck isn't as tossed yet by me. Okay. <laughs> um, who are you rooting for? You know what? I didn't really know who I was rooting for yeah. until the very end of that trailer. They showed the pissed off Superman, and then at the end of the trailer – they show that Batman just looking up, and that's when my heart like really warmed up to Batman. Like, yeah, Batman's the guy I'm rooting for in this movie, man. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. God, the he's, glowing eyes. He's the representative of the human race, too. You know? Yeah. Like, Batman. Like, he is our hero. Yeah, he's you not a dirty I mean? alien. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Like, this is our guy, you know? Yeah. And, and it has – that's what it comes down to is, like, this is – he's the human representative of this planet. And I want that human representative of this planet to be able to show Superman that, yeah, you know what? You came here and you may think that you're a god amongst mortals, but you know what? I mean, we've got some tricks up our sleeves, too, and his name is Bruce Wayne, and you're about to find out just what a badass this guy is. You know, I don't know why the trailer made me think this way, but I'm starting to think that we're going to see more Batman in this movie than we're going to see Superman in general. Well, you could be right. I mean, this is not a full-fledged Man of Steel sequel, yeah, as exactly. far as we know, from, exactly. like, from that proposed list that came out that we are going to see a Man of Steel sequel, which has not been 100% confirmed. But, you know, yeah. I, I don't see this as a – I don't see this as a Man of Steel sequel. Yeah, I feel like especially we're getting all these comparisons to the it's to the Frank Miller story, Dark Knight Returns. Right. And I feel like is this story going to be told through Batman's POV? You know what? If they're doing it justice, then it has to be. Yeah. I mean, that's how the Frank Miller Dark Knight Returns story starts off with, is it starts off with Batman. Yeah, that's what I'm wondering. I I, I remember I used to think that this was going to be a Superman movie with Batman kind of as a supporting character. Right. But the more I think about it and the more stuff I read and see, I'm starting to think the exact opposite. Right. That it's going to be more of a Batman-centric movie with Superman as the supporting character. 
Who do you think, like, the first scene in the movie, who do you think we're going to get first? I feel like it'll be Batman. Really? Yeah. I feel like it'll be Gotham and Batman. Maybe I'm wrong. I mean, I have no idea. It's all speculation. No, you bring up a great point with The Dark Knight Returns. I mean, if that's what they're really going for. Yeah, Superman's a supporter in that story. He's definitely a supporter in that story. And it's still a Batman versus Superman story. Yeah. So it's very interesting to me what they're going to do. But I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to play uh, I'm going to play Jake Elliott here, and I'm going to say if anybody can fuck this up, it's Zack Snyder. Oh, I agree. Though. I agree with Jake Elliott. <laughs> but Jake Elliott brings up a great point there. I see. I I I love Zack Snyder for his his vision, his imagery, and yeah. how and how he can portray things on the screen to make these epic scenes like that we just saw in that scene that we just Tupperware. Yeah. He is so good at that kind of thing. I think that scene was fine, but I think he just, it's just the over the top sensationalism that he does with the action sequences just it's just too much for me. See, I loved like um man, like the way he in like Watchmen, like yeah. the scenes like in Vietnam and stuff like that. The way he made things look and the way he made uh the prison battle was just awesome. You know, maybe you didn't need the slow motion and stuff like that. But, exactly. But I, I think he does capture some great visuals. Um, 300, I just thought was a beautiful movie. Uh, I hated Sucker Punch, the screenplay. He wrote it, but I loved the visuals in that movie. I thought it was a beautiful and artistic movie. I, um, I, I don't know. Uh, there, there, there's so much about Zack Snyder movies that I love. Yeah. But then on the flip side, I see where you're coming from. I yeah. do. His movies have this like have this like sheen, this overlaying sheen that all his movies have. That just so kinda... you think it's all style and no substance? I don't think it's zero substance. I'm because not there gonna... was a lot of substance in Man of Steel. It was a different type of like Superman I, that we've seen. I don't think it lacked any substance whatsoever, but I think it relied too much on style. Okay. I wish it would have leaned more on substance, uh-huh. and the style was just cool too. Backdressing to just a great, fascinating story that I, you know, right? It was just it was just too much. It was it came off like an MTV video to me in the action sequences. Just like boombastic, over the top, you know. Hmm. I just. Uh, I, I, no, I get what you're saying because, like, Sucker Punch. Yeah. To me, is like one large music MTV video, and I totally get that. I feel like 300s that way to me too. Do you think there's any, like, do you think that there's any like writer that he could work with that maybe that would be able to pull off? the movie a little bit better other than like Goyer like if he worked alongside anybody yeah I think um didn't Zack Snyder direct um the Dawn of the Dead remake Mm. and I believe they had a very talented screenwriter I I forget who wrote that movie it's someone very prominent though I'm not sure oh Christ and I love the Dawn of the Dead remake I I think that's my favorite Zack Snyder movie I'm never going to be able to google this because there's like 800 versions of Dawn of the fucking Dead you know what I'm saying right Christ, let me do it fast. Let me do it fast. I'll pause. All right, thanks for the Google break, Brian. It, actually, this is hilarious. James Gunn wrote the Dawn of the Dead remake, uh-huh. and it was directed by Zack Snyder. Awesome. So, and I, that's definitely my favorite Zack Snyder movie. I, I think that's a great zombie movie. It's one of my favorite zombie movies. Oh, I love that movie. Yeah, yeah it's it was really a funny. lot of fun, man. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think uh, Zack Snyder. You know, I mean, visually, I think he is. I, I think. You know, you've got you've got directors like Michael Bay, yeah, which you can agree he does great action sequences. Oh, I love Michael Bay's action sequences. Horrible character development, yeah. 
and and I, I guess the casting in some of his movies is not like questionable. It's questionable, but then you've got directors like Zack Snyder who can give you like visually epic scenes. Like if you want like an iconic scene, like I think that's what's going to be great about this is because there's so many iconic scenes from like The Dark Knight Returns and yeah. things like that that he can work with, yeah, and then be able to put into the movie that we're going to be able to see. And I think that's going to work to his strengths. I think it really comes down to the execution of the screenplay and how good the screenplay is. And with Goyer behind it, and dude, I've really, really grown cold as far as my views on David S. Goyer here as of late with some of the comments he's made, yeah, things like that. The She-Hulk controversy, She-Hulk, and, and Martian Manhunter, Martian Manhunter comments. comments, yeah, and. Um, I'm just hoping that there's a great screenplay in place because this right here, that's Zack Snyder. Yeah. That's all Zack Snyder. I mean, that scene is Zack Snyder. He's known for that kind of like epic visual stunningness. I agree. And that's the problem is that I Tupperware this trailer and is it just all going to be for naught? Is it going to make the fall even harder because yeah. it's like Zack Snyder basically is fooling me now and getting me excited by showing me the 60 to 90 seconds. He knows there's no one that can't help but get excited by this. If you have any passing interest in Batman and Superman, yeah. this is going to get you excited. Yeah, but let's bring it back down to yeah. Earth. Who do we have as Lex Luthor? Exactly. You know what I mean? Is I, this going to make me be even more let down by a disappointing movie because right. of how much hype they're get, getting me now? Exactly. It's like they're hiding all the stuff that they know we're upset about and showing us just the stuff that they know we can't complain about. Yeah, and I mean, if I was if I was in that crowd in Hall H... I probably would have been talking to people online about it, like, hey, you know, what are you thinking about this? I mean, what do you, uh, I mean, all these different castings, blah, blah, blah. But, and I'm sure there were some, probably some people bitching about it. Yeah. But as soon as they turned on that clip, everybody kind of flipped. I would have cheered too. Yeah, I would have been caught up in it too. It would have been amazing. Yeah. But, yeah. I, I agree. Um, you, you briefly brought up, um, I think it's inter- on an interesting side note to move away from the trailer. That um, they didn't announce – I mean DC had nothing. Nothing. I mean what happened to the um, – I'm sorry, but the uh, Kevin Smith confirmed list from uh, yeah. from Nikki or whatever yeah. you know, of all the movies that was guaranteed to be announced at Comic-Con. Yeah, that, uh, that whole list. Yeah, we didn't hear any – not even a blip of any of that stuff. Do was th- that real? Do you think that you know they – when, when – when the WB catches wind of these things, do you think that because of that they're like, "All right, let's let's save this announcement"? Yeah. Do you think that maybe that plays a part in it? I think there's a possibility of that. I think there really is. If if everyone is saying something's going to happen, then it's kind of like dumb. Why to add do to it? the credibility of these different outlets? You know what I mean? Yeah, and I don't think any announcement they made about any supporting movie was going to get anyone more excited than this clip did. Um, maybe they're saving. They, you think you think they're saving it for next con? I mean, because this movie is still not going to be out next year. Yeah, we'll get another trailer, and you know, hell, why not throw a Justice League teaser in there? Because we all know that's going to happen anyway. I was, I was getting ready to make the same point. It's like I don't under. 
their marketing makes no sense to me sometimes. Yeah. It's like we're we're going to tell you that we're calling you calling the movie Dawn of Justice, but we're not going to acknowledge any plans that we're going to have after this movie. Right. Just acknowledge him. You're already acknowledging him in the in the title. Throw us a bone. I mean, Marvel's got the shit mapped up for fucking years. You know yeah. what I'm saying? You know what? Like um, anything. I mean, we could have gotten just a picture of. I don't. They could have shown just. They could have just shown like a a lantern ring and then like a flash together in bolt, one thing. A flash lightning bolt together in a picture. And that could have been our next, like, whoa, okay, all right, one of these movies is happening. We're getting the Green uh, the Green Lantern Flash team-up movie. Yeah. You know, something. And I feel like I feel like the difference between Marvel and DC is, is Marvel has everything carefully planned out. And I could be wrong about this. It's all speculation. But I feel like DC is kind of flying by the seat of their pants. And that's a little bit why lack of, of announcing anything. I don't think any of these things are concrete. Yeah, and that it's all just flying by this by the seat of their pants. You know, I'm in my job when, when selling groceries and stuff. You know, we have to plan out six weeks in advance so we can get the maximum sales possible. And I feel like right. that that's the Marvel way of thinking. Yeah, and DC is just trying to always capitalize on the now and doesn't do much forethought into pre planning what they're going to do in the future. Do you think that the way DC is introducing Wonder Woman and these other characters like Cyborg into a movie that we already know is like has the potential to be a billion dollar movie because you're seeing Batman and Superman. The reason that they're doing it is because Batman Superman is the safety net to gauge the public's reaction to Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman and Cyborg, you know, Ray Fisher as Cyborg. Yeah. Like, because you come out with a Wonder Woman solo movie and like DC has a track record of doing making a movie that's going to fail that fails and now they've just wasted you know a hundred million dollars making a wonder woman movie that just tanked or they can kind of just like ease her into the universe into a movie that they know is going to make bank yeah and not have to worry about it not making money i completely agree with that though but i think that that's exactly like they're flying by the seat of their pants they they're not willing to have the faith in their property before the rest of us see it to say after this Batman vs. Superman movie, we're going to see a Gal Gadot Wonder Woman in 2018. You know, I feel like that that's those are the kind of moves that Marvel's making that DC's not is they Marvel has faith in their properties without the testing. I see what you're saying, but maybe Gal Gadot Wonder Woman isn't the best way to compare it to Marvel because Marvel still hasn't had a female centric film. Yeah, I know what you're saying. I understand. I mean, it's like the the Guardians of the Galaxy thing. I mean, they didn't they didn't have to test the waters by announcing that Guardians of the Galaxy was going to be in Avengers two and just have it be one of the more millions thing of millions of things that's going to be in Avengers two. Yeah, they were just willing to just go ahead and just throw it out there and see what people think about it. Exactly, they they did that before the teaser for the collector. Yeah, in Thor: The Dark World, we already knew a Guardians movie was coming out. It was part of their planned universe. Yeah, exactly, and I think it would do DC a service. I think we would have more faith in DC solo movies if they would have more faith in DC solo movies. See, well, the thing is, you know what? If there's a dick measuring contest, Marvel's winning. They yeah. are confident. They are cocky right now. They can do no wrong except for the Edgar Wright thing. But everything else has just been – dude, they've been successful. Even with like you know Iron Man 2 not being like a fan yeah. you know, favorite movie. I mean everything else that they've put out with – put 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 out has done really well. 
reception on Iron Man 3. I didn't like it, but it made $1.3 billion. Yeah. I mean, they can really do no wrong. And I think that's a testament to Marvel and how great their marketing has been. I think on paper 15 years ago before these Marvel movies existed – what can Marvel do to beat Batman and Superman, easily the two most popular superheroes ever? Yeah. I would never believe that Marvel could compete on that level. Sure. And, but now it's, it's a reality. Marvel not only is competing on that level, but they're, they're winning. Yeah. You know? Well, the same thing happened in the comics for a long time. DC was top dog. Yeah. Now you look at like the sales numbers in comics and yeah, you know, Scott Snyder's Batman's up there, but everything else is Amazing Spider-Man. Yeah, and that's why you see DC basically does an annual gimmick now so they can get yeah. more of those top 100 slots. Exactly. So every October, we're going to have Lenticular, you know, 3D oh, color. 3D cover. Lenticular covers. Oh, now it's Villains Month. Oh, yeah. Now another character's going to die. Yeah. You know, Marvel does the same things with certain things, but... You know, they are outselling DC. Yeah, and DC really does try to grab those months, though, so they can be like, oh, look, this month we had yep. seven of yep. the top ten titles yeah. because we gimmicked the shit out of everything. Right. Yep. Mm. No, I get it. Yeah, man. It's uh, it's crazy. I, I love this trailer, though. I loved um, it, too. I thought it was absolutely fantastic. I thought Superman came off intimidating, pissed off. I loved that from that trailer. Yeah. You know, I, I don't want to see him like that the whole movie. I do want to see a fun Superman. I want to see a little bit more. I want to see some Clark Kent too. Yeah, I want to see some Clark Kent working at the Daily Planet. I want to see. You know, I want. Let's introduce Jimmy Olsen. I want to see a little bit more of what goes on there. You know, and I want to get to know this Bruce Wayne too. I wonder how much of um, Man of Steel supporting cast is going to be in this movie. I've heard none of that. Like is um like that really surprises me too. Um, what's her name? Amy Adams. Is is she going to be in this movie? I haven't heard anything. Yeah, you'd think that that would be something you'd hear. I feel like she will not be in this movie. Hmm. It's kind of weird, right? Yeah. Lawrence Fishburne will he be in this movie? Haven't heard a thing. Haven't heard a thing. I feel like maybe he won't be in this movie. Well, from the trailer, we know that Batman's in Gotham, and we know that Superman comes to Gotham. Yeah, exactly. Which, like, which brings me back to my earlier point: is how much of a Batman-centric movie is this going to be? I think you're right now, looking at it, because I mean, they all they've all they've really introduced is like Bat family members, like you know Holly Hunter's character, um, and then we've got you know Alfred in the film. So we haven't heard anything from, like, the Superman Man of Steel. Like, you know, like, Lawrence Fishburne, is he coming back? Yeah, I mean, they're filming this thing. You'd figure, like, these people would be talking about, hey, we're, we're on set. There's scenes. There are more scenes in Smallville, though. He does visit his mother throughout the movie. Gotcha. I, I know that that does happen. And the, the same actress will be in it, I assume. Mm-hmm. Huh. That's interesting. I can't wait till we see a full-fledged trailer for this movie. Do you think in our first two-and-a-half minute, three-minute trailer of this movie – we're going to be dropping all these other characters, too. We're going to see a glimpse of Wonder Woman in that trailer. Are they going to play dumb with us and still not show us that to the movie, even though they're showing us so much now? Wow, that's a that's a good one. I, I... Will we see Wonder Woman in the first three-minute trailer for this movie? When do you think we're going to get that trailer next San Diego Comic-Con? I mean, are we No, are we we're going to have to wait a we're year. We're going to see that trailer. The movie comes out in 2016, Jake. Yeah. That We've is, got another Comic-Con before this movie even comes out. Yeah, I keep forgetting that because it got postponed. Yeah. Yeah, those they were scared of Avengers. Right. And so I'm – last year we got the Avengers teaser mm-hmm. and this year we got the full Avengers trailer. 
I'm thinking Warner Brothers DC is going to do the same thing and wait until next year's San Diego Comic-Con to show us anything new from this. Yeah, you're probably right. Before, when I was forgetting that it didn't come out till 2016, I was thinking we'd see it at Christmas. Yeah. But probably probably next Christmas until we get a theatrical yeah. trailer. Yeah. Um, I want to see... Everybody wants to see, uh, you know, Ben Affleck as yeah. Batman and him in these suits. Like, I do want to see him as Bruce Wayne, too. Boy, does does Ben Affleck not have the chin for Batman, though? Oh, he totally does. Oh, dear Lord. Yeah, he's got the chin. <laughs> I think he's going to be a really – I think he can be a really good Bruce Wayne. Yeah. I think that plays to his strengths as an actor. Thinking of Ben Affleck acting like tough Batman, like growly, snarly Batman, yeah. though – Makes me laugh in my head. Yeah, I don't. I I don't know why. That's why that scene worked because there was no dialogue. It was just yeah, you know, him behind the masks, just a dark scowl, you know, just staring at at Superman. Cavill looked fucking badass though. The voice is going to be so tricky. I feel sorry for Ben Affleck. Yeah, because it's like everything's going to seem like a little bit of an imitation. Yeah. Of Christian Bale. Yeah. And think of how many people imitate Christian Bale's Batman voice now as it exactly. is. Exactly. Yeah. It's like, what's he going to talk like? It's either going to be something similar to that or something completely unique. And what and what works, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Batman can't sound, you know, super cheery. It's, he's going right. to have to have that, you know, so serious demeanor. The original trailer that they showed at San Diego Comic-Con for Man of Steel showed a lot more footage than this trailer. Yeah, definitely. I remember that. They showed, like, oil rig footage from that scene. Yeah, they showed him, you know, uh, walking with the cape on, and then they showed him, like, that scene where he's got the the fist to the ground, and the ground is, like, trembling below him, and Mm. he takes off and goes into that sonic boom. And then they showed the scene where he's flying... He's flying downwards towards that skyscraper, and then Zod is, like, coming after him, Mm -hmm. and they're getting ready to collide. So there was a lot more imagery in those. But to be fair, the movie was coming out the next year. Yeah, that was a little bit closer to the actual movie's release date. So, yeah, I don't know. We speculated that we might not see anything. Yeah. Before before the deal, that's true. And I and, and I kind of thought we'd see something, but this this blew my expectations away. Absolutely. So, I, what what was your favorite part of the con? You said uh, the Tusk trailer. The Tusk trailer that blows my mind. It was. It really was. I couldn't believe it. I if you would have showed me that trailer and not told me it was a Kevin Smith project, I, I would have been just as excited. Right. I, I guess that's not surprising. <laughs> um, and you know. I, I'm just blown away. I really feel like Kevin Smith is, if this is going to be a good movie, he's really done a good job at reinventing the way I look at his movies. Cool. I hope you like it. I really do. So um, my favorite thing that happened at San Diego Comic-Con, of course, was the unveiling of the Batman v. Superman footage. Oh, yeah. That was that was big stuff. Yeah. I was following online like a live, like a live feed like yeah. where like they were updating what was happening like they were in, like this this correspondent like of the media was in Hall H yeah and as things were happening this guy was refreshing the page oh that's cool and i was just like as things were happening i was finding out just like moments later it was so much fun and i did the same thing last year too nothing was as fun as um Last year, though, with uh, Tom Hiddleston and, and the Loki appearance showing up in full character. That was very cool. I think that's one of the most memorable moments of San Diego Comic-Con ever. Yeah. The fact that he did it in character. 
Well, and then the Batman Superman logo reveal. Yeah. Like the reaction from the crowd was just amazing. Yeah. That was a lot of fun. And like I got chills like listening to like the reaction. Yeah, that was know? that was a lot of fun. Yeah. And that was so close to after the uh, Man of Steel movie that they made that announcement too. That was shocking to all of us, I think. So we've done two San Diego Comic-Con episodes. Which was your favorite San Diego Comic-Con last year or was it this year? Oh, that's tough. That's really tough. I'm going with last year. I'm going with last year too. Yeah. Yeah. Guardians, all the Gal- Guardians of the Galaxy yeah. stuff. Um, yeah, just a lot. Well, there's the Guardians of the Galaxy. We had the Batman v Superman. Um, Loki showing up in Hall A. Yeah. And then even the Days of Future Past trailer that we were like, oh my gosh. Bleh. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, it, it's it still, I think that was a great con. So last year I think was even better. Um, I, but uh, I can't wait for next year. No, you know what? Next year, next year I'm going. I think. Are you? Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm really gonna make a big effort to try to be there next year. I want right. to. One time in my lifetime, I want to say that I've been to San Diego Comic Con. Yeah. So next year, I'm gonna be hands on on that shit. We're gonna have to record the podcast on the Tuesday or something. Yeah. When you get back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. That that'll be fun. I want to go one day, but oh my gosh, it's just like. Basically, you go, like, let's say you go Saturday, you're in line the day before to get to any of the panels. Yeah. And, I mean, it it takes forever, and you're just there for just that, you know, hour-long panel. And so it takes a lot out of you. Yeah, yeah. I've had con experience, nothing to that extent, for sure, no. But I know know a little bit of the waiting game. Yeah, but, yeah, San Diego Comic-Con takes it to another level. I'm sure, I'm sure. All right. Thanks for listening to our uh, 2014 San Diego Comic-Con episode. I hope you enjoyed it and had a lot of fun. Uh, We'll be back next week with our full review of James Gunn's Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, fuck yes. Yes. Can't wait. (laughs) So So excited. All right. uh, We'll see you guys next week. And just like all good leftovers say in their doggy bags, thank you for listening and thank you for your patronage. Later, y'all. Thanks for listening to Pop Culture Leftovers. Congratulations. I don't know how you did it. I couldn't do it. You people need a t-shirt saying, I just listened to two hours of nonsensical crap. Anyway, if you'd like to reach the Pop Culture Leftovers cast, you can email them at comments at popcultureleftovers.com. You can also follow them on Twitter at PC Leftovers or like their Facebook page. They'd love to hear from you. They're all pretty sad and lonely. One of them is homeless, but I didn't say that. And as always, check out our website, www.popcultureleftovers.com. We've got great articles there, comic reviews, movie reviews, television reviews. It's awesome. Check it out. And if you're interested in writing for the site, uh, we definitely need more writers. So send an email to domesticateddave at gmail.com. And if David Griffin likes what he reads, he'll get in contact with you. And you can be part of the team. Remember, this is a non-paying gig, but it's a really cool way to have your voice heard. And we'd love to read your submissions. So get in contact with David. And thank you. And check us out on Tumblr, too, motherfuckers. <laughs> and don't forget, we're on Instagram, too. <laughs> yeah, that just happened. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about pop culture and all that. Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat. But it's all been done before. And we don't want to be a copycat. We're the left. Picking up the scraps 
It's a trap. Good and toss it, good and taste it. Do we love it? Hey, let's fix it. Can't erase it. Let's embrace it. Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture. Carry over. Counterculture push over. Pop culture. Leftovers. And with the uncool kids. What's to say's already been said. Leftovers. Pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers. Original and good have already been done before, so we should separate the wheat from the shaft and we're the shaft the crap, even though we're the shit. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps, dropped by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Good and toss it, good and taste it. Do we love it? Hey, let's fix it, can't erase it, let's embrace it. Tupperware party, subculture spill over like a vulture carryover. Culture pushovers, pop culture, leftovers, and with the uncool kids, what's to say's already been said, leftovers, pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this, pop culture leftovers. Do we love it? Hey, let's face it, can't erase it, let's embrace it, Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture, carry over, counterculture, pushovers, pop culture, leftovers. And with the uncool kids, what's to say's already been said, leftovers. Pretty sure the only talent is the band that's singing this, pop culture, leftovers.